Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I want people to believe in me, and I want people to believe me when they taste my beer. That's what it's about. You mean you laid underneath it and tried to put his tongue up the bung? (laughs) I liked it. actually scoop up the yeast Uh and look at it. 7 o'clock came real early that next morning. Yeah, man. Thanks for dumbing that down for us. You did an awesome job. It's all about food and beer. Punch me in the junk. Man, that thing was thick. The point is just beat it like it's your dick. I like to smell it (laughs) afterwards. Are you being sarcastic right now? Bring your body armor. I ran in my jungle once on a ball valve on a kettle. That's a true happy now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right. Welcome to the program, everybody. The first show back from GABF. Always a hard show to do. Although usually we take a week off in between because I know better. But this time we're leaving. I'm leaving. So a show had to be done, Tasty. Like it or not. And here we are. <laughs> Why do we not have Tasty? That's harder than you think. I'm doing fine. I don't know what your guys' problem is. Maybe don't let Scott talk till, till the middle of the show, I guess. I actually feel pretty good, too. <laughs> I had a good recovery Sunday. By recovery, I mean Bloody Marys and beer. Our <laughs> guest today, not so much. I was talking to them before the show. We got Luke and Walt Dickinson on the show today. Welcome to the program, hey guys. guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, love to have you. They're from Wicked Weed uh, Brewing Company, and they made the amateur mistake of flying out at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Morning. Yeah, we got a solid uh, three hours of sleep, and speak for yourself. I think less than that for Walt, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's always rough. I made that mistake in the beginning. Although this wasn't your first GABF. Just oh no, man, we're veterans. Yeah, Two years, a couple years yeah. now. <laughs> I was trying to count how many years uh, we've been going tasty and. Uh, we couldn't figure out if it was seven or eight. Um, See, I, think it's, I don't I remember. Two thousand seven. In oh seven. Yeah. And I think I maybe went the year before you. I so think you I. Might have, yeah. So yeah. You might be at nine. Yeah, I was going to say nine. Yeah, that's eight or nine. Really? Yeah, you're getting old. You're <laughs> getting really old. <laughs> yeah. Wow. If you, right. if you went in 06, that's that's nine. This year was nine. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. We started the BN in 05, and I definitely didn't go then. And so maybe I went the following year, which is what I'm thinking, which was, would have been 06. That would have made the one I just came home from nine yes, times. Yeah. nine ball. I am old. And I've been to too many. And 
it's you know it's a great festival, but if I wasn't working there or a brewer, I don't know that I'd go to it. It's a train wreck. <laughs> it's crazy. In it, there. It's insane. And I see why people go. It's a wonderful festival, but uh, I'm too old for it, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And I think the people that are there and standing in the piss line, like, they're younger than me. <laughs> they have more control. They can oh. still control their bladders. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you mean? <laughs> I had a moment moderating. Uh, I was moderating a Jim Cook presentation on stage this year, and I swear to God, I thought I was going to wet myself on stage. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to go to the bathroom before, and I'm sitting there, and I swear. And then the way my brain works, I start thinking about, uh, literally on stage in the middle of the interview, I start going, well, what if you do wet yourself? What are you going to do? <laughs> are you going to own it? Are you going to mention? I mean, it would have shown. Are you going to get up and run away and never come back to the GABF? I'm having this whole conversation with myself in my head while Jim's talking about hop selection. And luckily he didn't need me because I wasn't there. I was, <laughs> I was somewhere else thinking about having to be. Uh, There's probably a you, lot of people that would not have been surprised. You did, like, I think maybe two or three full radio shows on your inability to n- not drip. <laughs> right. But, I mean, this was going to be a full-on pee. But my point yeah. is, the you could, line you could have as a lunch, catheter as just a, for doing the moderation, and then you just have a sack. I don't know what's less embar- or more embarrassing, uh, <laughs> peeing myself or having to sit there with a catheter in my 30s. I'm in my well, 30s. It's just, it's just to get through with the moderating. It's not that you actually need it. <laughs> right. Just for the moment. It's called well, innovation. I, I think you're going to talk about this. Well, if you're a regular fest goer and you don't have a, like a worker pass or a brewer's pass, I have a worker pass, and um, the line... The, for the men's room, it's around the hall. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but people love that fest. But it's, there can be a way to get to the you know the brewer uh, vendor uh, without a, without well. a pass. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah with a pass. Well, even with the pass, sometimes there's a wait. Oh, a wait. Sorry, I thought you unless said there you was a way the, to get into. Let's go down it. the yeah. escalator. By the way, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lower sh- level. Sh- don't talk about that. Okay. One. Okay. No, that's still my go-to. Wait, I didn't. I didn't know that. There's nothing to know. Never mind. Yeah. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter because I'm a girl, and every time I went into the worker bathroom, I walked right in. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It was. I felt kind of smug, like the line for the men's room was out the door, and I was like. Well, let's be honest. It's Finally. payback for women. Yeah, it's every other place on earth. There's a line for the women's room, except at the Great American Beer Festival or any beer festival for that matter. Well, what I got to do there is I have to like when I even get any sensation, I got to take a leak. I just had that way, right in that way. <laughs> yeah, no. Right. Right. So I'll get stopped four times, and the right. time I get to the fourth stop, right. You're I'm like yourself. holding myself. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I would hope that your bladder control is worse than mine. <laughs> it Jason. probably Jesus. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I got a diaper on. So. Uh, but the rest of the festival is a good time. We want to talk to you about that today. I want to thank our sponsor of the program, More Beer, real quick. You can go over to morebeer.com right now and check them out. They've been uh, sponsoring our show since the beginning, and they bring you this session and every session that we do. So go check them out over at morebeer.com. Like I said, we got Luke and Walt Dickinson on the show today. Wicked Weed Brewing Company out of Asheville, North Carolina. Um, soon to be, what, like the mecca of all uh, large craft breweries? It's pretty much everybody's going there. Yeah. yeah. Actually, they're all there now. Yeah. Oh, so. that's right. Yeah. Any of them open? Sierra. Sierra's open. Yeah. And Oscar yeah. Blues. Pretty, pretty incredible. Blues. Okay. Yeah. And any others coming down the pipe that we New know Belgium. about? Yeah. New Belgium. They're they're about a year away from, from getting stuff rolling there. Okay. So. I'm pretty sure Stone's opening there, too. Wow. Now I'm starting rumors no, at this Now it's just but rumors. I, mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> I hear the 21st Amendment. Uh, will yeah. be. Uh, hop grenade number two? Yeah, maybe we, we should put a hop grenade in uh, North Carolina. If you Carolina. visit, you might want to. It's uh, pretty good. All right, well, we'll come check it out. So we might have to scout for location number two. 
Um, all right, and then before we get to our business, I just thought we'd wrap up the Great American Beer Festival a little bit like we always do. Uh, definitely a good time, a busy week for us. Um, our guest today won uh, their second gold medal, right? That's it. Which is amazing. Uh, what, did you, what category did you win? So we won, this year we won for Honey Beer. Okay. Uh, which the beer that we put in uh, was called Mampara. Nine and a half percent alcohol, golden honey beer, 30% orange blossom honey. We did some uh, geisha root and black cardamom. And the whole idea was to basically take um, the idea of Tej honey wine and turn that into a beer. Okay. Um, so we did that beer for originally for uh, the World Cup soccer. Uh, we did a whole series of beers inspired by uh, countries that were in the World Cup. Nice. So that one we called Ghana. Okay. And uh, and we had ten other ones, but uh, turned out so good we we threw it out there for a chance and and came did, out with a gold. Did you? Ex- so. Is it? So- this is always a weird question, but is it something you expected? Did you, did you think you know what this has really got a shot? I think now it's so competitive yeah. that you know there's a lot of great beers out there. So we we felt it had a good shot in that category, which is kind of why even though we don't really do a lot of you know, per se, honey beer. We thought it would be a good idea to, to look at that category for a win, and, and it worked out. But I definitely on uh, on the what was it the second day of the fest? I was sipping it. I said, "I think this one's this got a chance." I yeah. mean, it was tasting really good. Traveled well. Um, it, was, it was a good beer. I feel like sometimes as a brewer, you really can know when it when it has a good chance. Uh, those of you that are honest with yourselves and and also have great palates, like you say, one day, like maybe a month ago, you go, "Ah, oh, it's all right." But then it ages like just to that point, right? I think that's kind of what happened with this one. It was like. Just peaking, and you, yeah, you tasted it, and it was just right on. It That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So the and then you've got this anticipation, and you're sitting in the room, right? I mean, what is that like? And so it goes bronze, uh, not us, silver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, we got one shot left, and then boom, what happened? Well, luckily we served beer, at the, <laughs> <laughs> so that helped. Yeah. Because I, I think that Walt and I both pounded probably three or four of those little like four ounce tasters before they started because walt was my my leg still bruised from him like hitting my leg through the ceremony <laughs> <laughs> right. but yeah i mean you're sweating you know it's yeah. just yeah it's, it's exciting because everybody wants to win a medal it's not um it's it's not just a competition for, for nothing it means something it's against all of your peers uh, so to win is really important i think and must feel great Congrats to you, too. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. And in our glass, we're drinking your gold medal winner from last year, which is what, the first time you entered the competition? Yeah, I think we were, what, about seven months old at our first GABF. So this beer was, uh, you know, it was definitely a, a, a big surprise for us in a lot of ways, although we did feel like it, it really fit the category. It's uh, called Sereni. It's a uh, 100% Britannomyces beer. Um, we do it um, in stainless, and then it goes into neutral red and white wine barrels for a while, and then okay. it comes back out. But just a very clean kind of saison build to the grist and, and just a nice Brett-developed flavor. This beer is great. If you were only yeah. seven months old at that GABF, was this one of your first beers you even made just because of the time it took? For- this one, this Serenity, that, that was the first... I, I, I'm pretty sure if I remember right, that was the first 100% Britannomyces fermented beer that... We ever did, That yeah. we did. Because was- we, we were doing Brett beers before that, but we were doing them um, fermented initially with a saison yeast... And then we would actually, basically, my I'm terrified of of Brett beer and sour beer in a brewery. Okay. So from day one, Walt really wanted to open up 
a sour, like half sour beer, be part of our thing. Yeah. And I said, we can do it. You just can't bring it in the brewery. So we started out. So, you know, <laughs> Here's your shed right. in the back. Exactly. No, so, I didn't even get a shed, dude. I was just, I'm like, literally, there's pictures of me filling barrels in the parking lot. Really? Like this, yeah. It looks like an extended garden hose. It's yeah, kind of, it was a piece of shit. It was a very but, depressing time yeah. of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. When you guys visit Russian River this week, you ought to uh, have give Vinny a vote. See what maybe you could, uh, Luke, Luke could win this time. Yeah. Because he's got them both in the same brewery. Yeah. 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 Well, I know. And that I was up there uh, last fall and I was I was talking to him about I mean, he's got separate equipment, at least soft parts and stuff. Sure, but but the, that, that I would be terrified. I mean, yeah. terrified. Pliny into fermenter one week. Sour beer in the next. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We've uh, we've already committed to the separate. We gave that up, dude. Okay. I gave up that battle. Man. Yeah. I was just like, look, we're just going to have to do consequen- it somewhere else. Consequentially, uh, our sour beer program is, like, we've got a really nice clean brewery, and then our sour beer program always gets, like, the piece of shit after hey, afterthought stuff. So. Take it easy, dude. Those are my tanks. They're beautiful, right? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I love, in their own I love, way. I love my Frankenstein, you know, fucking uh, uh, dairy tanks. A tank great. only a mother could love. It's right? like the hand-me-down stuff your brother gives you after he gets too old. Here's old t When we replace hoses. We're like, yeah, just take it, whatever. Here, give it to Walt. He'll like, take it. Yeah, this one, this one was run over by the forklift. Here you go. <laughs> we had uh, years ago uh, Captain Lawrence Brewing in here, and he was starting a sour program, and he was next to a, a winery. And you knew the guy at the winery, and the guy at the winery wouldn't even walk into his brewery. He didn't even want it on his clothes. He was so terrified that Britannomyces would get into his wine, you know. Wouldn't even set foot inside. They had to meet out front every time. Um, well, this beer is incredible now, too. I can see why you won, but now it's aged a bit. Uh, or is this, is this a newer? Yeah, we've okay. been making this beer. So this beer is, yeah. uh, I think we packaged this one in June. June I wanted, yeah. So um, it's had a couple months in the bottle. And we actually plan on the bottle conditioning part as, as part of the aging process because the Brett really kind of gets where we want it after about two, two and a half months in the bottle. So we always try to package it and then let it rest. Um, it, it just rests in the wood cellar, basically stacked on pallet racks until... You know, I, I clear it basically. Like Luke and I'll go through and taste the batches, and we feel like they're ready. And so this, we actually had three or four batches to pick from, and I believe this is the batch we sent for judging this year. It is. Um, yeah. So, does it help with travel if if it's a bottle conditioned beer? Like, will it make it more likely that it'll it'll hold up well because it's active in the bottle, or is it not relevant? I, I mean, I think so, but I'm just kind of making that up. I think so too. We we hear a lot of brewers yeah. say that that when you're right, guys, when you when you have uh, active activity in the in the bottle, there's still a well, a, a point where it doesn't matter because there will not be active. I mean, Brett's really anymore. helpful, right? It, you know, oxygen scrubs, which is great. Um, this beer is attenuated to zero. Yeah. Um, so it's very stable, and once we you know, once we get it all conditioned in the bottle, it, it's it's a pretty stable beer and ships through. I think I think that's why sour beers. You know, work well with the trades a lot of times. As long as they were packaged properly, they're going to ship and travel pretty well. We actually, it was cool. We got to share a, a bottle of our, our cherry sour with Jay that somebody had brought him, and it tasted great today. Oh, at the, at the rare, rare barrel? barrel? Yeah. yeah. Rare barrel. Yeah. Those guys showed us around today. It was awesome. Oh, my God. The beer's so good. So, Excellent. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of this, Tasty? It's really good. I like the uh, balance in it. Yeah. Nice, nice acid character. You guys brought us a bunch of beer, I heard. We did. We got uh, six total. Okay. To go through, so we got to get after it. That's why we're starting early. we got to get yeah. after it. <laughs> All right. I always kind of joke around. It's like, kind of like a Brett Pilsner in some way. There's just there's nothing <laughs> to hide behind, so it's just, you know, And it has some hot Brett. character, too. It, so nice. Yeah, we do. Um, it's all it's all German hops in it. Um, so it's a little bit of Saws and Steering Golding. Um, all in the Whirlpool, pretty much. 25 IBUs about. But, you yeah. know, the, the it's really about that Britannomyces character. Sure. So. Yeah. yeah, but without the great... 
backbone. Even the Brett wouldn't wouldn't work. That's and so you just use great. the the Brett that's in suspension to condition it. You just add some sugar at bottling. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Ba- basically, so, we calculate. We we do a mix of force carbonating and bottle conditioning. So okay. we're just calculating the residual sugar in the beer, basically, mm-hmm. um, and that that works pretty well for us. Awesome. Nate Smith Smith made it into the studio today too. Nathan, surprised you guys remember me. How do you it's been like a couple this? of months? It has been a while, and you're leaving what tomorrow or yeah. something, aren't you? And then it's off to the uh, southern hemisphere tomorrow. We'll be meeting you in Australia. Yep. How do you like this beer? This beer is great. Yeah. It's got great, great Brett aromatics, kind of classic. Uh, what I would get out of Brooks, maybe or something like that. I don't know what it exactly is. Maybe you guys said already, but uh, seems kind of like along those lines. Got that classic sort of. Or Vol note a little bit. Sturian Goldings is mentioned here a second ago. That's kind of hand in hand with that. Um, Brett Wise, is that something that you had in mind when you're creating something like this, or was just? Well, I think if you're making Brett beer and you don't think about Orval, I don't think you're thinking about Brett yeah. beer, right? So, yeah, we definitely do. We actually use uh, Brett Trois cool. uh, for this beer, um, and we we blend in a couple other Bretts, but it's kind of the dominant. But that's where I was talking about that that Brett character we're looking for really develops in the bottle. Because we'll notice it being a little fruitier and cleaner mm-hmm. before we package. And then if we let it rest for a while in the bottle, it really starts to get that more kind of horsey, um, wet dog in a phone booth thing. So that's, that's, a, looking for. that's a Brett strain that's become pretty popular with American brewers over the last year or two. That's something you'd worked with a longer time on the homebrew level? or No, I mean, so... I, I don't know why I'm talking right now, actually. The clean house brewery on yeah. the Brett question. Yeah, why me, not? Let me tell you all about Watch it. Squirm it. Uh, give me a second. Let me pull out my bullshit meter. Um, no, we uh, the Brett Tois. That's was what the show is for. That, Come on. Yeah, exactly. Brett Tois was something that we moved to. Walt, Walt could talk more on the homebrew level thing, because you actually did Brett beer on the homebrew level. I just, like... Sat in a corner and cried whenever that you brought it into my house. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you worried even at, at home brewing oh, about all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, Brett Trois, uh, White Labs, yeah. Yeah, White oh. Labs, White Labs. We work with them. We work with everybody a little bit, but they're uh, they've been really good to us a lot. Of, we're using like, I think we did 170 different beers in the last year and a half, so we go through a lot of different yeast strains, and wow. they've been super helpful. And and we're actually starting to bank some stuff with them, which is going to be really cool. But yeah, mm. great, great yeast. Okay. I mean, Brett Trois, uh, you know, I. Nate, I was talking to Nate earlier, and we kind of talked about it. It's like kind of like the Amarillo or the Citra of Brett. You know, oh, it's just okay. It's such a great strain. Like you can really throw it at a lot of things, and it's going to do well for you. It's so. really easy to use too. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, that we turn those Brett beers fermentation in like four to five days. Wow. It just plows through it. So. Not to market. <laughs> no, no, not to market. <laughs> but they're ferm- They're done. Just the term- they're just raw, raw numbers. Yeah. Just yeah. for the hundred percent part. But we're also using open fermenters for all of the Belgian sour beers, and so. You know, the Brett really just, it, it performs a lot. Like if you've worked with uh, French Saison, is a, is a similar working yeast as far as how it, you know, how hard and aggressively it ferments. It's pretty vigorous. And then you get a really good flocculation, which, which works well and, and great attenuation. I mean, the beers come out no matter how big they are, you know, one, two Play-Doh at the most. So really, uh, really good stable beers going into barrels. I don't like messes, so it's oh, nice yeah. having less sugar. Yeah. One malt in the beer or a complex malt bill? Um, this one's, you know, it's it's kind of based on a saison grist. When we were thinking about how we want to do it, I think Luke and I we do a lot of saison at the brewery too, and it's it's a style we're pretty tied to. Um, so when we were doing, it, we just wanted to give a, a lot of complexity to to the grist. So it's you know about seventy percent um, pilsner. We bring in a, a local malt house that we have for their wheat because it's just it's very very rustic, a little less modified. Uh, and then we'll use some some oats and uh, what I think it's like two. Two, it's a, well, 3% it's one, acidulated it, malt? Yes, 2% acidulated malt. Yep. So, 
yeah, pretty pretty simple. I mean, not not a whole lot of grain in there. Yeah, nothing unfermentable. You're not doing that sort of side of Brett Brewing. You're letting it sort of charge through everything up front. Yeah, we're not doing like the rye because I, lot, I know a lot of people are doing the rye technique where they're going real heavy on the rye or you know um, or raw wheat stuff like raw that. Raw wheat. Yeah, we were doing raw wheat when we first started, but yeah. it, we found that it, the pain in the ass it, of no trying to crack oh. the raw wheat and in the lauder is terrible. So. so, how long from production to bottle being ready on this beer? About. Five months, I think. Five months. When it's yeah. all said and done, it goes in the barrel for two, two to three months. And that's really just depending on how it's developing. Uh, we have a big, uh, we just we can talk about it a little bit, but we're uh, we got our separate barrel house. We're actually opening the tasting room really soon. Um, and uh, you know, anyways, the it's climate controlled, so we're we're pretty constant on how long the beers develop in the barrel. So yeah, it's about three months, and then uh, we'll pull it out into the package and then let it rest until it's ready to go to market. Are you just using the barrels as long-term storage, essentially, since you mentioned they're neutral, right? Yeah, they're neutral, but when I say neutral, I'm just saying they're used oak mm-hmm. barrels. So oh, we're getting okay. them from winery use, but I, it doesn't typically go in uh, go into fresh barrels just because it's kind of a delicate beer, so we're usually looking for something that's a little more stripped down. So they're, they're freshly emptied from the winery, so there's still some wine in there? No, no, no. Oh, okay. no. They're, that's what I'm saying. We've got them. We've used them usually for another Brett beer or something, and then we move this into <laughs> oh, it as, okay. as the next right. time. Right, okay. All right, let me get through some JBF medals. We'll come back to some beer. This is going to be a good beer show, I can tell already, because we weren't even allowed to bullshit for 30 minutes before diving into some good info. You guys are yeah. rocking. Our want listeners the, are going to love you. Don't worry about don't it. Don't you want to hear the Amazon product of the week? Or, <laughs> yeah, uh, all the bullshit. <laughs> no? And the listeners right now are like, change the format forever. <laughs> this is the new format yeah. of the show. All info all the time. <laughs> come on, let's get a Twitter game. Let's we go. want to make sure you can pay rent too, Justin. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I wanted to talk real quick uh, just about some of our local breweries that did well here. I got a few in here that are just California, not so local. Um, you can go find the, the whole list uh, of winners over on the GABF website. If you just uh, Google GABF 2014, the winners list is going to come up. You can watch the award ceremony over on our live stream page, which some of you are probably on now watching this program. Um, but it's the same place you always go. And uh, we had um, a little under 10,000 people watching you guys uh, win an award. Uh, yesterday, I don't know if you know, but we, uh, that was our an enormous turnout of people I really watching the pressure. awards. How many? Did you say uh, how many? A uh, little under ten thousand. No people. way! It's what what really was it last incredible. year? Uh, about two thousand. Wow! Wow! <laughs> so now not everybody watches live, um, and then and then it creeps up. Uh, usually it creeps up over time, but literally as of today, it was nine thousand something. Wow, people. that's amazing! Uh, so people, a, a lot of interest in the awards, which is cool. You know, we're all. It's kind of like having a favorite team now. I feel like you, you're rooting on. You know, if you're not a brewer, you're still rooting on your favorite brewery they had the uh the fantasy the gabf fantasy yeah I don't, had they done that before i don't know i don't think so I think and, that was the first and by the way that that was in the usa today and it put the brewing network in usa today which is pretty rad nice. because they directed people to go watch their fantasy oh, team yeah. on the brewing network feed well, so i can't complain about that yeah. yeah congratulations yeah that, that might have had something so. to do oh, with sure. the additional six thousand or seven thousand whatever uh, that it did. yeah uh Anyhow, it uh, was really a good turnout. It's always fun for me to watch people win. Uh, I have to give a proper shout-out. And, in fact, I, I think I got a little choked up for the guys just because I'm so proud of them. Um, but our friends at the Rare Barrel won gold for Cosmic Dust. Oh, good for them. Yeah. That was the uh, 
American-style sour category. It had 56 entries, which is more than ever, I think they said. And you can't really think of a, of a brewery uh, who, you know, more worthy of winning gold in, in that category. Um, so that was just pretty awesome to see. I know that Jay and Alex were stoked. Uh, of course, uh, the Sour Hour is a program that Jay from the Rare Barrel does here on the Brewing Network now. Uh, so you can you know learn from a gold medal winning uh, sour beer brewer right here on the Brewing Network. And for example, we had Lauren Salazar on the show uh, the last episode with you guys, Scott. And um, I hear rave reviews about that. I saw Lauren at JABF, and she was happy to do it and, and felt real good about it. Yeah, she sent us some great beer. And you know, he's not just a JABF gold medal winner. They uh, they've won World Beer Cup medals and whatever yeah. they enter, it's. Uh, it's gold, as yeah. it were. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our friends up at Bear Republic won uh, bronze in the Bohemian-style Pilsner, which is kind of rad to see Bear Republic doing, right? I mean, Racer 5, their flagship beer, kind of helped define the IPA category, I think, you know, along with other breweries. Yeah. Um, so to see them come back and, and get a gold. They're doing some sour stuff, too, now. And, Everybody else. But that was pretty cool, wasn't it, Tasty? Yeah, it's wonderful. See the team up there. You know, they also won a medal in the uh, Pro-Am as well. That's right. They won the gold. Yeah, Michael, uh, yeah. Uh, them and Michael Kelly from uh, Sonoma Bureaucrats. Which is very cool to see. And I saw Mike on – he's another one. I get really emotional at these things because I like seeing how much joy like the awards bring people. The home brewer from the, from the Bureaucrats was going nuts up there. Yeah. And, yeah, he about brought me to tears. He was yeah. a happy kid. Um, here's another one that I like to see, uh, Category 31 in German-style Pilsner. So I'll mention all of them. I don't want to leave any, anybody out here. But the bronze went to um, Wiseacre Brewing Company out of Tennessee. All right, the silver for the German-style Pilsner went to Russian River Brewing Company, wow. which is pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw Vinny with this beer at the uh, ALS Fest at Faction, Faction, right? Yeah, it was it so good. Came, it just came out then. Yeah. And I know how happy he was with it. He was very proud of it. Um, he, he, hadn't, he had done a Pilsner kind of years ago as a pet project of his that he also loved, but didn't do much with it. But this one, you know, he really went for silver. And then who gets gold? <laughs> My boy's down a Firestone. Yeah. <laughs> so, Pivo Pils, Pils, which I, you know, that's wow. a constant yeah. for me. Two in and, a row. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. Uh, which is, now, someone who knows more about styles should should help me out here. It was my understanding that the Pivo Pills is is pretty hoppy for a German style. Oh, my style God, pills. yeah. But I really like it, and I always tell people, if you want a great Pills, have it. My palate calls it a German style Pills, but anytime I talk to a BJCP judge, they're like, it's not. It's way hoppy. Yeah. Yet here it is a couple times in a row. Matt has talked about that as a hybrid kind of a style between a German Pils and a Bohemian Pils, if you were going to kind of categorize it. And but, it's his idea of that kind of dry hopped, more hop forward side on the late part of the process, but like nice, solid German Pils style bittering. So do you, you know? think it I, I does think he's, well? He's, he's accomplishing that, but it just seems to be out of styles over. Yeah. Okay, so... So then do you think it does well because in that particular category it helps to stand out because maybe some you can have a lot of great pilsners yet you're you're all using the same ingredients in some cases with a little variation. So do you think maybe it just helps them to stand out? Well, well I think I I really liked Russian Rivers pilsner. I had it at the pub in August. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I really liked it. But I would agree with that one and also with Firestones. It is a bit more hop they both are. Forward. Okay. For what I would consider the, a traditional example. But okay. I think it's just that's what everyone's used to now in the U.S. And it's like, oh, that's a German pills now. Right. And so we're kind of adulterating or messing yeah. with that, that style. It's it, mutating. Yeah. It is dry hot. That 
is the Pivo, it's a dry I hop? I think so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah wow. it's dry hop with uh, Saphir. Wow. German, new school's German hop that is like a Hollertau derivative, basically. Hmm. Highwater Brewing Company got a couple medals. We serve some of their beer here. Uh, Campfire Stout, I know we've had on tap. So that's Category 11 in the specialty beer. Um, they got a medal there, and I forget where else. I got it written down here that's somewhere. That's their number one selling beer. Yeah, they yeah. had two medals, I think, total. I forget where the other one yeah. was. So. Oh, here it is. It was in 15, other strong beer. Uh, they're... I don't know how to say it. Aphotic. A gold? Uh, Imperial Porter. This was their bronze. Bronze. A bronze for their Imperial Porter. And then the gold was Campfire Stout. Once they got there. So that was pretty nice to see. Uh, Our boys at Gordon Biersch, Dan Gordon, uh, got uh, a bronze for his Dunkless, which we talked about and had here on the show. Um, It's interesting to me because I know that the Gordon Biersch brew pubs generally do well and always enter. And whenever I talk to Dan about it, he's not a competition guy. It's not his thing. According to him, he never enters. So when I saw the Gordon Biersch name come up, I'm waiting to see which brew pub it was. But it was the brewery in San Jose. And I know that the Dunkless is the new beer that they put out. So that was cool to see. Dan's always good to us. Yeah, one of the pubs run one in the smoke beer. One of the pubs, I think, okay, in, in yeah. Maryland won with their smoked beer this year. Yeah, the pubs generally do well, and they all kind of enter independently as well. But right. you never really see something from San Jose, from, right. the, from the production brewery. They had the uh, Belgian IPA. Right. From oh, Gordon yeah, Beers. Gordon Beers. Oh, right. IPA Silver in Belgian IPA. <laughs> I, was, I, was, right. I, I guarantee you Dan's even pissed off oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> called that brewery the next day and was like, take that off the menu. What, 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 what are you thinking <laughs> over there? We were, sit, we were sitting uh, right, where, right where everybody walked by, and... Uh, and you know whoever the brewer was for that pub came by. He's like, I guess we're going to be making Belgian beer now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. There's no st- uh, like standards that come down from corporate. There are can't there do are. now. Keep in mind that the bre- the restaurants are a little separate from the brewery now. Um, but yes, there are there are still standards that have to be brewed. But I think that there's uh, quite a lot of autonomy in the brew houses now. That's in, wow. in the different brew pubs. Wow. So on the one hand, I'm glad they're giving them uh, autonomy. On the other hand, it's it doesn't really fit with their whole German thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I went over and tasted the beer immediately because I was like, "What the hell's going on?" Okay. And yeah. it was it was fantastic. Really, it was a great Belgian IPA. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. That's funny. To Good see. for them. All right. So I'm standing in line for a beer, like you guys were probably doing. You know, I stepped out of the awards, and I'm standing there, and it's a long line, and and Claudia comes up to me, and uh, Faction had entered the Pilsner category, too, and, and the medals had just been given, and, and Faction didn't give it. And so Claudia from Faction's a little bummed, and um, we're waiting in line for beer. They run out of beer before we get there, so now we're both really bummed. And she says, well, we got one more category left. You know, I don't know. Well, it's a, gr- it's a good beer, but who knows? And, and you could tell, I could see on her face she's a little stressed out about it. Category comes up a little while later, Baltic-style porter. Faction Brewing Company, Putty Porter, gets the bronze. So uh, they were stoked, uh, Claudia crying on her way up to the fit. Yeah, so, and then, you know, a couple hours later, Roger's drunk as a skunk, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Hours? You think it took hours? (laughs) Yeah, right. It's funny because when Faction loses, um, you might find Roger drinking away his sorrows. When Faction wins, you might find Roger (laughs) celebrating by drinking. (laughs) Of course. So it doesn't really matter Uh, what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but great to see uh, Faction do that. Uh, okay, so this one's not a Northern California brewery, but I have to mention, uh, because they're good friends, and they've been so good to us here at the Hop Grenade by making sure we have their wonderful beer. They were our uh, 2013 Beer of the Year. Um, Society for the Pupil won bronze in international-style pale ale, which is pretty cool. So that was good to see. Um, 
couple of California breweries in the Imperial India Pale Ale category. So bronze comes up, and it's Pliny the Elder, Russian River, right? In the, in the double IPA category. They haven't right? showed Imperial up in that style. one in a while, too. It was really right. cool to see. So Pliny the Elder wins. And here's all I can think. Whoever wins silver and gold now feels twice as good as oh. they were going to feel five <laughs> yeah. minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. now the one that they – obviously they beat a lot, but now they they just beat Pliny yeah. the Elder, you know too. What, you know what's worse than our beer? Pliny. <laughs> Pliny. Yeah. That's right. And, and, not to, and they're in the category of a great – and. Right. There's no doubt in my mind that it beefed up their uh, joy of, right. of winning. Um, so let's see. Because uh, if it doesn't place, they don't know that he, it actually got entered. Now, <laughs> yeah, now, now you're yeah, certain. Because we beat it. Well. Right. Uh, so Silver went to another California brewery, Hop 15 from Port Brewing Company. And finally, out of Columbus, Ohio, uh, Creeper won gold uh, from Columbus Brewing Company. So, that's good. like the only one not a household name, too. Those guys must be stoked. Yeah, that's what I mean. They went up there and they're like, Russian River, third. Port, great, yeah. second. Wow. Us. Well, that's the best part, right? <laughs> Everybody they, get to, they talk to, they can repeat. Well, the bronze was plenty from mm-hmm. Russian River. And they get to say it over and over and over you, again. You've probably yeah. heard of them. It's, you uh, probably Russian heard of them. heard yeah. this little beer. Yeah. Yeah. In every other category, you don't even mention the other medals. You just mention your medal. Exactly. Not this one. <laughs> it definitely, it goes. It matters. Yeah, it matters. I got, they're going on my list. Columbus Brewing Company. Yeah, out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, so here's one really local that we haven't talked about in a while, and I know they've gone through some ownership changes. I'm wondering who the brewer is again, and maybe one of you, Taser Nate, can tell me. But um, Schooners out of Antioch got a bronze for their Scotch Ale. And back when we were talking to Schooners all the time, Craig was their brewer, and he was brewing amazing beer. He is again. I'm, I thought is I he saw back? him on the stage. Yeah. Okay, yeah. excellent. Beers, yeah. So that makes sense to me. Here's a guy that nobody talks about. Craig is a fantastic – well, brewers talk about him, but he, he's not – you know. The, the one of these famous brewers, but he brews amazing beer. He wins medals almost every brewery he brews for every year at the GABF. Um, so it's cool to see him back there at Schooners. Sierra Nevada, I got to mention them because they're they're everybody's brewer, right? Uh, they got bronze for the Narwhal Imperial Stout, uh, which is a great great beer. I think we've that had beer that. rules. Yeah, that's like uh, two think, out of three years, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's two out of three years they've won it. Killing yeah. it with that beer. I think we have uh, bottles in the fridge as we speak. Oh, is that right? I we're think, selling it so. here at the Grenade. I believe so. You and I usually say that and have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> um, so then, let's do the pro am competition because uh, Nate was in it this year, right? Um, yep, I was. So with was JP, one of our other uh, JP BN was guys. in it with Flat Tail. You were in it with I was in it with Drakes. Drakes. Yep. Um, we've got a couple. Uh, we've got some local brewers coming in uh, with Black Diamond. Black Diamond had one locally. Uh, was with Eric Beer Iron Springs as well. Yep, Eric Beer at Black Diamond, uh-huh. and and then Iron Springs. And by the way, we're having a pro am event here at the Hop Grenade tomorrow, where we're going to feature these uh, pro am beers. Uh, Christian Kazakoff is the brewer at Iron Springs. He's going to come in and do an episode of Brewing with Style with you guys, Tasty. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pour his beer. And who's that brewer, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, Jeremy, I can't, can't remember his last I name. I don't either. But Jer- and I think they're all coming down yeah, to, to taste a, the beers local. here. I'm still trying to get your beer from Drake's, Nate. i, I got to call him tomorrow and see if I can go pick it up or something and, uh, gotcha. and get it here. Cool. So we have, But we're hoping to have uh, three or four Pro-Am beers on tap here. Well, none of the guys won the Pro-Am. I did get to taste a, a few of them there. They were great. Uh, um, the gold, like we mentioned, uh, went to Bear Republic. That was for their Prince uh, Bonnie Prince Charles Scottish 80-shilling ale. Um, and they did that with uh, AHA member Michael Kelly. 
Uh, silver went to Spencer Pale Ale at uh, Coco Pelli Beer Company in Westminster, Colorado. Um, that was with HA member Daniel Christensen. Congratulations. And finally, the bronze went to I Want a Roush. Uh, from Springfield Brewing Company, Springfield, Missouri, uh, brewmaster Ashton Lewis and Bruce Johnson, and um, their AHA member homebrewer, Keith Wallace. Jeremy so. uh, Pendry is the last name of uh, Christian's uh, partner there for the uh, Iron Springs program. There we go. Excellent. So if I'm sure that I missed some, I, I know I missed California breweries. I was just focusing mostly on local breweries up here. I, I might have missed a couple of you too, so forgive me, but congratulations. California did really well. Um, Julian Trego down at Beachwood Barbecue, uh, who we've known for years. We've known him as a home brewer. And, boy, he just hit the ground running when he opened Beachwood. And he just won large brew pub of the year yesterday. For the second year in a row. Yeah, two years in a row. Oh, he yeah. did win it yeah. last year. I knew he won a lot of medals last year. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Wow. Weren't they small brew pub of the year years ago? I don't remember. What, what's the determination? No. How many barrels you do as a brew pub? Do you guys know that? Yeah, it's barrelage. It's barrelage. It's barrelage. I don't know what it is, but... Because yeah. I can, cons- I would, but I'm just thinking about his space. I would consider it small, but I guess he just must have. I, don't, a, I mean, a a large, I think it was large last year. I thought it was. Oh, that was, could be. I knew it was yeah. brew pub award of some kind. Oh, the yeah. Same one. oh yeah, yeah, he won a brew pub of the year, but I don't know that it was. I still don't remember which one. I mean, I think over like 2,500 barrels is a large brew pub. Okay, yeah, uh, it's something like that. I mean, it's it's not a huge amount of beer. You guys are a brewery, not a brew pub. We're a brew right? pub. You are a brew pub. We're How many pub. barrels are you guys? We're gonna we're gonna do 5,200 barrels this year. So, wow. Yeah. So there's not like a really large brew pub category? Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I don't think we were in brew pub as far as a category, though. We were in small brewery, right? Know. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. We, whatever. It's actually, it's kind of funny with the, the brewery awards, because I'm making a joke about there being a really large one, but there is a small brewery of the year and very small brewery of the year. <laughs> really? Which I just, I'm over there laughing at the stage while we're recording. Yeah, look, um, here we go. Uh, small brew pub, mid-sized brew pub, large brew pub. Very small brewing company. Wow. What small brewing company. Yeah. That's exactly We were like, is this a, like a pot on the right. stove? Five like, gallons. What, what five gallons for small. And, then, and the awards kept going and going, so I kept waiting here. Really super tiny brewing <laughs> yeah, company. Incredibly <yeah>. minuscule <laughs> brewing company. Everybody gets a medal. <laughs> One uh, pint at a time yeah. brewing company. <laughs> Brewing three gallons this year. Yeah. <laughs> really you, well. Or you could have like a 30 barrel. You just use it three times a year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah super... Low efficiency brewery of the year. What about yeah. on the other end? Enormous megalith brewery, so, brewery of the year. Well, they do um, they do large brewing company, and that's a macro. Uh, yeah, but they don't do they don't go up the other way. They only go small. AC Golden won large brewing company of of the year, which is uh, Coors, basically. Um, Devil's Backbone Brewing Company won mid-sized brewing company. Two years in a row. They're always they killing it. Dominating. Yeah. yeah. You guys drink yeah. much of their beer? It's incredible. I want to based on the awards they won. Yeah. In fact, they've been winning a lot of awards for several years now. I think they but they just got the of the year awards. Recently. I think they did like what five last year and four this year. Wow. So Really great to see. Awesome stuff. So it was a good time out there. I tried a lot of good beer myself. Uh, you can find uh, all of the award ceremony on live stream, plus all the panels we did uh, throughout the week. And there were some good ones up there. Jim Cook was up there talking about hop selection. At the end, um, uh, Bradley Cooper from the Brewers Association put together a music and beer panel where uh, the Hanson kid 
Remember we reported on Hanson and their mm-hop? Of, how could I forget? Uh, so he he was there, and the keyboardist for the string cheese incident... Kyle Hollingsworth. Yeah. Who was very nice to me when they were in town a few months ago. He had us uh, come out to his concert. Oh, that's right. Backstage. Uh, you, you were invited as well, but you were busy. Well, shit, I saw him there, but I didn't really talk to him. He looked at me like I just was a big dummy, which I am. Well, but I, just, I, didn't, I was trying not to get in the way because they were actually performing. And so they were kind of setting up, but I stood right next to him for a minute. He didn't say anything. Yeah, he's he's. I think he's kind of a quiet guy, but he he treated us uh, real nicely. And okay. I, I'm trying to get him in here for the session, but he's very busy. I mean, they're they're touring constantly. Yeah. Well, so they ended up doing the short interview. Sam Calagione sat on the stage and did a rap with him, and they they just spoke for a while, and then and then they performed. And I got to say. Uh, by the way, Bevo about... Kid was awesome. Yes. You, do you know that's the first thing Bevo said to me when I came she in today? She slid so off I'm her chair. I was, like... I was so excited. He was near us. He was at the Pico Brew booth, which was right next to us. And I knew that A. Hansen was going to be there. And so I swear to God, the 15-year-old who lives inside of me was like, yeah. boop, 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 Hansen nearby. Right. And like, I looked over and I was like, that's A. Hansen. By the way, I think the 15-year-old could fit inside of you. That's rude. <laughs> Yeah, Vivo, like, she's standing there. She, like, slithers off her chair. Like, she's so excited to see. Uh, and she got yeah, her picture taken. Well, anyhow, they get up to play. The kid's pretty good. Yeah. He's a pretty stellar musician. Yeah, you don't make it to that level if you're yeah. not. Yeah, and not only that. Oh, really? I got to I gotta say is I don't usually hand out compliments to Bradley he because, I, really because I like messing with him. He's a damn good musician. Oh, he, he was played, up. He played bass, uh, which he was pretty good at, and then he belted out some uh, some lyrics too. He can sing with an accent, uh, with a little accent. <laughs> it was a very bluesy kind of yeah. song. It was really good. I think I'm going to invite him to play with us at BNA Ten. That'd be great. He's pretty good. So it was fun to watch that kind of stuff, and um, it was fun to watch Bebo get all giddy. I was real excited. About I'm the, so excited. I came in today, and I was like, uh, "Hey, Beef, how was Denver?" She's like, "Hanson, Hanson, Hanson." Did you bring all your CDs and posters from your bedroom wall? So I may or may not have owned at one point a Hanson CD. I did not have a poster. Right. Uh, so it was very cool. And I, t- I talked to Isaac. That's the Hanson kid. And we're going to try to get him in the show. I think he's interested to talk to his brewer as well. And um, the beer is pretty good. Had the mm-hop. And, oh, um, are they still making it? I thought that was like a one-off. Uh, they're making it regularly. They're basically trying to do a full-on brewery thing. Like, that's just the first beer. It turns out they're fans of beer and home brewing and craft beer. And so that was just the one beer that he, uh, according to him, it's the beer they thought of drunk one night on the tour bus, and they thought it'd be funny. Uh, why not just call it an hop? But that's just the first beer. So I guess they're trying to do more. And What are they going to do? Because there's a large soda company called Hanson's. They're going to have some issues. Mm-hmm. Their brewery's not called Hanson's, I don't think. Oh. Um Oh, they have a brewery. They have it a. Was like Hanson. Oh, is that it? I heard their next beer is going to be One Hit Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's probably going to be called Twenty Six Million Copies. I'd um, I'd appreciate <laughs> it. I think it's going to be called. I'd appreciate it if Nate's mic got turned off now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny because it's easy to make fun of people until I meet them, and then I'm like, well, shit, he's a real person. And then you're impressed by him because he's a better musician than you. <laughs> he's that's a far more, better musician. That's one more than hit than me. anyone in this room, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I can only say so much. Well, yeah. and he's waited the perfect amount of time because all his fans are now drinking age. Yes, and, and they're so all now is the time for him to open a brewery. Oh, uh, the place was full, by the way, with women just wanted like Bevo. Everyone just wanting their picture taken with him. Yeah. All of the wives, yeah, tagging along. Yeah, I'll go for the Hanson. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. I got to get through some things and get us to a break. So, GABF, another great year, right, Tasty? Very good. Couldn't have more fun. Yeah. Excellent. A lot of great people there. Really good. crowded, though. Amazing how many people in one place at one time doing the same thing. Yeah. It's trying to get around afterward and get a beer somewhere uh, is proving more and more difficult. Yeah, especially you probably leave late because you've got to do some stuff. Yeah. How exactly. is the crop dusting factor on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, pretty uh, typical. Yeah. <laughs> not, about 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I stayed in my glass booth for quite a, a oh, yeah. long time this Save time. Our, I, yeah. A sanctuary. We had a lot of good beer in there from the panels. So I was like, I could go and smell farts and stand in long lines and get one ounce of beer. Sounds awesome. Or I could stand here and crack open this 22 and just take Take it to the head and get ready for the next thing, which uh, you know what I chose. Yeah, farts. <laughs> so it's been a couple of years since I've been to GABF, and I apparently forgot how much of a pusher Justin is. I'm not a uh, a pusher. You're uh, a pusher. What does that mean? Physically pushing? Or? No, he's a he's a oh. let's go out and party and stay up until four a.m. pusher. They oh. feel like I am the one who leads us all down the path of partying at night, which may or may not be true. But I don't. There's no peer pressure involved. You killed it's, Kim Wood. I did on the first night, on the Wednesday night. So we hadn't even started yet. And I was like, Kim, let's go out drinking. No. Okay, well, yeah, you can go to bed and waste your time in Denver, or we can go out and have an incredible time and drink amazing beer at the only night that we're going to be able to walk right up to the bar at Falling Rock Wednesday night. That kind of That's sounds all like I peer said. pressure. I thought you said you didn't do peer pressure. That kind of sounds no, I'm just, just laying. Like I'm just laying out the what the opportunity is, and then she could take it or leave it. Those are just the okay, facts. Okay, so then we so so then we Thank went to you. Falling Rock, and then, you know, we really should just stay here until Falling Rock closes. Which we do, and did. <laughs> and then Kim was demolished for the rest of the week. The next day, we're setting up the booth. She just laid on the floor. She was done. Oh, she was in bad shape. She was done. Uh. And every other night, I'm like, hey, you ready? And she wouldn't even let me finish the sentence. No. <laughs> Going back to my... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. She, was a she had a three-day hangover. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, well, look, I like to have a good time. I figure we can sleep when we get home. Uh, who hasn't had a hangover? You just kind of fight through it. Am I right, guys? You don't go to uh, Denver and sleep. No. No, no, you just I, drink yeah. through it. You right. drink through it. You drink through it. And the worse you feel, that you know, you gauge how much you need a beer by how bad you feel. Exactly. Not how much you have to stay away from beer and go to bed. If you feel terrible, you better find a beer quick. It only hurts when it when it stops. Yeah. <laughs> when you stop, that hurts. I'm Keep making, it going. I am making that a t-shirt. <laughs> our, uh, one of our business partners' uh, motto for JBF is is uh, well, he, he got there and he was like two beers in. We call him the Pounder, and uh, you can tell how he drinks beer yeah uh he comes in he says he says guys i i uh his name's ryan and he says guys i look i, I know how these things work you gotta eat a lot you gotta drink a lot <laughs> that's it that's like his rule everywhere we went yeah all week hey guys eat a lot drink a lot just like boom. yeah yeah I mean, he's it's right sa- it's more you're not a pusher you're a salesman yeah you well, thank you were there some Steve good cheeses C. Did you get to try the cheeses that they have out there? Why would I do that? It's all open with a bunch of... Long. And everyone well, got their they, fingers all over they it. they brought it to you in your glass box. No, they don't. We don't get any of that kind of stuff. We're just stuck in our glass box. I actually don't eat very much during the week either. I don't eat well when I have a hangover, and I don't eat well when I'm performing. And that's all I do at the GABF <laughs> is have a hangover and perform. So I'm missing half of his, uh, his formula. And I do agree that it's important. So, no, they did have an enormous cheese section this year, though, Beardy. It, it, a lot of good food looked like it was going on over there. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I had to walk by one of the cheese booths to get to the Heretic booth. I always stopped yeah. by there. At the end of the week, they reached out of their refrigerator and handed me some rounds. 
They're like, here's some extra yeah. that we have. Because they recognize you and your beard. Right. Maybe they just didn't want you dragging your beard across the cheese right. table anymore. <laughs> no one will oh. eat it after you've oh, been Oh, yeah, here. there was some hair in it. Maybe that's why they gave it to me. <laughs> yeah. They're, these are yours. You won't notice this. <laughs> Every time he goes by, they clear the rest of the board, pull out new cheese. <laughs> yeah. God damn that kid. All right, real quick, let me get through uh, some announcements so we can take a break and just get back to, to talking beer over here. Uh, we are going to Australia, as I mentioned. Thanks to so many of you generous donors in our Indiegogo campaign, we raised enough money uh, to bring myself, Tasty, Nathan, um, Push. I think that's it, right? Is there only four of us going? That's it. And our ladies, so. but they're, they're paying their own way. Yeah, yeah. Bitches. Uh, oh, yeah, we're going to be there. So uh, you can join us at the Australian National Homebrew Conference. Um, Vinny from Russian River is going to be there partying with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Fairbrother is going to be there uh, from Moonlight Meadery. I think I saw that John Blickman, a great yep. sponsor of ours, is going to be there. Chris oh, wow. White. Uh, Chris White, of course, is going to be there. Uh, so we're going to have a great time. It's anhc.com.au if you uh, are Australian and you don't know about it yet, which would seem ridiculous. Um, I'm not sure if it's sold out, but uh, I know they normally do sell out. We're having a party on Thursday night, a BN Army special event. Those of you who donated to the Indiegogo campaign at that level, we're going to do a bottle share. Uh, Vinny's going to be there with us. Chris White's going to be there with us. So it's not just us schleps that you're going to get to hang out with. You get to hang out with better schleps. Um, I'm excited, and I just wanted to thank you all for contributing and getting uh, us out there, and um, it was very generous. Where's that bottle share going to be at, Justin? Uh, I don't remember. The Ben Spoke Brewery? Is that the name of the one? It's right here. Um, no, it's not. Oh, yeah, Ben Spoke Brewery. Thank you. The Ben Spoke Brewery, exactly. Cool. And we're, uh, we're going to mule out some bottles for you. We're basically doing a bottle share. i got to give bottles to you guys, too, to put in your suitcases. I guess I'm missing you, Nathan, unless you already grabbed some. Um, no, no, we can discuss at the break. All right, let's do that because we're going to mule out bottles to bring to you. Um, I think Vinny is going to do a little bit of that. And uh, we're going to just stuff our suitcases with stuff to share at this bottle share thing. And, and that we bring out some U.S. beers for Perfect. you guys. I'll steal some from the hop grenade. Borrow them. I'll bring some homebrew, maybe. Uh, that'll be fine. Any kind of bottle share, uh, Tacey. That would be great. Um, and then, uh, of course, the sponsor of the whole conference are our friends over at Grain and Grape, uh, one of the oldest uh, brewing, uh, homebrewing shops in Australia. And they've been a sponsor of ours for a while. They're the head sponsor of the ANHC. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting them. They're fun guys. Uh, I've only met uh, a couple of them before, and it's been a while. But you can go check out all the things they do. For over 20 years, they've been supplying brewers in Australia. Uh, they have a free fortnightly all grain brewing demo. So I'm pretty sure we established last time that that's, what, every seven years they do a brewing demo? Is that what a fortnight is? Uh, yeah. Every I think seven months, right. yeah, maybe? Yeah. No, it was years. F- f- uh, fortnightly, so that's why it's free, because you know, they <laughs> save up so for stupid. seven years. Um, uh, all the years they've been working to supply the best and biggest range of equipment and ingredients um, around, including 90 varieties of malted grain from Belgium, Germany, the U.S., Britain, and, of course, Australia. Uh, 40 varieties of hop. Um, over 50 Y-East liquid and fermentist and Danstar dried yeast cultures. Fresh work kits made in the 500-liter uh, Braumeister right there in the warehouse. You can check it all out over at grainandgrape.com.au, and I'm hoping we get to hang out with them uh, quite a bit out there, and they can teach me what a fortnight is. <laughs> uh, what else? 
Uh, NHC, the National Homebrewers Conference, I know it seems like it's a long time away, but they're calling for presentations. If you'd like to present at the 2015 Homebrewers Conference in San Diego, go to ahaconference.org. You can find all the guide, guidelines there to do it. And if you're, you know, if you've done a lot of experiments with homebrewing, if you uh, consider yourself a great homebrewer, if you've competed quite a bit, and you have something to teach us, I recommend submitting. It's a lot of fun to present, isn't it, Tasty? It is. You've gotten to do it as well, Nate. Yeah, both Tasty and I did this year. It's a great experience. If you're geeking out about your ideas and process, share it back. Yeah, people, come, people love it. It's submit, awesome. Submit your syllabus. Those rooms are just full of people that are, are hanging on your every word to learn more about homebrewing. So it's a lot of fun. AHAconference.org. Uh, as I mentioned, we're having our Pro-Am Beer Night tomorrow night right here at the Hop Grenade. That's October 7th. So uh, come on in and, and hang out with us. I was hoping to get Nate in here, too, but like I said, he's on a plane, damn it. I'll be on my way to the other side yeah, of the world. Other side of the world. Uh, but we will have the other uh, homebrewers and breweries here, so come on out with us. I think it starts at like 6 o'clock or something tomorrow. And you guys are doing a Candy Brew It, or sorry, a uh, Brewing With Style starting at what, 7? Yes. Okay. So we've got a live show going on, uh, all kinds of good stuff happening here at the Grenade tomorrow. Um, all right, Amazon, you can support us by just uh, clicking the Amazon link on our homepage. Do all your shopping as normal, and uh, we get a little kickback. Uh, do we have an Amazon product of the week? Uh, no, I actually wanted to clarify something because I got an email uh, from a listener who said, uh, yeah, you know, I want to make sure everything is going through, and I couldn't find any of his products, and he was like, well, I don't know, you know, I'm picking all my stuff, and I'm getting everything in the cart, and then I go, and I click through the link, and I check out, and so I, I the vast majority of you guys are not doing that, and we're, we're getting credit for it, uh, but just in case, you know, everything you put in your cart, you got to click through the link first, so before you do anything, go to the homepage, click on the Amazon link on the BN, and then shop as normal. Okay, click there the link go. first. Yes. Thank you. But you're all, you, most of you are doing that, so thank you. All right, subscribe and join the BN Army. Just click the, the donate button on our homepage. If you become a recurring donor, not only are you a badass, but you're entered to win the More Beer Monthly uh, Gift Certificate Giveaway, which is a chance to win 100 bucks. And I met a lot of you donors at JBF this week, and I just want to thank you again for all your support. I appreciate it. Um, except for those of you who throw it in my face. There's one drunken no. guy. And I've met him before. He's a nice guy. He's a really strong supporter. And then, but he's, you know, we're talking for a while and we're, and we're talking. I'm a sergeant in your army. Did you know that? And, we're talk- and I have, and I got to work there. So I'm, I'm always running from one place to the next. I'll stop by the booth and then I've got a little 20 minute before where I have to pee, maybe grab some a handful of cheese. And then I got to be back to moderate the next panel. So occasionally I get the I'll be like I, I have to go I'm sorry and it'll be oh yeah no worries just take my money and oh, walk no. and I'm like oh god uh, what, what more do I how about a fucking handy before I go and then will it be alright that you gave me your two dollars well, a month since you offered <laughs> only if you use both hands uh, really everybody's very nice so thank you for, for donating um, get all these updates and more over on Twitter and Facebook uh, send your show ideas to Scott the Jew that's Scott at the Brewing Network.com and send your feedback to feedback at the All right, let me do some Adam and Eve stuff real quick. We can go. I got some new Adam and Eve action for you. Let me ask you a question, Scott. Are you getting enough? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that was the Great end of the radio. question. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. That was it. Was short. Are there multiple are you, answers to that? I mean, I, I can even see him shaking his head. I mean, I, I bet you like to get more, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Well, <laughs> well, AdamandEve.com wants to give you more with 10 free gifts. What? Yeah. We're, wow. We're, we've bumped it up to 10 whoa, gifts. It's a lot. Wow. Yeah. So first, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, you'll get a specially selected toy for him. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what kind of toys get used on dudes, but cool. And then third, um, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. And then you're going to get 
Not three. Not four. No. Not five. What? But six. That's wow. right. Six full-length wow. adult DVDs. This, are they? They're, they're wow. just pressing them for free these days. What I category? Guess. Oh. I don't even know how you can beat that. You right. can't. You guys want to play the genre game uh, from genres such as busty, lesbian. Good one. Bearded. <laughs> wow. Not, probably, not, as, not as good. Probably <laughs> not a as genre. Uh, cheerleaders. Yeah, that's definitely there. Big butts. That's there. Uh, voyeur. Uh, Bevo, you want to chime in? Bisexual. Bisexual. It's That's there, too. Six full-length adult movies on DVD. And then the 10th gift, free shipping on your entire order. So uh, what do you have to do to get 10 free gifts? You ask? Just go to adamneve.com and select any one item. Uh, it could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, anything you desire, and then enter coupon code BNARMY at checkout, as always. You'll get 10 free gifts. Go to adamneve.com today, select one item, get 10 free gifts, and free shipping into coupon code B-N-A-R-M-Y at adamandeve.com. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and drink more beer. What's the beer in my glass, by the way, before we do that? Uh, it's, uh, it's, we actually haven't released this yet. We're going to release it uh, at the grand opening of our Funkatorium, which is our, our barrel tasting room. Okay. Uh, but it's called Frembos Mort, and it's, uh, I mean, we can get into it, but it's... We're going to get into it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a raspberry beer. It's fantastic. All right. More with Wicked Weed Brewing Company when we come back. We're going to talk about this guy, this beer, and I think you got like five others for us, too. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. 
Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishev, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Session. 
Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. We've got Wicked Weed Brewing Company hanging out in the studio today, all the way from Asheville, North Carolina. That's you guys right. came to hang with us, which is pretty cool. That's it. We like in-studio guests. We get more beer out of it. We get to hang out. It's always more fun. Thanks for having us. I hear Asheville's taking off, you know. It's, it's a place to be. Yeah. It really is a place to be. It's, a, it's such a good time. I got to get there. Who was the first Highland there? Highland Brewing. How long have they been? Uh, they started 20 years. In, yeah, 1994. Wow. This was their 20th anniversary. So uh, Oscar Wong is the, the founder. And they started uh, their brewery in the basement of a restaurant. And actually, most of the brewing equipment's still there. It's Barley's Tap Room, downtown Asheville, because they can't get it out. There's like a 30 barrel horizontal just like it got, welded. It got in built that in the basement. Yep, it got built wow. in the basement. It's still there. there. It reminds me of Magnolia in San Francisco. I think oh, really? they built yep. that kit in there, and the only way they're going to get it out is if they cut it into pieces yeah. and haul it out. They they're never going to do it. They had to open a new uh, establishment. Yep. They want to do a span. They're yeah, like, yeah, new it. location. Yeah. I had uh, a Magnolia beer. Uh, they made a Imperial Bitter, which sounds... And they Now, Nathan, I see the smirk on your face, and they, they made the same smirk on their face when they told me That's about it. That's an awesome name, though, and, man. Come uh, on. Well, their idea was, you know, they love the English ales, and, and their whole thing was we want to try to make it um, an Imperial beer, but with the same character and the same balance as an actual English bitter. And they also had access to this really unique and, I think, small farm Maris Otter. And the beer is incredible. Yeah, they have like a, and I forget the whole story, but there's somebody who lives kind of around the corner who has a connection to a, a farm or a family that does this old school floor yeah. malting technique. And it's just this wonderful and this heirloom beer, variety of Maris Otter. And it's all about that Maris Otter. Wow. I went back for the beer twice. It, it's really awesome. It's a Maris Otter being killed in the, in the States? I think so. Wow. Although cool. don't quote me on that, but I do think so, yes. Yeah, some kind of really small batch, small lot. Yeah. stuff and wow. every time they make a beer with it and when i'm lucky enough to have it, it always they always showcase it well yeah it's amazing it's That'd very be, good yeah. just so you guys know when uh, dave McLean from magnolia was in here we talked about wicked weed the whole time <laughs> oh really yeah yeah, yeah. That's so right. it's we're just coming back around cool. we're, good. we're taking your we're just giving you his time back right. okay no that makes sense to me let's keep going do we have any magnolia uh, beer on out there <laughs> we might <laughs> magnolia where are they located again after that's gabf right. every time another beer or brewery comes up two second street no wait that's the other one we're gonna tell more stories uh, so how long have, has Wicked Weed been around? When did, when did you open? Oh, what, like 22 months ago, something like that? Yeah, we're still in the month stage. Yeah, we count uh, You months. know, it's like babies. Okay. Yeah. But, we, yeah, we opened in we, – our uh, official grand opening was December 28th, 2012. Okay. And it's your place? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, um, there's a total of eight – partners in the business is four couples so, okay oh that um, sounds like a terrible idea no it's so much fun are you kidding it's so much that's fun that's a four-way marriage you just entered into it is that's actually a category it, on adam work. and eve as well um, but, there's a uh, there's a local brewery opening up here in concord that came in and told me that same thing and i i was meeting them face to face for the first time and i just helped bit my tongue i did not yeah. say the same thing as i just said to you yeah so we have a really interesting um connection in our in our partnership uh as owners in that um so it's my brother and i so we're obviously related and then we've got um uh ryan guthy and his dad rick and rick was my dad's best friend growing up oh they played high school and college basketball together cool and then uh rick's brother married my dad's sister so wow. we have like now it's a, getting an weird. absurd amount, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. This so, is sounding like North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Well, we like to represent yeah. the South. I was waiting well. for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's very cool, actually. Though that means you've you've all known each other yeah. your whole lives. Yeah, we uh, grew up calling uh, Rick Uncle Rick. Okay, um, okay. So, so it's kind of a family business. Uh, very much. In, so. in, in this, this could sense. work. Yeah. yeah. This might yeah. this might be an exception to yeah. the, my rule. Although yeah. I see married couples blow up and smoke. You know, <laughs> it is not without challenges, but you know. Yeah. At least you know. At least you know you're working with. So that's good. Right. And is it? Just you two on on the brew side. Are you both the brewers then? So, yeah, Walt and I head up the brewing side of the business, but we are up to including us now. We have ten brewers. Okay, um, so we've got we've got quite the crew. Eric Leipolt, um, who came with me down from Dogfish Head, um, he's our production manager and really is like the feet on the ground. Walt and I just smoke cigars and kind of crack the wick now. No, no, that's not true at all. But yeah, we, yeah. Uh, but definitely, um, yeah, it's a dream. But uh, Walt and I are um, are you know kind of heading up. I'm heading up the clean side, and Walt's Walt's kind of heading up the sour side. Okay. So and Luke, you uh, you just mentioned Dogfish Head. Was that your first professional brewing gig? Uh, it was my first professional job in a brewery okay. i wasn't a brewer <laughs> okay. um so i uh i was into home brewing walt got me a homebrew kit for my 21st birthday nice and uh by the way what was that like four years ago you're 20 <laughs> yeah, how yeah, old no, are you guys? No, i'm 22 okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> now i'll be i'm i'm about to be 30 okay uh, and young guys i'm young, 33 walt's three years older okay so. justin right. thinks everyone's young nowadays <laughs> yeah well i mean we, we covered the Jesus. getting old part in the <laughs> yeah. first segment <laughs> what are you exactly. high schooler <laughs> yeah that's everybody who goes in here High school now. Oh my god. When the show used to be in my garage. <laughs> uh, you were still in high school. Uh all right. Yeah. But I worked at Dogfish Head uh for for about three years and um did tours. I was the head tour guide. Uh but in that I, I really got to dig into brewing. Um the the brew staff there was so, so awesome for giving information and I would trade my home brews, they tell me how to make it better. And um and then I started asking if I could help out at the uh the small pub. They've got a, they used to have a five barrel system, now they have like a state of the art three barrel system. Okay. Uh the five barrel was like this old piece of junk dairy tank and stuff. But I got to go brew um kind of like our entire sour there. program. Yeah, kinda like the whole sour program. <laughs> So I got to brew like six times down there and um, actually, you know, got to brew my first batch of all grain beer with Sam at Dogfish, which is kind of a ridiculous thing to be able to say. So, yeah, uh, I had some really cool opportunities up there. Um, and that was definitely the inspiration for like, all right, now I want to go up in my own thing and do okay. it, you know. And so. brew with ingredients from every planet, every continent on Earth, <laughs> yeah. and put in airplane parts and everything else. That all came from dogfish, I assume. Yes. Uh, yeah, it is. That is <laughs> yep. <it>. IPA <laughs> with a propeller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So when you left uh, Dogfish, what was your next endeavor? So I left Dogfish Head actually to go open up a nano brewery. At the time, there was about 20 nano breweries in the uh, country. Okay. Um, this was 2009. Um, and I, I came across, um, uh, you know, a few different blogs and stuff. I was like, oh, you know, this seems like something I could do. You know, raise maybe 40 grand and, and open something up. And yeah. um, I had never run a business. And at this point, I, I started calling my brother up. And was like, hey, you know, I want to do this. And he's like, oh, that's cool. He, he had a gutter clean business, uh, rock climber and stuff. And Okay. So you weren't a, a professional brewer at this time. You were a home brewer. No, I was a pretty avid home brewer. Okay. You know, really since my kind of early 20s. And so Luke and I were talking back and forth, and Luke was getting pretty fired up. Like, I want to open a nano brewery. It's going to be awesome. And I was like, so how many hours a week are you going to have to work to make that happen? And he, he started sharing numbers. And so I basically I convinced him not to open a nano brewery because I 
like he was going to have to work full time. Yeah, and then and work full time again, yeah. just so he could maybe scratch by, potentially so, right. pay rent. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was neat because it was through this process where I'm sharing information back and forth with Walt, and he's he's kind of guiding me on why not to do this thing. Okay, that he he kind of was like, well, shit, you know, this actually this sounds like kind of a cool thing to do. Let's let's do it together. Okay, and so at that point we kind of joined forces as it were and. And dove in and and decided to do it, you know, for real. And so, uh, Walt, you had your own business at, the, at this this gutter cleaning business, and I, I heard a rumor that you were like a gnarly rock climber for a long time or something. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I climbed a lot. Okay, so I used to. He's being modest. He's, he was a badass. Yeah, uh, that's what yeah. I. He that's climbed, the rumor I heard. So he climbed El Cap and Half Dome for you rock yep. climbers out there. Yeah, El Cap and Half Dome in less than 24 hours. Wow. That's incredible. That it takes incredible. people that like horrible. a week to do. <laughs> That's 3,000 feet for El Cap and 2,500 feet for Half Dome. That, those kind are the ones where you insane. see the people like they put out right. the cot that's, that's yeah, like it. six inches wide and they sleep there for the night. Yeah, I've portal climbed Half Dome <laughs> so twice well. and it took a long time. Wow. <laughs> that, half the point of going to somewhere like Half Dome is you can enjoy the view. You're just like up and down, and you're out of there. Yeah. Well, that's the challenge when you're rock climbing, though, right? It's 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 getting up fast, isn't it? Well, I think it just depends. I mean, there or was not a, dying. Well, is it's just called, it's called speed climbing is what I got really into in my early twenties. So it's okay. about how fast can you climb these really? In, I mean, those are the biggest granite monoliths in the world, and it's really weird to be talking about climbing on a beer well, show right now. I I'm just, just throw it, that out there. Everybody's <laughs> personality comes from somewhere, and I think it's interesting just where everybody comes from. No, and to I mean, find out, and we haven't had a, like for example, when Mark Carpenter from Anchor came in here and told us that all that he does in his spare time is skydive. I found it fascinating. Yeah, so, and ride horses. And ride horses right. and skydive. That's all we talked to him about. Yeah, so, well, uh, you know, it's interesting. There's 3,100 breweries now. Right, officially yeah. in the U.S., there are so many different varieties of people out there. Yeah, and I, I was telling Walt actually on the plane over here, I was like, you know, your climbing has done us pretty well because uh, on our original trip when we finally got the the Guthies on board, Rick and Ryan, okay, uh, and Denise, and and uh, we basically Walt. Myself and Ryan, who we call Ryan the Pounder, um, flew yeah. out to uh, the, the West Coast and did a research trip. We okay. went to 13 breweries in six days and met with as many owners as we could. And the last night, we ended up at Russian River, as you know, as you should on the last night. Of course. And uh, we, go, we go up there, and we're drinking beer in, in the tap room. And I go to, the, go to the restroom, and on my way to the restroom, I see Vinny and Adam Avery. Oh, yeah. And they're hanging out. And so I go back and I grab these guys and I say, hey, we got to go meet these guys. Yeah. And Adam Avery is a huge rock climber. Okay. So we ended up hitting up with them, not because we were starting a brewery, but because ah, Walt's a rock climber. It was your pickup line. Yeah. Yeah, baby. It was. <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey. Do you climb? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I noticed bro. You have, I noticed you have nubby knuckles. I like yeah. big rocks. Yeah. yeah. You like big rocks? I, 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 I know big rocks. <laughs> so you guys, uh, you end up hitting it off and getting to talk beer for... Uh, oh, yeah. They took yeah. such good care of us. Yeah. It, was, it was a good time. Yeah, but it was really... It was in that moment. We Up till that point, we had been thinking, you know, we'll open like a seven-barrel... Um, Seven barrel system, probably. And yeah, pretty common w- way to think about yeah. starting small. Yeah, and um, and after the conversation with Vinny and Adam, uh, they were like, "Don't do it, man. Don't do a seven barrel. You're gonna regret it. Get the biggest system you can get." 
And yeah. we ended up getting a 15 barrel system because of that conversation. Excellent. So, and thank God we did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. You were at we're capacity on week two with a yeah. seven barrel. Yeah. Right, so. Yeah. Well, we were at capacity at like week three with a 15. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there is still that point where you, I guess usually the best advice is get the biggest one you can afford, right? Yes. Is what they yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Going yeah. from 15 to a 30 is just a whole other uh, thing. You so. know, and, the, and I mean, I know there's, a, there's like a thousand breweries in planning, and I mean, the price difference between a a seven barrel and a fifteen barrel, mm-hmm. you know, up front the brew house is it's not that big of a difference. Okay, I mean it it is, but in the long run, it's really not. Yeah. You know, it's not like twice the price. Okay. It is when you you're know, opening your brewery. You know, like I, I get how it hurts. That yeah, it hurts, but it's so worth for people. If you're out there, you're gonna open a brewery. Yeah, go go a little bigger because you'll always need it, and it doesn't hurt. And if you can if you can make the money happen. It'll pay itself back. Is it a yeah. two-vessel brew house? Yeah, two-vessel. Two vessel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have a mash lotter combo and then a, um, a kettle. Okay. So. Kettle World. Kettle World. Yeah, World. yeah. yeah we went specific okay. mechanical, which was a really great decision, too, and um, ended up doing all new equipment, largely because okay. you know the used equipment market's so intense right now. Sure. It seems like it's actually gotten better because a lot of people are expanding and stuff's coming back on the market. But when we were looking, I mean, we, it was literally 10% difference, and I didn't know what I was going to get, and I was going to have a Frankenstein system. So Luke and I just kind of decided. Yeah, we got to kind of yeah. you know learn some things. Like we went to um, the hub uh, in Portland, and uh, right Portland, yeah, yeah. Uh, we went there, and they had this really cool because they make some really nice hoppy beer. They had a, a port uh, on their mash, or sorry, their their kettle whirlpool about a quarter way up the kettle to start pulling off wort early, mm. so that gives your your troop pack more time to settle. Oh yeah. So, so yeah. we we picked up all sorts of things on that on that equipment trip and we added that to our system and you great know, idea. So, yeah. yeah, great idea. Yeah. And it's fantastic for for that two vessel setup. It's yeah. great. So yeah. And for those starting out to go do a brewery tour like that where you're not just going and, and getting drunk, but you're looking at equipment, you're finding out how people are using equipment. Because equipment is sort of essentially the same. However, yeah. everyone's using it in, in a slightly different way. So you kind of piece together, you know, what what you want. You know, back to the sizing thing. I mean, you have to. You know, beer making is a volume business, and uh, mm-hmm. you got several partners going. So you you need to you know be able to make a lot of beer. What's your fermentation profile like? Do you have like thirty barrel fermenters, or you got some fifteens left over from the beginning? Where are you at? Yeah, we started with what was it, Luke? It was six, five, six, five yeah. 15s and one thirty, right? right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So basically, we we have a couple. We have a few thirties now, but when we started. Uh, we we built a brewery to be a pub. Like we didn't build it to be a production sure. brewery. That so was your right, business plan? Yeah, like our goal was to put you know a to exhibit kind of the creativity of the home brewing scene and like where we came from. Sure. So like right now we got twenty nine beers on tap at the pub and we write new recipes every week, which is really fun. And for us to do that, it meant a lot of smaller fermenters, so a lot of single batches. But then we have a thirty for our double IPA, which is you know it's we do about a barrel and a half of that a day at the pub. So it really. So if we didn't have a thirty, we'd be dying. Yeah. Basically, you've got to be kegging it all. You can't have no. 30, we have serving. We do serving tanks. Serving tanks. Thirty yeah. serving tanks. Yeah. Uh, no. 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 We, one, no. We, have, we do not have thirty <laughs> serving. We have no, one thirty barrel. That would be I thought we were awesome. talking about barrels uh, right then. Yeah. It's like yes, we have no, thirty serving do, tanks. What we do, we have ten serving tanks. Um, one is a thirty barrel serving tank, and what we do, we'll, we'll basically go into the serving tank, and when we get down to about four or five barrels left in the tank, then we'll keg that off, so we can get another beer in there. So we have, you know, down we have two two stories to our restaurant, and um, nice. upstairs we've got uh, sixteen seventeen seventeen beers on top. Thanks, and then downstairs we have thirty. That's um, great. Yeah, that's really so nice. two separate areas. That's really fantastic. Yeah, yeah we we see. Um, 
you know, when we're full, we're 500 person capacity. Wow. So it's a, wow, that's it's a big place. Was yeah. it, uh, what was it before you got the building? It was actually an old, um, it was an old golf pride station back in the 1930s. So it's just this big, wide open, um, really cool old brick building with a lot of history to it. Cause it was built the same time as everything in Asheville around the Vanderbilt movement thing when they were building the Biltmore house. Hmm. Um, so really beautiful building, but then it has these giant garage doors everywhere, big high ceilings, uh, lots of concrete yeah. upstairs, downstairs. We actually got a, lo- a loading dock in the back, which makes it really helpful because we-, we are going through so much malt. Now we're getting silo fills at the pub. So okay, yeah. uh, it's the pub's pretty funny. I mean, it's literally just like we're crapping stainless out of every nook <laughs> yeah. and cranny. Well, you know, you said like that our business plan was for a pub. Well, like any good yeah. business plan, it goes out the window like two <laughs> well, weeks yes, in. You know? yeah. So, yeah. Uh, That's yeah. why we didn't even write one. Like literally, we, <laughs> good call. Literally good we, call. we opened yeah. and then I was on the phone with every supplier trying to find tanks like the next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I tell people, I talk to me a lot about starting breweries and I always say, like, if you believe in your product, I mean, really, if you're going to make good beer, you're going to sell a lot of it, right? You're yeah. make a lot of it. You know? Yeah. yeah. D- did you start out with that whole building to yourself? We did. Or, yeah. Because that's pretty ambitious. I'm going to open up a 500-seat brew pub. No kidding. So That's where was, that rock climbing thing comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah. It's like, go, go for big, it, right? Yeah, right. It was, it was pretty nuts. I mean, the the eight months of construction, it was kind of every day was a little bit more of a chance to wrap our heads around what the hell we were doing because we had a good plan but it was it was bigger than either walter i think ever hoped for or thought that our brewery and restaurant would be so when we got up and going uh yeah we were terrified terrified. did anybody have experience on that construction side and and yeah we brought in a um a great construction company to do it yeah i mean you don't want to see me well, I didn't mean that, but even then, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made, and, and they mm-hmm. have to be made when you, you don't really see what's happening in front of you. It's all on paper, or it looks like a shitty brick wall, uh, and, and sometimes it, it, you know that's hard for someone to do if you haven't – I'm speaking about myself, too, in the process of building this – when you can't see it or when you haven't done it before. Yeah, thankfully, um, Walt has a great eye for that stuff, Okay, and so does um, Rick's wife, Denise. Um, the two of them kind of made – our place look awesome excellent together excellent. Um, yeah i think a good team does make all the difference i do always totally. make fun of partners because you hear so many horror stories but i also believe that a that a great team you know you have to bring different oh there's no way there's no way we would yeah. be doing yeah. you know anything like what what we have without without the different personalities you know i mean yeah. just my brother and i you know i i sum it up best by like saying uh yeah so my brother rock climbs and i play golf so you know it's like <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah well know. one of you is stupid yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so you figure out which one were you guys just uh looking for a smaller place and then you found that and you were like well it's bigger than we anticipated but this is perfect like how'd that go well what actually happened was so luke and i had decided okay we're gonna open a brewery and we, we thought a brew pub was the right format for us because we didn't want to be honed into just some flagships. Uh, one of our big goals was, like, we're going to have one flag. It'll be the double IPA, you know, like a dry West Coast-style double IPA that's not really made out here. And then everything else is just going to be, like, whatever we want to make. So we were, we were actually looking at Chattanooga, Tennessee, which I still think is, like, a really amazing potential for a great craft beer market just because of the demographic there. Um, so we were looking there. We actually had a partner lined up, a space we were ready to go into it. We were going to open a pretty packed-in little seven-barrel and uh, you know a smaller joint. And we brought the Guthies down uh, as just an investing partner and said, "Hey, you know, we're looking to raise about the rest, the other half of the money." And we sat down, did a paired dinner with the chef, 
And, you know, they were kind of blown away with, with the quality of the beer and the experience with the food and what we were pitching as far as the concept. So by the end of it, uh, it was kind of funny, actually. Rick and Ryan were like, you know, they were, they're also like 15 beers deep, right? But they're like, yeah, let's do this. You know, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Chattanooga, boom, we're going. And then Denise, you could tell she was a little off. So like three days later, she calls me and says, look, Walt, Luke, we really want to do this, but we only want to do it if it's in Asheville. We're invested in Asheville. We've been here forever. We love this town. Yeah. We will pay for everything if you'll just come to Asheville and do it in Asheville with us. So sounds like a big, so we pretty say, good yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's our home. Right. So yeah. We, okay. we yeah we all grew up in Asheville. And I also so. feel like it's important to open your first one where you know what the fuck is happening. Yeah. You know the community. Yeah. You know what they want. You know yeah. you. It's because you know what you want, and you're part of the community, right? Yeah. So that I think that was a smart move. Totally. And and to answer, I, I forget who asked the question about like you know where we expecting to be in such a big spot. We really got the spot because it's right next to the Orange Peel, which is the music venue in. Asheville, and wow. so they like the back of the orange peel. When people go out to smoke, the big like outdoor, it's it's looking like on our back patio and okay. stuff. Okay, so it's it's a pretty awesome. It sounds like you guys have the perfect location yeah. for it's what a, you're it's doing. It's a no badass kidding. little spot. It's yeah. literally perfect. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. really, like outdoor seating, front, more. back. I mean, we just it was it was really funny because we were we were fighting with like three other people to get this building. Yeah, and the people that own the orange peel actually own the building that we've now purchased from them, but okay. they owned it at the time. So they're pretty picky about what they wanted. So it was like a two-month wooing, like pitching them, right. slinging them lots beer. Lots of homebrew. Lots of take. Yeah. Come on, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then they take them rock climbing, yeah. oh, no, loosen was, yeah. the rope a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got you. Sign, Sign it. Sign it out. <laughs> Don't worry. Wow. Well, so good a, for you guys. Yeah, that sounds it's, it's cool. amazing. So on a busy Saturday, you mentioned like a barrel and a half of IPA, double IPA on a normal day. How much beer are you selling over the bar? We, um, it'll, be almost, it'll be a million pints this year. Wow. Yeah. And on concert nights, it in must one just be day? nuts in there. Nuts. No, yes. not in a day. That would be great, though. Uh, no, <laughs> we'll, we'll go through about um, 15 barrels, 15, 20 barrels on a, on a busy Saturday, though. So we go through a lot of beer. That's really a lot of That's beer. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah, it's cool. Tell us about this beer. We were talking about it just before the break, and you, I guess you said you haven't even released it yet, right? Yeah, so this is uh, this is the only beer we brought that we hadn't released yet, and, and it just really, we thought it was a good beer to kind of, if you guys want to get a little nerdy and talk process for us, um, so it's called Frembo Smart. It'll be available this Friday at our grand opening of the Funkatorium, which uh, the Funkatorium is our, our barrel house, and really it's what we've kind of termed our barrel program. It's a separate brewery at this point in that you know we're we're doing things that you know kind of like Jay's doing at Rare Barrel or or Chad, where we're producing wort offsite, but then all the fermentation, blending, barrel aging, all that's happening at another brewery that's basically three blocks down the road. And up till now, we've just been producing beer out of it. But we haven't actually had a chance to bring people into the space and let them see the barrel program. Uh, and for those of you in the Bay Area, I mean, it really does. It feels and looks a lot like the rare barrel setup. It's about the same size. Uh, now we've got the tasting room there. So it's finally going to open. And, and this is a beer that we're going to release there. And so this beer, um, this is where I was saying we get a little nerdy on process stuff. So the way we make our sour beer is uh, we, have, we make a beer um, called Cassette. And she's... Uh, She's like a 5% uh, blonde sour, 70% pills, 30% wheat, uh, and then 100% Brett fermented. And then we'll, we'll take old barrels of her and blend it back into, into the base beer, and then that goes back into barrels. So we've got about 15 20% of our total cooperage is full of cassette. Okay. And so as I'm tasting and Luke and I are tasting and blending cassette forward, which we use as kind of the mother that holds our, our bacterial strain 
um, or kind of the, the culture, right? That's where we're blending forward in kind of a modified Solera thing, inoculating every batch that comes out of, out of the program to sour it in the barrels. Okay. Um, we'll kind of pick and choose a few barrels we really like and let them age longer. Um, and so this is a blend of five to 12 month barrels, uh, back on to two pounds per gallon of fresh local raspberries. And then we just let that referment on in steel for about two months, uh, and then pull it out. So, you know, really we got back from our trip to Belgium and we're just like, man, our fruit beers are not fruity enough. Oh, so yeah. this was our attempt at making a fruitier fruit beer. It's very fruity, yet it has the incredibly dry, almost exclusive to Belgian brewers character of their fruity beers. So you get a lot of tartness, um, but not, not a lot of sweet, which is hard to do. I think you get it in Cantillon, you get it in Russian river beer. Uh, Absolutely. I get it in Jester King's beer. They gave me a framboise that was just incredible. Um, but the ones in general that tend to be that dry do not tend to be that fruity, like I think you maybe were pointing out about your own before this. Yeah, just more fruit. Yeah. That, is that really <laughs> yeah, the difference? So it was, Add more fruit. You know, it was like a great – I remember an interview with, with Tasty a long time ago, and you are talking about like – Adding adding hops to your beer and filtering. He's yeah. like, well, if your beer's not hoppy enough, just add more hops. <laughs> I mean, same yeah. thing with fruit beer. Very simple. If it's not fruit, add more fruit. You had to press pause and write yeah. it down. Yeah. Yeah. What but was that again? It's, um, you know, this, I, I believe this is the most expensive beer we've ever made. Okay. Is this framboise. So, I mean, it, it's not without consequence when yeah. you want to do beer like that. But it's worth it for the flavor that comes out. And then, you what's, know. Just quickly, sorry. What's most expensive? Is it literally the fruit? The fruit. It yeah, is. the fruit. That's was, the one component that's yeah. the most expensive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the fruit was probably twice the total energy and ingredients of the beer. Okay. Yeah, and that's the thing that's not accounted for is the energy it takes. You know, we've got our brewers. And when you get fresh fruit in, you have to process it. You know, we don't have a processing plant. It's it's our brewers with like a Blendtech 2000, you uh, know, yeah. like sitting down and, and blending the stuff. So. so so you put the fruit in a blender. It wasn't just thrown whole well, raspberries. Well, what we do is we actually have this big, um, the way we do, we have a big immersion blender. And so we just kind of macerate it. So just really breaking it up. Um, the raspberry is not so much. We did a, a we we're, we have a peach sour too um, called Perzik Mort. Um, that was a little more. Yeah, flavor in terms because you got to deep hit every single right. one, and yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, we usually just use it to break it up a little. We're not doing it on full fruit right now, which I think is something we've talked about playing with some. But um, just because of our process, it, we're getting quicker, more com- like total fruit flavor by just having more surface area, kind of. So, so it's theory. not even quite a puree; it's literally no. just macerating. It's chunky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Chunky. Yeah. Yep. And then that goes into each barrel. No, it goes into steel. So we ah. barrel age the beer. Um, it's actually a beer very similar to Genesis, which which we'll talk about in a minute. You guys, okay. some of you guys have it in glass already, um, and basically that's aged out, and then we're blending that blonde sour back onto all the fruit, and then we let that sit in stainless. So we got a 15 barrel that's kind of allotted for fruiting beers. Okay. So we just kind of set it and forget it, you know, and then come you know taste it, and when we feel like the fermentation's finished, and and again you were saying dry, this beer's uh, you know. One, uh, it's like 1.000. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Is that common that people will let use stainless steel to set it and forget it? I thought that's normally used for like the so, last part or the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't think it's that common. Okay. Um, well, it is for Cantillon. It, yeah, mm-hmm. Cantillon mm-hmm. is doing it for sure, but it's... Um, well, remember that the beer is in barrels, right? I mean, you have to inoculate the barrels with the fruit. Yeah. Okay. So it's much it's, easier it's, to take it... Yeah, it's only in stainless while the fruit's with the beer. Well, the right. fruit's with the beer, correct, right. yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, so it's already a, it's already a complete blonde sour. Like it's done, it's ready. You could yeah. drink it. You but, can bottle it yeah. exactly. But then we blend it back onto the fruit, and once it hits the fruit, you know, you obviously have residual sugar in the fruit. So, you know, the the goal is just dry, right? You know, dry is what we're about at this brewery, and and so we want to make sure it has plenty of time on the fruit to absorb all that color, get that flavor out, really dry it out, and then it's stable in the package. And at least the beer we envisioned it to be, which was like you were saying. I mean, we love those. Those beers when we when we go over and, and drink you know yeah I mean Cantillon we can say it all everybody, day like yeah, everybody exactly, right I yeah. mean but there's so many other great lambic breweries but you know what he does with fruit is spectacular and so yeah. it was just this is a you know first attempt at hopefully a, a long range of fruit beers we'll be doing over over the years I hope so it's it's great do your bottles um, leave North Carolina not right now okay not right now we're we're all in North Carolina um, you know this year we're going to in our sour beer program. Uh, we're going to produce about 1,500 barrels of beer, but we're not selling all of it because it takes time. Uh, last year, we produced about 700. So um, so our, I think we will send out to the market about 800 barrels this year. Hopefully, next year, we'll be sending out about 1,500 barrels. And you start um, to just catch up over time. Yeah, and, yeah. and the, thought has, the thought's there to get it outside of the state for sure. Okay. Um, but we're not doing it yet. Yeah. Well, they're so popular now, and so a local brewery who's clearly doing well selling your beer already, then you start selling amazing sour beer. The more you make, the more people buy locally. So you really are sort of chasing. Uh, it just keeps getting farther. farther. Yeah. Like you, I, I, Jester King's an example of that for us. Sure. I mean, I love their beer, and they do distribute elsewhere, but they're becoming so popular in Texas because everyone wants mm-hmm. that in, in what you guys are serving the bottle, too. They can't get rid of it yeah. outside of state. So, yeah. Yeah. You get questions on a daily basis about the sour program. If people walk in and, and want to know when is it going to be ready, when is it going to be open, that kind of thing. You mean the Funkatorium? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because we, we really thought it, you know, permitting. I don't know if you guys, did you deal with permits here at this place? Was oh, that an issue for you yeah. ever? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Don't start Scott on permits. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we had a we similar. Should, we can talk about that. Yeah, we can all cry after, about it later. After we're yeah. done on yes. the air. Uh, it might be too much. Cur- like, literally, it might be too much. It was six months for us. But you're at the home so, stretch. Six I mean, months, it's opening. Yeah. Oh, we're good now. We're soft opening tomorrow. So, yeah, opening Friday. Very excited. That's excellent. Yeah, we open Friday, which is just we're we're stoked. I mean, it's cool. We're gonna have sixteen sour and Brett beers on tap. Wow! And two, all the time. That's the plan. That's the plan. We have okay. we have um, we have eighteen tap. No, I'm sorry. We got two handfuls for so we're oh, doing right. single barrel. Four, yeah, sixteen. Gosh, I still can't figure it out. Sixteen sour and Brett beers and two non sour beers okay. on tap. There we go. Very nice. I got it. Yeah. And but, then two yeah. handfuls with. Uh, we're going to do one of the things I love about being in Belgium. Uh, and the whole thing with this, we want it to be like an authentic Belgian feeling experience. So okay. our chef even, you know, it'll be a lot of uh, European feeling, you know, charcuterie and cheeses and uh, like the baguette sandwiches wrapped, you know, things like that you get in Belgium. We just want it to have that feel. And one of the things I love is drinking Lambic straight, you know, in Belgium from the cask. And one of the cool experiences I had was hanging out with Armand at uh, Dre Fontaine and, and picking the barrel that he was going to you know, pull and single, basically single barrel keg it off to serve on cask at the restaurant. And, you know, they're so beautiful like that. And you have those moments when you're blending and you find a barrel that's just balanced. The Brett character is maybe more exotic than you find in your finished blend because it's, it's at that de- developmental process. Yeah. And like being able to pick that and share that moment is really cool. So we wanted to be able to do that um, with the program too and just kind of pay homage to that whole experience over there, which is so special. Like a very low carbonated, almost no carbonated. Hand yep. pump style, exactly. Single just cask, straight, straight lambic. Yeah, yeah served nice. a little colder than like 
you'd think right. of English cask beer because that's how they do it there. But yeah, I t- they, traditionally they actually they don't. There's no. I mean, they would never add sugar to their beer at that point. You know, so not like a Faro, like Grand Cru Bichello or like um, Dojol or something like that. Mm. Yeah. And awesome. how far from the from the brewery is the new? It's about four blocks. Okay, so it's really close. That's very um, cool. I mean, because right now, the, you know, with our sour program. We we brew the beer on the same brew house we're making all the other beer, but we have a hard pipe through the wall to the building behind us, which is where we ferment the sour beer. Okay, so it hard pipes over there, it ferments, and then um, and then we truck the beer over to the barrel house. We, we're uh, we're actually in transition right now. We're moving all of like the cellars, the post fermentation uh, stainless steel over there but so we're gonna put a uh it's gonna be cool it's gonna be like a little fermenter on wheels we're gonna get this uh 30 barrel um tank and put it on a trailer and basically fill that up and drive around a lot like what rare barrel does yep you know, okay so yeah yeah it's very it's almost identical to how they're making their beer the only difference is we bring our beer back to package right now and that's what we're changing i see because like everything we've done up yeah. till now basically is the exact same function as that except we own the brew house okay whereas Going forward, uh, we'll be able to just send it one way, and it never comes back. And you which don't I'm really have to excited about stand it. in the parking lot and fill up barrels. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, was, I remember like individually dosing. I think I, it was. I think no, it wasn't this because this was the first hundred percent Brett beer. <laughs> but I remember like standing in the parking lot and like measuring and dosing like Brett into each barrel. Yeah. To, <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you do it there? And, and I when just, you got I just back sat to the there building. and laughed. Well, this is before there I had was no building. There was no building. Yeah, there was no building yet. Yeah. Yeah. So the barrels just sat in the parking lot. Uh, no, they, he let him. He let me bring them back in after they were filled. No, and no. sterilized. No, we uh, we went to we had um, no. The- no, we didn't. Do that. No, we didn't do that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we did not no. do whatever you think we did. <laughs> we'll cut that out in post. All right. I got to get us to a break, but before I want to talk about the beer in our glass now. So yeah. uh, you mentioned, is this the one that you're saying is kind of the the, the mothership beer? It's like it's like it. Okay. It, uh, it just in in like I was just trying to give an example of color okay. and, and profile. Got it. Uh, so this is a blonde sour, a little higher in ABV, but the grist is almost identical. Uh, Luke and I both love wine, also. Um, mm-hmm. So um, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc is a is a really cool wine, and it, it was something we kind of thought would be nice to emulate in a beer so we took a blonde sour uh hit it with guava pineapple mango and papaya in, in a small amount really just kind of accent the tropical fruit nature and then this was actually aged in uh fry chrono sauvignon blanc barrels um so really again this is a, a softer acidity really just trying to emulate a lot of wine character um yeah just you know kind of a our, our idea of a kind of a little twist on a blonde sour i think sauvignon blanc's a great comparison to this beer oh yeah definitely yeah and this was first used after the wine kind of barrels mm-hmm. okay yeah, these were all first used. We've actually, it's probably going to not be able to continue to be made in Sauvignon Blanc barrels, um, which we've actually done some trials in uh, neutral red wine and, and like the character maybe a little bit more even. And it's also, it's getting really difficult for us to find uh, Sauvignon Blanc barrels. We just actually just had a, a killer score of like 100 Sauvignon Blanc barrels, which may never happen again. But this one, is, so this is kind of the other direction of how we use fruit in our in our uh, sour beers in that, you know, the, the raspberry, the framboise that you just had was uh, fruited after the souring happened. This one is fruited before hmm. the souring happened. So this goes in um, basically when we blend uh, cassette, our, our souring uh, beer back in to inoculate, we're adding the fruit at that point. So this is kind of, you know, and you can see where the difference is. This is much more subtle when it comes to the fruit flavor in the beer. Yep. But it's adding that touch of complexity, which gives it that kind of more, you know, wine wine sort of 
feel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's has, great. It's has body to it. Tremendous. Where are you guys learning these techniques? Is this trial and error from, from home brewing to now? or? Uh, well, we listened to a show called The Brewing Network. Excellent. Uh, for a long time. <laughs> Excellent. Where then, you learned so, that if so you want So where did you learn your stuff? We know you listen yeah. to The Brewing yeah. Network. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Well, I think it was, uh, you know, I think Jay kind of mentioned it in his interview, and I, was, I talked to him about the same thing, is that, you know, being a younger sour brewer, uh, or a sour brewer in general, I mean, I can't even imagine what, like, Vinny and all those guys were doing, trying to figure it out before <laughs> they even had, I mean, we used them as a resource. Um, but really, you had wild brews and random interviews to try and figure it out, and then a little bit of, like, Flubbing around as a home brewer on my side. I mean, Jay had a lot of experience, obviously, at, at uh, the brewery. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of just Luke and I kind of taking a uh, process that we developed, uh, looking at things we do on the clean side. Uh, we do a lot of weird, again, you said throwing pro- propellers in the, in the beer or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And we definitely have, have adapted a lot of dogfish feel to some of the things we do at the brewery. Um, so taking those processes and then, like, cross-referencing that with the interviews we've heard and the, and the books we've read, just, you know... Making sour beer is it's not a straight line. You know, you're getting from point A to point B. Yeah. But you I mean, there's a hundred different ways to make sour beer because you're using so many different yeasts, so many different bacterias, and your process can really change. So it's really about and also the region, where where are you? You know, I mean again, I mean, we brought up Jay a few times, I know he's on your show, but he has perfect climate there in Berkeley to do this. You know, I'm in the yeah. south. We've got a we just you know, we invested in a 12,000 square foot warehouse that's climate controlled so I can keep it at 65 degrees year round. Um, those are the challenges you face in doing a program like this. And so you really just got to find what works for you and then, you know, keep playing with it. I mean, a lot of this, our first year is kind of throwing it at the wall, seeing what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. It's been anything but anything but a straight line. Okay. You know, I mean, uh, anything but the same either. You know, I, it's, it helps that my brother's exceptionally ADD, and uh, it always know, helps. It really <laughs> helps. And yeah. But uh, squirrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it's good because you know there's um, there's always room to improve. So with that, you know, we're we're constantly testing and trying. And it was it was actually really cool today hanging out with Jay and and we had some conversations where that it was it was very reassuring that we're all kind of going through the same thing. Yeah. It was sour beer right now they're 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 kind of constantly trying new tactics and um it's cool but we we've also been lucky you know with new belgium um sierra these guys coming to the area we have an amazing resource for information um in our in our area in Asheville. yeah lauren's been extremely helpful yeah a lot of a lot of questions early on went went to her and she's uh, she's become a really good friend of ours and has been Excellent. really and she's, and she's like that really for everybody. I mean, she's like she kind is. of the sour mama out there just taking care of all us, you know, <laughs> right. young kids who don't know she what we're doing. She wants it to work out for everybody. <laughs> I mean, her goal is, you know, yeah. great sour beer on every tap. I mean, that's yeah. what Lawfully is about. I mean, they just doubled their wood cellar. I don't know if you guys have been there, but God damn, that's a big wood cellar. <laughs> is it really? It's so badass. I got to go see it. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 I guess I just asked, too, because it still surprised me that there's so many um, – a GABF is always a warning for this for me. There's still so many bad ones with some very common mistakes. And I, I think they are, they're just very common. They're being made over and over. So I always ask how you learn to do it because you're not making those mistakes. Oxidation is one of the mm-hmm. biggest, you know, those very cardboardy beers that you could tell that at one point this spear was probably really had a great start. <laughs> probably was really on the road to being a wonderful sour. And then some of the techniques in the process just weren't done right. Uh, and that's just one example that's very common. Um, I, I think there are other ones, too, where you're getting not necessarily the sour characters you want and instead getting a little on the acidic vinegary side. Yeah, that's the big one. Acetone can be a big acetone problem. Too, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, are you using a wine thief and, and 
stabbing your pellicle every other week, you know, you're going <laughs> to ruin your beer that way. Yeah. But, um, but I think it's also, it's so important that, that you don't fear dumping beer either, mm. you know, as a brewery, it's, it's the worst feeling in the world when you have a batch that doesn't come out the way you want it. But, but when it, it's Better not worth market, it, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's not worth somebody tasting that beer. Would you put that food out at your restaurant? You know, if, exactly. it, if it was yeah, root food, you probably wouldn't. There are restaurants that do. They go out of business. At yeah. some point, you're not yeah. going to blend that away. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just not going to work. Give up on it. Yeah. yeah. Right? You know, you have to have that good palate. That's the big driving of any good yeah. sour program. Somebody who knows whether something's going to work or not. You know, and the, and the brewers that, that craft brewers, we don't do it so much anymore, like to make fun of the big guys, right? So you're a small craft brewer, and you're like, yeah, f that Coors or whatever else. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my own. But then you don't dump bad beer. You're not doing quality control. Coors would never put out a bad beer. They would dump every ounce of it. They would never put out a beer that didn't taste exactly how they intended it to taste. And so take a cue from that too. Take a cue from even the the, the Goliath in the room would never put out a bad. Yeah, there are people on the tasting panel. They taste every morning and probably tell if it's up. In acetaldehyde by like 10 ppm or something, right? <laughs> yeah. And then that, Without that, even the machine. Yeah, That's exactly. the person's palate. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, that one will get the scrutiny that day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it's a really great point. I mean, when you're talking about, it was kind of like CBC, a lot of the talk was about new people opening breweries because it's happening so fast right now. And, and that's a really good one is just remembering that when you do open a brewery, that that really matters. Like that first impression is so important. And yeah. don't, you know, just make good beer. Like sacrifice what you have to if you're not ready. Don't do it, yeah. you know, and just be committed to putting out good product. And if we all do that, then craft beer is going to keep growing and booming. If we don't do it, then we're just going to, co- you know, we're going to turn people off from yeah. the brands. And, and now all of a sudden craft beer is not growing like a freight train. You know, it's slowed down. And I think we're all enjoying that right now. So let's keep it going. Yeah. yeah. And frankly, we're not even talking about reinventing the wheel here. Any successful business is like this. Like I mentioned, a restaurant. You're not going to open a restaurant and put out shitty food and stay open. It's just not going to happen. Uh, Hyundai. Used to put out the worst car on planet Earth, and they literally, I think, went out of business. And it wasn't until they remade their car. Now look at them; they're doing great. It's any. It's think of it as a business, and any ours happens to be more fun. It's a little sexier because it's beer right now. But if you're opening a beer business and you're not thinking of it like any other business and putting out quality, yeah, you're in trouble. Or more so, I'm in trouble because I go to your booth at JBF. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, our our restaurant is uh, our. Are two things that we're most focused on is quality and creativity, and what whatever that we're doing, it needs to follow those two two sort of avenues. And uh, you know, you go into our restaurant, and it's it's cool. I mean, actually, your your place is awesome. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it here today. But um, a lot of the same thing, where it's like let's let's think outside the box a little bit, and then let's execute it properly. Yeah. You know, so we've we've made tons of different beers and. Um, when we're going after those beers, it's, it's every single time quality and creativity. Yeah. And if you do that, you know, that it's, it's, that's what makes craft beer great. Um, and when those two things aren't executed well, it's what makes craft beer really bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Does your menu change as often as your tap list? Not as often as the tap list, but we do do a seasonal menu. We have an amazing chef, uh, Chef Cardiff. He's incredible, and we do just a seasonal menu. So four times a year, we're, we're changing our menu. Yeah, we look a little bit more like a gastro pub, I guess. If you wanted to compare, like you know, we have steak tartare on the app menu, and um, some well composed entrees, but still a lot of uh, kind of more creative burgers and sandwiches and um, charcuterie and stuff like that. So uh, you can't, you know, it's, it's hard to ex- 
we we do a lot of beer dinners to kind of let him out of the box, but you know we are we are serving five hundred burgers a night, or whatever on a wow. busy night. Yeah, so yeah. The, yeah back there. Got, that kitchen's crazy, man. It's nuts. Yeah, we we've got like you know a bison burger um, with with a, a house made slaw. We got a, a fried chicken kimchi with house made kimchi on it. So we you know we're trying to be creative, but still have those same pub fare items on it. You know, sure. sure. All right, I got to get us to a break, but this seems like a good time to let you know about the Siebel Institute because if you're going to do something right, a little education never hurt anybody. America's oldest brewing school, uh, more courses than any other brewing school, and uh, they include uh, even the advanced homebrewing course. So even if you're just looking to make the beer better that you give to your friends, you can do that. Uh, craft distilling uh, and beer styles course for those just looking um, to kind of ace the beer knowledge exams. You can go past that BJCP course. Uh, professional level brewing courses are available both campus based and web based, so there's no excuse. You don't even have to be there in person. Uh, the faculty includes some of the best known and most respected instructors in international brewing. Go check them out over at Siebel, and they'll take good care of you. A lot of our guests recently have been on the show. Uh, there's been a string of Siebel uh, graduates. Yeah, no kidding. That name's yeah. been coming up a lot, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So You guys broke uh, that string. Go check them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They went to the Dogfish Head School of uh, Brewing. That and, and rock climbing, so you make stupid decisions like buying giant buildings. <laughs> oh, yeah, <exactly. laughs> Which all of it appears to be working very well. Yeah, so. yeah, got to go out. Here, man. <laughs> That's right. Just go for it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. If you want to ask questions, triple eight four zero one beer. That's triple eight four zero one beer. Or hit the chat button on the homepage. Uh, Bevo's in there taking your questions. I've got some of them in front of me already. More beer with Wicked Weed Brewing Company when we come back. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. (sighs) Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Anstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2015 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2015 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2014, every Danstar yeast pack 
packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit DanStarYeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter. So get brewing with DanStar and get your entries in to the DanStar 2015 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at DanStarYeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with DanStar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. As a brewer, you already don't settle for second best. You want great-tasting beer, and you want great equipment to make it with. So don't settle for the second-best grain mill. You want a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Monster Mills are tough, come in two- and three-roller designs, and are made right here in the USA from superior materials for longer-lasting performance. Pick the mill that's right for you at MonsterBrewingHardware.com and take Bevo's advice. Trust me. It's always better to have a bigger tool than you think you need. <laughs> Monster Mills have the best warranty in the business. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Visit MonsterBrewingHardware.com now and check out all the mills and mill accessories. Don't settle for second best. Get a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzmanstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. But, Roger, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creatures out of the <laughs> Yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! <laughs> Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. A few things happened 30 years ago. Arfanet migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. The brewcasters are back. It is 401 beer. Whatever. Whatever. 
Welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking with us through the break, listening to our wonderful sponsors. If you're looking for more information on how to brew, our good friends over at Beersmith.com now have uh, DVDs on how to brew. They did with John Palmer, their first series, How to Brew with Malt Extract. Not Extract. That's different kind of brewing. Uh, Extract. That's right. Uh, You can get it on Amazon Prime. You can buy it uh, online uh, on Vimeo. Uh, or Amazon Instant Video. And it's our good friend over at Beersmith. You know the Beersmith uh, homebrewing software that will make your homebrewing easy and efficient and do everything you need it to do. Well, now you can uh, watch the DVDs uh, along with all their other videos to show you how to use Beersmith software. John Palmer teamed up with Brad over there to uh, put out the How to Brew with Malt Extract DVD. So go check it out. In the meantime, I've got Wicked Weed Brewing Company in the studio. We're drinking their beer, having a good time. What would you guys get out on tap there in the, in the grenade? I think I got uh, I got the faction. Is it anomaly? Oh, yep. anomaly. We yep. should talk about that. Judging from the, uh, the I heard the show and <laughs> did you? He was like, how, how much oh, Roger likes to talk yeah. about it? Yeah, yeah, Roger's a little yeah. bitch about anomaly. <laughs> this is my favorite beer. I'm drinking it, it also. Is this a new batch or is this the same batch that nope, he's refused to make? No, this Don't is talk a new about batch. He's oh, he's made another one. He's sort of being a hypocrite. Yeah. Well, because we all kept yelling at him. Well, it was selling probably broke him. Yeah. Yeah. It tastes like shit, anyways. You could. Stop brewing it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's delicious. It's, it's good, beer. right? Man, it's yeah, like, it's it crazy. freaks you out. Uh, Anomaly is the one that's like what a, a chocolate stout, but it's, it's pale. A white stout, yeah. It's a white, white chocolate, chocolate stout. stout, white in color, yeah. But it's got looks like so a much chocolate flavor. Yeah, I got it's really it. neat, mm-hmm. especially the nitro that you guys are serving on. Really, just kind of rounds it out, softens it. You yeah, could, you could almost close your eyes and it'd feel like a stout. Yeah, I could not resist getting a uh, Firestone Union Jack. That a boy. Yeah. That's a good beer I mean, right there. That's a beer we can't get. I guess it's in Philly occasionally, but Okay. Um but yeah, North Carolina's not happening. So. They'll probably open one in North Carolina soon. <laughs> I, I hear Asheville's a good city. That's, to my, open next, brewery. that's my next uh, rumor I'm starting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can help you. What I'm waiting for is like I want. I really want like a little tiny brewery to open, like an East Coast brewery to open like a little brewery on the West Coast. Just, oh, just yeah. to do it. Like, why just say you Just to fuck yeah. with, uh, with the I don't the want Dogfish to be the first one to open the, the I West agree. Coast Brewery. I want it to be like somebody who, you're like, what? Why, why are you opening a yeah. West Coast Brewery? It's our second location. Wouldn't <laughs> we just open a Nano in Van Nuys? No, I mean, the big guys are doing it. Why wouldn't we? Yeah, I think the two of you should actually just rent a storage unit in California yeah. and put a put a <laughs> yeah. Nano in it. And yeah. Then, yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah we're expanding yeah. west. It's our West Coast Go, go for facility. that very small brewery of the year award on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Really tiny storage unit brewery of the year. There we go. It'll be perfect. <laughs> All right, some quick questions from the chat room, and we'll right. get on to some more beer talking. Cool. Um, so people want to know what's the story behind Wicked Weed. Ah, yes. The name. Very good question. No, it's a, it, it, it is not what it seems. Okay. So uh, we did set up a stand on the streets of Colorado and just killed it. Oh yeah, JBF, I mean, uh, no, that, right. yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, it's perfect. Yeah. No, we um, actually Walt Walt was the one, it took us like six months to come up with. Yeah, a you name. think opening a brewery is tough with five partners? That's the easy part. <laughs> Picking a name. name. <laughs> Picking a name was like epic. It was like a six month process, and, oh, and all of us at the end of the day, no. we had this list of like, well, we had we had like a first, second, and third names. That we uh, we really just none of us. I mean, well, we were kind of settling on them, but I hated them all. I just couldn't get into them. Wow! So and, just, and that is a hard part too, aren't? Isn't it? Because you're you're trying to be sensitive to people's ideas, absolutely. Yep. And sometimes they'll come with the they're like 
This I really love this one. This is the one. Brew Brothers Brewing. That <laughs> and, happened. Did it? Oh god! And you guys, and you're like, oh, so family. we appreciate that you like we're brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're making the compliment sandwich now. Yeah, but that's the worst piece of shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Literally? However, I know that some people like puns. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, was, that actually wasn't yeah. from an owner. That was from this, like, really not-so-awesome marketing team that, like, kind of got pseudo-tested out and hired. Right but literally, well, yeah, yeah. I, I can just say, it, they were fucking shitty, dude. Okay. <laughs> were, they Did they come yeah. to you? We went to a focus group, and this test is <laughs> really yeah. 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 Well, literally, literally, Luke's wife sitting at the table, and... <laughs> And he says, Brewing Brothers Brewing, and she literally, her head goes, on the table. <laughs> nice. It was nice. I was like, dude, seriously, they're in the she's middle a of a keeper. presentation right now. Like, yeah. She's Abby, Abby does not, like, she does not sugarcut it, dude. Like, okay. She'll, she'll yeah. tell you exactly. Anyway, so. Can we hear some more examples of, of stuff that was that got 86? Uh, let's see. We had. Um, Four Brothers Brewing. Four Brothers Brewing was another one. There was uh, Brewery Door Brewing. Company Brewing what? Door? No, 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 no. Double Door. Double Door. Anybody, any Double Harry door. Potter fans out there? But, uh, you know, oh, they I know am. Me, so we were like, yeah, Dumbledore yeah. Brewing's not going to go over so well. Um, Dumbledore. <laughs> oh, Dumbledore. Oh, I thought it was double. Double. Well, it was Double Door, but every, you know, it's like when you're naming oh, your kid, like I you see. can't okay. name it yeah. like that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, there was they, some bad they ones. I would have gone there, and we <laughs> luckily we ended up. You'd have been the only one. So, yeah. so how did you end up with Wicked? So Weed? Walt yeah. ended up uh, because I think he was just pissed off at this point, and he he sat down at a computer with with like a growler beer, which is very for hard because I'm very ADD. So, okay. like so he sat down and he tough. started digging into hop history, um, and during uh, his search through like the history of how hops came throughout time and stuff um god i don't know how long you spent on this because you got to 1516 and in 1516 uh king henry the eighth tried to outlaw the use of hops in beer okay he had basically an a vested um crop all over the yeah he wanted to people to use his crops i see for bittering instead of hops so uh he called hops the wicked and pernicious weed that was ruining beer Okay, and so that was that was the quote that you know it's on the back of of our t shirts that we do and stuff. It says hops are a wicked and pernicious weed. And it was just it was so. a good. The um, funny thing about this is I think this story has come up on our show before before Wicked Weed Brewing Company really? was in existence, and I think it was an author. I don't. I, yeah, I'm not sure. It's, we've done a lot of shows, but I want to say even Stan Hieronymus or somebody, somebody yeah. had done a lot of research on on the history of beer, which is very varying and sometimes true. I believe it. And would sometimes be not. Stan. But this um, this story sounds very familiar uh, uh, about wicked weed. Mm. Yeah. Great! It's a great name. It's cool, right? Because so you, it yeah. does work. You probably it's, owe the BN some royalties. Yeah, yeah. No, clearly. Uh, Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you uh, can we're getting them right now. You know, no, no. The rest of those beers yeah. you brought. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> just keep those. Don't worry about it. That's not nice. No, actually, seriously, I'm just I'm surprised to remember hearing this. Know the story twice, but. It's a great name because Thanks. it's it's Thanks. what it's a good homage to this story in history, but also it does you know a bunch do, of yeah, yeah a bunch of young bad. people are gonna be like yeah bro wicked weed and Asheville if you've ever been to Asheville that's it is not in um, how do you say because it? it's not it's <laughs> we're not in Colorado but people people enjoy it's the, a liberal mountain it's town. a liberal it's town. Town. That's well said. That's well said. town yeah yeah, yeah. that was so, my political answer very libertarian Luke, Luke does the same thing that I do because in his head he was like yeah it's a bunch of fucking stoners <laughs> but, but on the he's like how do I 
Hmm. How do I know? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think Thank you a, just for interpreting. Testament to, uh, you know, Rick Guthy, who's, we talked about Uncle Rick. Uh, he was actually, I mean, he's a very accomplished businessman before this, and he's been huh. a lot of times the voice of reason. Okay. Um, there's, well, actually, like, Proactive Solution, like, Guthy Ranker, his brother Bill Guthy. He was part of that company for a long time, which is California-based, but... Uh, he was really the one who, because I put it on the list, and there was a list of like ten names, and we were doing a lot of like the IPA history stuff, like Bow Brewing, and I had some weird kind of plays on that stuff that I thought would be, you know, a cool reference. Well, and the funny thing is, Walt called me, told me this name, Wicked Weed, and I said, dude, that's not gonna happen. Like, yeah. not a chance in hell that we're gonna <laughs> right. get Wicked. Weed. Not that you didn't like it, it's yeah, just I not gonna it. happen. I yeah. it. yeah. And I was getting the same thing. I mean, I had it down on the list. I was like, I'm just gonna throw it on there, whatever. I threw it out, Rick. Just, but I mean, this is a pretty conservative dude i bet he's never smoked weed in his life okay like, yeah coolest guy ever but man he just he just knows it he's a smart business guy and he sure. drove down it and you know it, it, from that point on we were wicked weed and it wow. was done i remember him going and telling he told a he went and told the the uh what the edc the economic development committee in Asheville, which he was he was on the board for and they literally like 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 you know pan, pens were dropping like <laughs> like people just freaked yeah. out they were like you, you ser- you're serious. You're seriously <laughs> going to open a brewery called Wicked Weed? Yeah. Is that like Killer Chronic Brewery or something? <laughs> What's the name of right, this yeah. one? I'm I forgot. Waiting, I'm still waiting for my Dr. Dre collaboration, you know? Yeah. yeah. Heads were oh. falling on the table. Dr. Dre. Just throwing that no. out there. Sorry, no. It was Ice It was Ice, ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice Cube was playing at the Orange Peel next door. Yeah? Like six months after we opened, and we like... We had people like lining the exits with wicked weed beer. Yeah, just like dude, it's wicked weed. Like you gotta come. <laughs> on. We just want you in our place. And like, he wicked. Like, Please, just once. Come on, dude. Uh, it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't he's happen. like, no, I'm drinking happen. a weed. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Well, he's the course light dude, right? Wow. What do you guys make a hemp beer? I uh, just uh, kind of we did actually. Uh, we made a hemp beer um, earlier. Uh, sorry, last summer. Um, Cool. This is, it's ridiculous. It's so judgmental, but, um, tasty. By the way, yeah, <laughs> yeah, thanks, really. tasty. Uh, <laughs> you you tasty would make ass. a hemp hey, beer. Hey, what did you do? Uh, make a hemp beer? <laughs> you guys are <laughs> hemp. So the hypocrites with that backstory. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you'll like this. We did a hemp, um, a hemp. Oh yeah, black IPA. And it was oh, with yeah. all super dank. We we the whole concept of the beer was to make a beer that smelled like marijuana. Okay, that was the whole concept. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, and it, we brewed the beer uh, with the bassist from ACDC, Cliff Williams. Nice. nice. That's yeah, very he's, cool. He's a good friend of Rick and Denise Guthy, um, and he comes once a year and he like drops his bass and puts on Brewers boots. Wow! And comes in and brews a beer with us. So that's last the, year, that's the time of year I'm going to visit. You, you guys. should come. It's awesome. Last <laughs> he year plays he, at the he played. Big yeah. fan. Yeah, he played at the brewery last year. That's cool. Um, but he's a super cool guy, and he comes in and just he loves beer. He loves craft beer. He comes in and brews a beer with us. Last year we did. Uh, we called it Dirty Weeds. Nice. So Dirty Deeds. This yeah. year, we brewed a beer called Chinook Me All Night Long. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's a pun I can get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. one's all right. So, yeah, he comes up with a name time. every year, too. Like, that's not... Oh, you know, really? Yeah, he oh, comes wow. up with a name. He's like, I want to do a beer called this. You know? And he, and he tells <laughs> yeah. us the name. Chinook and then we're like, all, all right, long. we can get into that. Yeah. Well, he's pretty creative. That's he, good stuff. Yeah, he's a super cool guy. Yeah, he's he just... And he loves craft beer, which is awesome. That's very like, cool. Yeah. 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 All right, what's in Tell our glass bells. now? All right, I'm going to tell you about this one because it's finally, I know what I'm talking about on this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. right, the so, stage is yours, Luke. Uh, the non-breath you. side of the house speaks. Thank you. Um, so this beer is our best-selling beer. It's called Freak of Nature Double IPA. Um, it's West Coast-style double IPA. We um, basically, 
from day one, um, and I hate to give Walt any credit, but he um, he, <laughs> he really does. He, I really do, but but he um, he, he was very much you know like look, dude, because I, I love IPA, and he, he was like, we need to make a kick-ass double IPA in Asheville. So he and I spent months. It was really fun because I was living in Delaware, he was living down in North Carolina, and we would brew. Um, We'd essentially do the same recipe, but with tweaks, and we would mail them to each other. And on a homebrew setup? Homebrew setup. Okay. Yeah, he had like a, a Frankenstein-type system with uh, – it was kind of like the Brutus-type setup. It was sweet. I don't know what he's talking about. It was so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you know, it had a couple of dents and dings, but it, it, yeah. was, it ran like a top. Yeah, it was literally – it was a – Gravity-fed, you know. It was um, one of those, like, when you go to a restaurant and you put the trays of uh, – when you're, like, baking bread. Yeah. Um, you take it out of the oven and you put it on this thing. It's a bread – huge bread rack. Okay, And we yeah. turned that on the side and, like, cut holes in it and made – like, like welded burners, burners onto it. That was the brew stand. That was the brew stand. Our bread rack hardly even holds up the bread. It's like the, they're like the <laughs> weakest stands. This, this is like old school, like nineteen oh, twenties. Okay, so yeah. it was when they when they when they really knew how to make stuff. Okay, got it. rock climber. Now you know why I like right. the twenties. Right. They, they could make yeah. stuff. Like he's then. like hanging off ropes. They don't make He like knows if it's stuff. gonna if it's gonna hold. Um, okay. So, anyways, it was really I, fun I though. We would brew. We brewed probably ten. 10, 20 different batches of this beer uh, with slight tweaks each time. we brew them at the same time. He would do a tweak one way, I'd do a tweak the other, and then we'd mail it to each other and talk about it. Wow. And that's how we developed this beer. It's freaking nature. So it is um, 8.5% alcohol. Um, it's dry hopped with uh, 3 and a half pounds per barrel of dry hops. We do two separate dry hoppings on it uh, each or four days uh, at okay. 65 degrees. Um, we're using, uh, in the dry hop, we're using Centennial, um, Amarillo, Simcoe, Columbus. Um, and in the, uh, in the kettle, we're using a little bit of Eldorado um, at the, in the Whirlpool, uh, as well as um, Centennial. Uh, Chinook is a big player in the bittering. And we bitter with Warrior. See, I didn't even know about the Eldorado. He just like slipped that in the last wow. like six months. He didn't even tell me. Snap! <laughs> I've been meaning just no more back and forth. Yeah, no more back and forth. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And forth. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna make like, a little tweet. Now you just stay yeah. over there in the dirty brew house, and I'll yeah. take care of our double yeah. IPA. Well, I've noticed sales have been suffering, so uh, mm-hmm. maybe it was that Eldorado. <laughs> it may have been that. Um, no, it's 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 a cool beer. You know, the focus is all all about the hop flavor. For the dry hopping, those two additions, mm-hmm. when does the first one start? Is it terminal, or are you st- is it still working a little bit? It's still working a little bit. We we try to get it in there right at the end of de-rest. Okay. Um, so we, we de-rest at 70, and I think I said that both were at 65, and that's a lie. Okay. The first one's at 70. Got it. Um, so we and does it stay there for four days It stays 70? there for four days, and then we'll bring the temperature down. Uh, before we dry hop it the first time, we'll do a, a hop drop out of it or a yeast drop yeah out of it try to get as much yeast out of the beer as we can but there still is a little bit of activity and so if, for a home brewer just quickly if you had a conical you're just dumping out the bottom yeah. if you had a carboy you're racking off before secondary. you do it to secondary before yeah. you do this first one at 70 degrees yeah and i don't know if you're in a carboy it's kind of hard to say because um i would almost yeah, do, i would almost do well, the dry hop if you're a homebrewer, do the dry hop in your bucket or carboy and, and then, then after it. the derest yeah. rack it yeah, bring it down yeah. in temp and yeah. then dry hop it again Got it. To, to emulate it. Because like you know, because for the rest, you still is want be an issue at that okay. point, anyways. You're, and you want yeast in there. You're doing a de-rest on an ale. 
What are you fermenting at? We so we we do, just derest everything. We derest everything. This is Cal Ale. Our last name's Dickinson, so we just kind of. <laughs> oh, so yeah. it's not a diastole. <laughs> no, no, it's a Dickinson. Sorry, it's a totally yeah. different right. technique. Okay. You guys don't know about it. And it all makes yeah. sense now. I was it's, confused it's on before. Wikipedia. It's going to be in a textbook in ten years. <laughs> it, will, it, will, it will be on Wikipedia in like five <laughs> the minutes. Dickinson <laughs> rest. Dickinson rest. Yeah, on Urban Dictionary, it's something completely different. In brewing manuals, it's amazing. He'd be resting his Dickinson. Yes. Oh, man, why'd you have to go there? <laughs> oh, that's good. I've no, never, never heard that stuff. before. All right, so... You always, the, you always dry hop while there's still fermentation active. A little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, we're down. When we dry hop it, we um, we shoot for... The, we're we're using a lot of techniques that we've learned from, from guys like Matt Brennelson um, and Vinny. Um, we're using uh, some dextrose sugar in this beer to try to really dry it out. It's Cal Ale yeast. And we're fermenting... Um, Pretty standard, you know, 66, 67 degrees, um, de-resting at 70. And um, and we want to hit it with the dry hop when that we're at about 10, 10 uh, gravity. Um, this beer tends to finish at, at 1.008. Okay. Um, that's the, so we've got a couple points there that, that the yeast is kind of scavenging up a little bit of the oxygen that are coming in from those hops. Um and then, so in the first dry hop, we we leave the tank um, with a blow off on it, so that there, the activity can continue, and we get rid of it a little bit. The second dry hop, we drop everything out. We take it down to sixty five degrees. Hopefully, get most of the yeast out. We hit it again with second dry hop, and at that point, we're going to cap the tank and put a little bit of pressure on it. Um, and what that does is it really, uh, when you get a little bit of pressure on any yeast, it, it really starts dropping Drops the out, yeast yeah. out. And, and I think that allows for different hop flavors. Um, I know Matt Brinelson's talked about this, that, that hops in the contact with yeast create different flavors than hops with no yeast. Um, you know, Lagunitas, they're big on get all the yeast out of the freaking tank. And, right and and just you know that's yeah, what the they yeast want. Will, uh, eat up they'll actually take the uh, flavor from the hops and, and yeah of course when that drops out it's gone so ideally in this beer we're kind of taking both schools of thought yeah, yeah you get that like biotransformative stuff just a little mm-hmm. bit and that's then you're right. just dissolving hop oils like mm-hmm. pure simple direct yeah like yeah. two sides yeah is it the same amount of hops in both four day editions it is yeah okay. yeah yeah we do um for for a thirty barrel batch, like I said, it's a total of three and a half pounds per per barrel. So, so you're doing you're doing the pressurizing and dry hopping at the same time. We dry well, second one, yeah, second right for, one. The, second, for the second, second dry one. hop. Yeah. Yeah. you're jumping the hops in and then adding and a then little bit of and then putting a little bit of pressure on yeah. the tank and capping it. Yep, got it. It's a great beer. Thanks. Yeah, and you mentioned that you wanted to make a great double IPA for North Carolina. Do you say that specifically because it's not a popular style yet, or yeah? Well, I mean, you guys talk a lot about East Coast West Coast IPAs, and um, you know, Luke and I just our our personal preference because uh, Asheville's a great beer scene, right? You know, it was Beer City USA. Yeah. There's amazing beer being made there, but I think the West Coast reference was not really being exhibited, and that really is kind of how Luke and I look at beer. Okay, uh, so you know, our goal was. We love Pliny. We love, I mean, well, Hetty Topper is another great example of like a big 8%, you know, very dry, hot forward IPA. Obviously, all the stuff happening in San Diego, everything Stone is doing is amazing. And anyways, those are beers we really loved. And, you know, we wanted we wanted a true double IPA, not an imperial IPA, not something that's malt for. Something that's very dry that really like showcased the hop. It was pineable. You know, you yeah. wanted something that you could drink pints of. I mean, that, that's the... 
that's something we always look forward to of, in traveling to the West Coast and felt that that was it needed to be in Asheville. If we're going to be mm-hmm. beer city, we need to make beer like this. And so Freak was really, we knew it would be the heart and soul of Wicked Wheat, and it really has been. And, and you know, we're building a, a 45-barrel production facility right now. Uh, we, we actually just put our deposit on a, a Newlands four-vessel system. Uh, and, you know, about 40% of our production is going to be that double IPA just because it's what people really really want. We can't, I mean, we cannot make enough of it wow. at the pub. And then we have a little bit to send to market, and a little bit we send is, you know, it's lucky that lasts a few hours. And, so. and you're still Amazing. all just in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're all in North Carolina. We self-distribute. So we're, we have never we're, self distribute. We're yeah, we self. We like to make our lives as difficult as possible. <laughs> right. Pretty much, what it comes right. down to. It's yeah. like, okay, wait. So what should we do? Right. All right, that sounds terrible. On, Let's on your do way that. home, you're just stopping yeah. by three bars to drop <laughs> yeah. off pigs. Yeah. yeah, they really hate when we take trips like this. Can we come back? We're like, hey man, I got all these ideas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone goes like, oh really? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we're we're self uh, distributing in um, in Charlotte. Uh, which which there's some great breweries in Charlotte right now. Noda, uh, they just won a gold medal at the World Beer Cup for IPA, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, East Coast Brewery winning that. Awesome. IPA. Um, you know, there's we're we're going out to Raleigh, uh, Full Steam Brewery out there is making some f- fantastic beer. Um, Fauna you know, Flora and Pisgah both Fauna just won Flora, gold medals. Yeah. at JBF uh, this year. So yeah, first it's, we're, we're year, coming up. It okay. was the first year ever that uh, North Carolina won multiple gold medals. Uh, at GABF. Fantastic. Big year for North Carolina. So we uh, always talk hops when we get IPAs and double IPAs. Yeah. Can we talk fermentation with you guys? Because that's the Certainly. other thing I think people screw up by make everyone can throw a lot of hops mm-hmm. in. And there are definitely hop techniques, right, that we've talked about here. Yeah. What about fermenting and getting it right? So, well, I think that the couple other keys to making um, good hoppy beer um, is water profile. And um, and your yeast management. Um, for us, you know, we, we build our water. We in Nashville have amazing water. Our water is very, uh, it's low in sulfates. We're, we're sitting at like um, 7 ppm okay. on our sulfates and 30 ppm on our chloride. Is this the other part of, and, and not just the economic issues of moving to North Carolina, because I know mm-hmm. it's brewer-friendly, but is this the other part of breweries moving there, is the water? I think it has to be in Asheville. Yeah. I mean, we okay. have fantastic water. It's, it's pretty much Pilsen water. Okay. So with that, we're, we're able to build kind of anything we want. Okay. You know, I mean, it's like not quite RO water, but I mean, I know, Nathan, you're a big water guy. Um, so what we do is we, we're, we're targeting about uh, 200 ppm. Uh, in our IPAs of sulfates, okay, and about uh, 50 ppm of chloride and 100 ppm calcium, and those are really the big ones that we're focusing on. Uh, the calcium for, especially for our freak of nature, just for yeast health, um, you know, and and yeast flocculation. We don't filter our beer, but you guys probably just saw our, our beer's really clear. Yeah, um, that's just from the the water profile. Wa- it's well calcium. calcium. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah exactly. No well, findings either. Yeah, no, we we, we, find, we did findings, uh, right. actually, which okay. we kind of stole from. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what's that? Colin Kamin? No, yeah, Kaminsky. Yeah, yeah. He he's the findings guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fine, yeah we actually called him. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. we were getting going. I called him. We heard that like, interview and we're like, we need to try this stuff. Right. Oh, which, cool. Which I I don't know if Colin is listening, but thank you, Colin, because that guy was so. 
he just I called the restaurant and a manager picked up and yeah. said, oh, let me go get Colin. And he spent 30 minutes on the phone with me. Oh, I was going to say, and just when you got off of the, the phone three days later, uh, you, <laughs> Colin can talk. Yeah. Yeah. I knew everything there was about water. But Jesus, what a, I mean, no, he's really super helpful, nice. right? Yeah. But yeah, so um, so that's a, I think that's a big part of it, though, is getting that, that sulfate up. For your IPAs, mm-hmm. um, Tasty, I know you're big on that too. Sure. And um, if, you, if you're not doing that, your IPAs are just going to be lackluster. Okay. I think that's key, though, having the calcium at that 100 ppm type per level so that good yeast health during a fermentation, and then when they're done, they fall. Yep. Right? Well, and then you get good, clean beer on that side too. It's exactly. like both sides of the coin. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because attenuation is so important to these styles, like getting getting that sweetness and that malt character out of the way so you can really express the hops. And I, I think that was one thing Luke and I have been reflecting on this trip is just seeing even even a little bit of progression on the West Coast style where it's really it's getting stripped down more and more. So everything's yeah. getting out of the way the hops even more and more so they can be more expressive. And, and again, a dry beer is so important. I mean, you just literally you can't throw enough hops at a sweet beer. Okay. If it's cloying, you're, you're never going to get to that delicate hop flavor you were trying yeah, to get it'll to. It'll become hop sweet time if you keep adding more hops. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah, and you f- you still find that all the time. That's why I'm asking it to have this discussion because people are still doing that part. I think water is one of those things that I think we all kind of get to last in brewing. I know, yeah. I know, I did. Yeah. I, th- I think, I mean, it's pretty yeah, universal, right? It's, it's the hardest one. Yeah. It's the less, it's the least sexy of our ingredients to pay attention to, and the hardest to understand. Yeah. But it, it really is the most impactful to your yeast health. Which at the end of the day, without happy yeast, you're not making right. good beer. Okay. E- yeah. Even with BioFine Clear, if you don't have enough calcium, it's still going to be hazy. And there's yep. still going to be yeast floating in there. Okay. Even with a fining agent like that. And Biofine works great. Okay. But if you don't have enough calcium, it, they're still going to... Yeah, it's moderately it. idiot-proof, Biofine. It's pretty <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Moderately, yeah. Moderately, yeah. As long as you take care of your beer in the process. But And just That's- as a recap for our listeners, because we haven't talked about this topic in a while. So if I'm, if I'm brewing, if I'm home brewing... Where am I putting all of these uh, things in the process? Am I putting it in the in the mash water? Am I putting it in the kettle? Where am I putting things like this to build my water? To build your water is yeah. always. Uh, I was thinking the biofine question. Sorry, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, well, because well, I, I have water is like straight. That's a tasty. Well, so I realm. have all right. Here, here's well, a, yeah. I have my mash kettle water, right? I have my strike water, and then I have my sparge water. Which one of them has all of these components? I'm adding to water to get these things. Well, some breweries. I was at. Uh, Epic Brewing uh, in uh, Denver this week, uh, talking to Kevin Comptron, the head, the brewmaster there, and they treat all their water, uh, you know, to the to, the, to the, the beer they're making. Okay. So if it's a German style beer, you know, they start with RO and they and they treat all the water as if they're in Germany. Okay. So you know, everything you strike water should all be built water this way. Is all okay. As if you're in that country. Okay. Now I've seen people just do the the uh, treatment in the kettle itself. Yeah, okay. so what, what we do at Wicked Weed is um, we, we build water for every beer. Um, basically, um, it, I, I build a spreadsheet um, just with Excel. Um, took John Palmer's book and broke it down and spent a few days, which took a long time. But it, <laughs> it, uh, but I built this cool little spreadsheet that, that doses, depending on the style, how I want it. And I can yeah. break it oh, down to a ratio. Nice. So, lovers, yeah. so, you know, like our Pilsner beer. Almost nothing's going in there. It's just all focused on getting to 50 ppm calcium so that yeast health is going to be good. Minimal sulfates, minimal chloride. Um, we do Pilsner once a year, call it Uncle Rick's Pilsner, and it comes on at Oktoberfest, which is this Friday for us. Nice. Stoked. I can't wait to get back and yeah. drink it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which I think that'll be the, if it Rick's listening, that's ha- happy 
Oktoberfest trick. Yeah, we've this been is a, that it was supposed to be a surprise. Um, you ruined it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but you know, and then IPA will 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 up that ratio. Uh, dark beer, but we we dose um, in the mash tun. Okay. Uh, we'll be dosing in every batch a, a small amount of calcium chloride or a large amount, depending on what we're trying to build, and sulfates. And then in the kettle, sulfates. We don't do any uh, calcium chloride in the kettle. Um, okay. So that's kind of that's kind of our our deal. Yeah. We don't use any acids. Uh, I know there's libraries that use um, yeah. you know food grade acids in the in the mash. We don't. Uh, we we just have great water, so we don't have to worry about that too much. The alkalinity is all in line. You don't need mm-hmm. to do it. Some of them exactly. respond. Some of the chemicals respond Very a little bit better if they're mixed with the grain or not, or you can add them straight to water or not. And that's a, that's an important factor. Yeah. And we do we do use uh, acidulated malt uh, for our very pale beers. Um, just to to help with keeping the um, the acidity down in the water. Um, what percentage of that? Uh, we'll be uh, one to two and a half percent, depending okay. on the beer. You know, like our our pilsner, we go with one point eight percent. Basically, uh, from what from what I understand, for every one percent of acidulated malt that you mm-hmm. uh, put into a beer, you get uh, approximately. Uh, 0.2 pH out of it. Okay. So that's a kind of a good rule of thumb. Okay. So if we're using 2%, we're going to get 0.4% reduction in our pH. Got it. Which is going to just kind of help our, our beers to keep that, that body and everything alive. And yeah. you're trying to target something in the 5.2 to 5.4 type range? That's always or? the goal. Yeah, 5.2, yeah. 5.4. Um, so, yeah. we're uh, And that's what, you know, we're, we're adding going very uh chloride heavy we do have a little bit of um of uh i'm totally blanking uh carbonate mm. somebody help me with the the other end of that uh calcium carbonate, calcium carbonate. Yeah. Yeah. thank yeah. you okay. yeah yeah uh we do Sorry, have some of that five, five days five days of gabf into no we were there too it happens to all of us exactly so water is a big part of it though water is a big part of it Okay. And that was a, from the from the beginning. You knew you wanted to build it up from scratch and not just use. Yeah, it's something that we were doing on the homebrew side. Well, um, we really felt like if we were going to make West Coast IPA, it needed to match you know the West Coast flavor or regimen. salt the regimen, the water profile. So same thing with our Belgian beers. You know, we we really built that to match what's ha- what the water looks like in Brussels. Yeah, and so you just kind of go to where the beer is being made, and, and that it really is, it makes such a big difference in your beer. I mean, we the difference, but before we were doing water treatment. To after in our IPA was just the brightness of the hop character, the attenuation, all those things just really increased and, and allowed us to kind of get to that place we were trying to get to. So you had your water tested so you knew where you were starting with, and then you would base your gypsum or chalk additions or calcium chloride additions. Absolutely, and most people can just pull a water report for the city they're in, sure. and it'll give you that. And so, uh, you know, at that point, we just reached out to Highlands. Again, the, they're doing about 40,000 barrels a year, so they're a decent-sized brewery at this point. Uh, they gave us access to their water reports. That's and, awesome. Yeah, great guys. I mean, again, goes back to how awesome the brewing industry is. Yeah, I mean, like right. how just everybody bends over backwards for you all the time. It's yeah. just great. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, it's working. Your your water profile is awesome. What about yeast? What are you using for this? Simple yeast? Something yeah, so clean? Cal Ale. Cal Ale, yeah. That was kind Cal of a good Ale's story, are... like how we got to that, too, because like, Luke and I really loved uh, 007. 007, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. It. Dry yeah. English, like, oh, man, love that yeast, but we we literally moved to Cal Ale because we couldn't make the IPA we wanted to make with that yeast. We I tried it just 20 batches, out. and we just couldn't dry it out. Okay. And the fruit character always, that like kind of apple-y sure. thing you get. Just es- always, it's an ester, yeah. Yep, that ester just really... It really just fought 
the brightness of the hop. And okay. So, and ended up moving away from that. So, so yeah, Cal is our house strain. So with the first batch of Cal Ale, you went, up. Oh, that's the that difference. That was it, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, you know, we were trading batches, you know, one time. It was like, I think I did a batch with Cal Ale, and I was like, damn it, we're using Cal Ale. Because we were, like, trying to fight it the whole time. <laughs> everybody right. Cal yeah. Ale. Right. Well, because the whole time we're like, like well, Matt's making great beer. How, why, why, he's using English yeast. Like, why can't we do this? And, yeah. like, yeah. we, well, we're because we're not as good at brewers as Matt. <laughs> uh, it's pretty damn good. Oh, no, it's a world-class, man. It's really reminded me of that convergence of East and West Coast in terms of what people want yeah. for this profile of a beer. And it used to be this old-school thing where we could make these generalizations. It's not true yeah. anymore. Yeah, and that, it's very, and that's very goal, much reflective you know, of some a great IPA from anywhere in the U.S. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, the goal of Freak of Nature really is to bring that that soul of the West Coast double IPA to the east coast um and you know we're we're using we're using things that we've learned from all of these uh great brewers on the on the west coast like you know we we do use a uh, hop extract uh, in mm-hmm. that beer because we're, it's enabling us to get some of the vegetated matter out of the beer and you know what talk he, just talking to Vinny, yeah uh you know when he talks about it, it, it makes so much sense. You're just yeah. like, why? Why would you not do that? Because it's going to it makes the beer better. So and we're constantly learning, and that beer is going to keep getting better. It's going to be a huge, huge focus of our production brewery. I can't wait. We're hopefully have it in bottles next year, um, maybe sometime early fall. Um, yeah, I just can't wait. It's going to be fun. You're the second brewer I've heard in the last couple of days mention hop extract. Also with advice from Finney. He's mm-hmm. making these great hoppy beers. Uh, you only use it in the bittering process, right? It's not like a late edition thing. Right, yeah, it's you just only use bittering. It for bittering. Yep. And I'm curious. I, so uh, I've had a little bit of experience with hop extract, not using it myself, but I just always wanted to see it. It comes in a little dropper bottle for homebrewers, right? Yeah. What about for you guys? It, like, how much hop is it? A bucket? Is it? I don't understand how much goes I mean, it's, in. It's a can. It kind of looks like a like an old Folgers coffee tin or something. Okay, you know, um, for like a, so for like a fifteen barrel batch. Fifteen barrel batch. We're we are using one hundred and fifty grams. Okay, so, uh, just, so it comes yeah. potent, wow. very potent. So that's what I was getting at. It's, it's about yeah, it's about the size of like a, a Folgers coffee. Okay. It's very um, hard to get out of your beard. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you dipped it in the can when you opened it up. <laughs> you learn you learn your, you learn your lesson pretty quick. Like, yeah, you're like gloves up and spills on the kettle, and then I'm reaching in. <laughs> oh. oh no, yeah, it, it takes a lot of that orange degreasing soap <laughs> just <laughs> to get out of your beard. Yeah, shampooing. My wow, the one time I was at Heritage ponytail. <laughs> they used the hop extract and it, it worked great. It was awesome. But Jamil was like, "Nate, t- taste that." Oh taste no, <laughs> sucker! I was tasting that for like two hours. After oh, that. Dude. Yeah, that's, that's how burns. you lose a friend. Well, because yeah. it's like it's like uh, what is it, fifteen hundred IBUs per like? It's just yeah. crazy. Fifteen hundred yeah. alpha acid. Alpha acid. Sorry, yeah. I see. Yeah. God, yeah. that's incredible. Chris, incredible. Chris told see? me my it was my initiation. He's like, "You got to dip your finger, like just get a little bit on your finger." I stuck my thumb in there, like it was oh, coated down. What did you do? To, like the knuckle, and his eyes got real big. And he was, <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Initiation, right?" I was regretting it the yeah. whole day. Yeah, what he did oh. is he tasted bitter for like yeah. two days. Yeah, oh. it, it was awful. Yeah, that's gnarly. Yeah, so, so you learn. You put, start putting gloves on. Like it's it's weird. It's like handling parasitic acid or caustic when you're in the brewery. Like oh, yeah. and you're doing the bittering edition. It's like I'm gonna glove up. I'm gonna open that and like 
put it somewhere yeah. safe so nobody bumps into it. And- Moscow, I'm just so before I forget about it. In our next meeting, you need to bring this. I'm thinking of like a punishment game that we have to do. <laughs> I'm looking for it. We yeah. have Bevo some here. We have some, yeah. uh, I saw uh, it. I saw the little dropper. I mean, just some just future game we, where we develop. Where like there are, you have to like drink a vial of O one and then no. have like a thumb oh, hop God. extract or something. I wasn't even thinking of it being that bad. All I'm thinking is that somehow the brewcasters are competing against each other, and and you know behind door number one is uh, extract that has to be put in your tongue, which will obviously be awful. Behind door number two is, you know, maybe you have to drink a vial of yeast. And behind door number three is like this amazing beer from Wicked Weed. And so, you know, like yep. it's just some sort of random one, two of us get fucked game is yes. what I'm looking yeah. at. I'm writing it so down. So write right that now. down, yeah, please. Because yeah. I think I like that game. I think it'll be fun. I like that game. I don't like that game. Yeah, I mean, one. I'm not so, playing. Tasty, you sissy. So, I mean, for for the homebrew geek that wants to do some calculations out there, because I don't know how it would equate to a homebrew kettle, but for a 15 barrel batch, one 150 grand can equals 35 IBUs for us. So if if you, okay. anybody out there wants to like figure it out what you do on a homebrew scale, but that's how it equates on our system. So and then we fill in the rest of our IBUs we're looking for with with real you know with hops after hops. that. Yeah, we okay. use so uh, you'll get Chinook like uh, a third of the IBUs at, at the beginning and then the rest. Yeah, uh, like yeah. Our, uh, it's calculated at 130 or IBUs. I, I don't know. I think it's, it's tested out at like 80-something, yeah, tested right? Yeah, 80-something. So. so do you do a, a blank sort of middle edition or no middle edition? or is We, it- do, uh, we do a 30-minute edition, um, and that is a Chinook and Columbus combo. Um, just going for a little bit of like that little bit of roughness, but nothing too overwhelming. And then at 10 minutes, we're going to start firing in. You know, 10 minutes, we, we hit it pretty hard with Columbus. And then five minutes, it's a huge load of Columbus or of Centennial uh, and El Dorado. And then again, uh, Centennial and El Dorado in the Whirlpool. Simcoe do, in the Whirlpool. Too, do you right? know what, what hop variety is the extract's based off of? And then a, oh. I'm sorry? What hop variety the extract's based off of? Is it Columbus? Uh, so, so we get it from uh, from Hop Union. They don't specify what the hop is, and, oh. but in all reality, yeah, it's Columbus mainly. Okay. That's the main hop that's it, being used. It doesn't really matter a whole lot because you're really just getting alpha acids. There's no vegetal matter. You're you're really just looking for IBUs in that. So, and it's all completely summarized. Yeah. So it, it's it's fairly oh. negligible. Oh, you're getting pre isomerized yeah. hop extract. Uh, yeah, I believe so. You just okay. threw me for a whirl. They have pre isomerized. <laughs> I didn't even mean it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. even mean it. <laughs> God, we didn't even make it to the I'm, game. I'm sorry. Some you guys suck. <laughs> Damn, I'm out. I didn't even make it to stump the brewer. <laughs> yeah. I, stump the interview. I got to get us to a break. Okay. And I don't want to start the next beer because I feel it's a good, good time to stop because the next beer is not an IPA. Um, but this is a fabulous double IPA. I think that you guys should be proud. And, Thank you. Uh, North Very Carolina nice. should be proud of you guys for bringing uh, some The West Coast is oh, yeah. proud, too. I think West you really, really yeah. accomplished what you set out to do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And Thank the you. techniques, Both just coast. talking about these techniques with us is, is, is fantastic. Awesome. So, Means a lot, guys. Um, Thanks. All right. So here's what we'll do. Uh, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got more beer to talk about. Plus, we've got beer news to do today, and hopefully you guys can sit in on that kind of stuff. Um, so we got a lot more to do with Wicked Weed Brewing Company. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerone's are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerone's are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019 and get the Five Star Treatment today. Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things Homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots. And the BN Army receives 10% off their Homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code AIH10 at checkout. The Brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. And don't forget to use the current coupon code AIH10. Adventures in Homebrewing at Homebrewing.org. You're listening to the Brewing Network.
Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right, welcome back to the program. We're still hanging out with Wicked Weed at Luke and Walton here, feeding us tasty beer. That's right. And then we're trying to feed you beer, and then before you know it, there's going to be a meltdown on this program. I feel like that's all that I, you know, that's what I dreamed of. That's all you (laughs) ever ever hoped for. I sat at home for years just dreaming of a meltdown that we could cause here. Doc's not here, I will fill in for Doc. Well, Doc's here. He's just outside of the studio. We might have to bring him in for a meltdown. JP called in sick. Doc's here just hanging out. Uh, which is cool. Uh, so the meltdown could definitely still it happen. Could happen. Yeah. I'm going to need a ride home, Bebo. I, I can tell you that already. Did Kate go? She was here. Yeah, no, but she'll leave before we're done drinking. Uh-oh. Is what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, let me let you know real quick about the American Homebrewers Association. You know, you've heard of it before, but maybe you don't know why you should join. For one, you should join because we get a little piece of the action. If you click the AHA link on our homepage, it's a good way to support us. Also, and much more importantly, uh, it's because they take care of you as homebrewers, and uh, they really look out for the legislation that needs to take place to make sure we can keep homebrewing. Sometimes things come up that get changed, and we don't get to homebrew anymore. So the AHA are really the people that do that for you. Plus, you get to go to the National Homebrewer uh, Conference. Uh, you get the pub discount program, Tasty. I know that's one of your favorites. I use it all the time. I use it here, actually. Excellent. What do we give? Oh, really? Uh, 10% off. Uh, oh, we do? What? Yeah. I didn't know Really? I didn't know that. Really? Didn't know <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. Uh, 550 pints or five bucks. That's awesome. I'll make that 495. Yeah. I know. I knew we wow. had something. I just didn't. That's... I just give it to the bartender. Wait. So I mean, That's our oh, GM, five. Kevin. Kevin's a badass. He was a home brewer, too. Still is. And so he probably put that in even without us, like a good man. That's what the AHA is about. So uh, go check them out, homebrewersassociation.org, and just click the AHA link on the homepage, and you can join. It's really cheap. Plus, you get Zymergy Magazine. There's there's no reason you... Get, you... you get to buy uh, tickets to the Saturday afternoon right. session at GABF. The best which one. Which is right. by far the best one. Right? It's it's almost the only one to go to oh if, you're, really, if, yeah, if you're serious you about it. Yeah. 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 If you're serious about beer, you go to that one. That's it. Now, if you're like me and you just like people watching, you go to Saturday night because oh, it's yeah. a... Shit show. Saturday night right. is hilarious. It's, you get, hilarious. it's hilarious. You can just see people zip-tied getting escorted out. Oh, it's yeah. Really fun. <laughs> it's like... What's, what's the highest hour you got? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As you step over their vomit. Uh, but, yeah, so you get to the Saturday day session, which is really the one to go to if you're a beer fan. So, all right, go check them out, homebrewersassociation.org. All right, we've got another amazing beer in our glass from you guys. Tell Stop. us about this one. What is this? <laughs> yeah. And, by the way, keep going. Uh, Black Angel, is that what this is? Yeah, this is Black Angel. So Black Angel was um, – uh, beer. It was actually the second. I didn't talk about this earlier, but Genesis was the first sour beer we ever made, appropriate to the name. And then uh, Black Angel was the second. And we actually brewed these beers originally. When they, and they've definitely changed from what they originally were. Uh, but we brewed them at a, another brewery called Craggy, which uh, ended up kind of transitioning ownership and going out of business. But they were on the tail end, and they had extra space and extra fermentation space, and uh, let us store some barrels there. So we actually did that beer there first. Uh, it's kind of become our you know, the, the more cultish of our sour beers. Um, okay. The idea was, actually, I'm a really big fan, or Luke and I are both really big fans, of the Bell's Cherry Stout they do with the Bing Cherries. And so we did the Blonde Sour, which seemed obvious at the time, because it was like, well, if you're going to make sour beer, you make a Blonde Sour. And then so we said, well, it would be a good dichotomy to that, and we're going to do a Dark Sour. So we basically built this as a Black Saison Grist, 
Um, we're using all carafa for color. Um, originally, it had a little bit of chocolate, and we pulled that out because we actually didn't feel like we needed it as dry as it was to still get that chocolatey flavor. But then we hit it with a pound per gallon of tart cherries, uh, and then that goes into bourbon barrels from different distilleries in Kentucky. And then we're using a blend of fresh bourbon and then one, two, and three year or three use bourbon uh, because again, being so dry, if it's all bourbon, the bourbon character is kind of overwhelming. Uh, it's so. not overwhelming at all in this. And that could ruin any good beer to me, is to have that heavy bourbon flavor. Especially with uh, sour yeah. beer. Oh, they yeah. can often clash, and this is about as well done as it gets. What yeah. kind of carafe are you using? It's a special a, three. Yeah, it's number special three. three. Okay. Yeah, special three. So it, the dehusk, and I mean, the whole goal of that is to keep the roast character super low and let the acidity and the cherries really just be the, the showcase. So that's yeah. where you get most of the color, but... A little flavor? Is that what you're saying? Very little flavor out of the Carafa 3? You know, Carafa 3, I, I think that you get, um, instead of that sort of astringent coffee flavor, you get more of, um, I don't know how to how to describe it exactly, that, that kind of like more sweet, the chocolate side. Yeah, of, I always get like the sweeter, almost like a milk chocolatey. Yeah. Or okay. like cacao nib, but in a, a little softer way. So there's a little acrid character to it, which makes it really gentle, but you're still getting chocolate okay. in the right proportion. I mean, this has, uh, in a 15-barrel batch, we're doing um, 110 pounds of uh, Carafa 3 to get color in this beer to make sure it's nice and black. And with that, you know, when you're using that kind of, uh, I guess, percentage, just about 10%. Um, or maybe a little under ten, or a little over ten percent, maybe twelve percent of the grist. Okay. So it's it's giving you a, at that percentage, you're getting flavor character into the beer. Got it. Uh, but the big yeah. thing on this is yeah. we really so it goes in the bourbon barrels with the fruit. Uh, we let it age out, and then the blending is probably more important on this beer than than anything because if um, like keeping the acidity from getting too low because mm-hmm. if, it, if if the blend is too low, then all of a sudden it starts to really fight that little bit of roast character. So the goal is, you know, really just kind of layer the balance of the bourbon, the chocolate, and the uh, and the cherries, and, and create something that's um, uh, kind of approachable in a lot of ways. Okay. Do you do the the cherries in the stainless in this beer like the other, the raspberry? Yeah, not like the raspberry. Um, the raspberry is kind of a new technique we're starting to play with with the post soured fruiting where we're blending onto the fruit. This actually. Uh, after primary, so again, we do 100% Britannomyces uh, with our, our house blend, which is which is basically you know one third uh, Tua to one third Brux, and then we'll open ferment that, take it down to about this beer I think is about two Plato or, or 1.008, um, going into the blending tank, and then it goes into the blending tank. We blend Cassette, who's our, our mother sour, and then we'll we'll add that one pound per gallon of tart cherries. And then right there, we'll, we'll let that re-ferment um, at ambient, which in there is about, you know, we keep it about 72-ish, 74. Okay. Um, not really picky about what the temperature or the space is, kind of just let it be where it is. Because um, at the same time, all those esters being developed there, that's really going to get broken down again by the brett and the bacteria in the barrel. Uh, so it's not something we're really afraid of at that point. Um, and then once we let it sit there, come all the way down to finish, um, which, again, is about two Play-Doh. We'll go into barrels. And then in the barrels, you know, there's still potential for a little bit of fermentation happening because, obviously, it's going to it's gonna eat up that last little bit of sugar over time. So you want to be aware of that when you're dealing with your barrels. But um, basically, at that process, we lay it in the barrel for, for six. Uh, this is a blend usually of multiple batches. So the the base of the beer is mostly like maybe six to eight month range, but then there's usually maybe one or two younger barrels and then one or two older barrels that make it into the blend that really kind of kind of bridge that gap between having some 
um, some malt character and some sweetness in the beer, and then also having the appropriate acidity. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows that I'm no math wizard, but if you're blending different proportions from from the barrels and and from the batch, am I right that you're and you you're left with some beer because some more might come from this and less from this. And you must have beer left. What's done with the beer that doesn't get blended in is what I'm getting at. Is there beer that doesn't get blended in? Well, there's definitely barrels that get dumped in the program. I mean, if you're not they willing to... just get dumped. D- I well, see. Okay. only if it's a, something that's exhibiting um, flavors we don't like. If we're seeing off flavors, we're, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, acetic acid or something is being okay. produced. You know, we're, we're, we're getting acetobacter. Like, that's a dump barrel. Like, we don't even mess with that. As soon as we notice that, as soon as we mark it for that, it's, it's down Gone. the drain. Okay. So that happens. But what you're talking about is, and that could be a, a bunch of off. But now you're, we're talking about beers that you are going to use. You're still blending some of this one, some of that one. So some gets left behind. They'll just make it in a future blend. It's a future blend. Okay. So those will just rest. So say we did, uh, let's talk about, you know, I said a few younger barrels, right? So let's say a five or a six-month barrel makes it into that blend. Well, that rest of that batch, that was maybe 5%, 10% of that batch. The rest of that batch continues to ages, and eventually that becomes the base the older of the batch one. Okay. that then gets blended into other batches. So I see. that's yeah. what works for these. And again, you know, the process and the program is changing and developing. But for core brands, you know, it's really based around having that. Because at the end of the day, like, we lose control, right? When we put it in the barrel and we add our bacterias, um, we're basically saying, like, I've made a beer that I'm proud of, and I think that you're going to like this. And then we give it to them. And they sit on it, and they do what they want to do. And it's really our job to just kind of wait and mm-hmm. get it to that point. And then we get control again when we can start blending. The blend part. So having a little bit of flexibility in the range of a city, in the range of flavor development. You know, I think the cool thing about blending is that you have all these barrels, and some of them are really, you know, one maybe just be like crazy cherry esters, right? And the other one's got um, the, the Brett characters really well developed. The other one might be a, a little balsamic-y, kind of a little bit of a, acetic acid character, which can be pleasant yeah. right, in a blend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taking all of those things that are maybe spikes in individual barrels, but when you bring them together, you end up just with these little spikes kind of that are, that are hanging above the mean, and, and that's really what makes something special is like all those little moments of complexity that create a beer um, that you know that you're excited to go back to and drink. Okay, but you when can you, never get out of one barrel. You just never. Get yeah, it by exactly. And that's why you know it's so hard to do sour beer because it takes so many barrels. Yeah, you know, like you, you, uh, just being over at Rare Barrel. You know, they've got fourteen thousand square feet. Yeah, I mean, we have twelve thousand square feet in our barrel house, so it's very close. But um, you know, gosh, I, the guys that are trying to do sour beer, yeah, uh, in a thousand square feet, it's it's so tough it's because you know you've got so many barrels. It, I I don't know what is it? It's probably maybe 10, 10, 15, 20 percent of barrels, depending on where you are, are not coming out the way you want. Okay, you know, wow. I have so, a question well. from the chat about that. Actually, um, if you have a barrel that has an off flavor, do you just trash it? I think that's a tough question, and it really depends on the off flavor. Is if it's a curable off flavor or not? I mean, we definitely have had barrels that we will um, basically. I mean, there, there's not a whole lot that can live through 200 degree water. So if you take a barrel that maybe you're having some off flavor with, and you hit it, uh, you know, with 200 degree water, let it soak, and then come back out, and, and you know, you can always look at sulfuring or or doing uh, citric acid, potassium metabisulfite. Those are all things that are going to help decrease uh, other organisms growing in that. But, you know, if you, if like a barrel program our size at this point, which isn't that big, you know, we've got 550 barrels in the program. Um, and we are hopefully, you know, we're growing that. But um, we don't, we don't, we don't personally risk that. If I have a barrel yeah, that we that doesn't right. taste good, like that 150, 200 bucks I spent on that barrel 
is not worth risking the amount of time and energy that goes into the beer produced. That's that what I was thinking. So if you have a so strong Acetobacter component, oh, gone. You'll just, not even. The whole barrel. Not whole the liquid, barrel. Yeah, but yeah. The, the wood. Yeah, goes everything, right. everything yeah. just goes out. Yeah, those, are, those are turning yeah. into tap right. handles now, and sure. chairs yeah. and planters. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which they're beautiful. But <laughs> right. the, Very nice know, tap handles. Employees that touch that barrel, they generally get fired. you got to get out. Right. It only makes sense. guillotine comes out. Acetobacter Bob, get out of here. <laughs> and stop hoving around too. Yeah. yeah. Who's uh, who's doing your labels? These things look awesome. Those are good too. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that because how we actually had, we had so much uh, so many people asking us about who does the artwork at um, at Wicked Weed and this guy Howell Golson we found. Um, you know, I think we kind of took inspiration from breweries like like Jester King. Um, you know, I think kind of one of the original guys doing cool labels was. Uh, um, uh, Jolly Pumpkin, you know, their their yeah. have always been crazy cool, and we just felt that you know when people are spending however much on a sour beer, it's sh- the the label should be as intricate and take yep. as much time as the beer to produce and really be a you know we all drink with our eyes first, and I think like setting somebody up for the kind of experience like you're looking at Genesis, it's got crazy tropical fruit and this really like Amazonian thing. Well, I mean that was the idea for the beer was to be like kind of a lighter tropical bright experience, whereas uh, you know Black Angels is crazy like. I don't know. It's like a woman's He had a lot of acid in college, I'm pretty sure. Listen, they're the best people now. Well, no, actually, they're the worst people, but they're the best artists. (laughs) He does great work. (laughs) The only problem is the time frame. Sometimes you're like, dude, seriously, you're still working on that label? He's like, Like, well, listen, I've been tripping for 48 hours. (laughs) 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 What's cool, too, is not just the artwork, but the label itself. It's not just a square label with cool artwork. It's kind of like a scroll, you know, and it's not just a rectangle. The whole idea of and if you come to our pub you'll kind of see the same thing is is details flow from every part of the process it's not just what's inside the bottle it's what's outside the bottle yeah you know so that was the whole idea here we we instead of just saying well you know we can do a square label like let's take the time and and we did a bunch of different drafts of what we wanted our label to look like Nice. And it costs a little more money, but, you know, at the end of the day, we have something really, it's a piece of art. Yeah. Well, even so. like the bottle, like we, we're the first people in the U.S. to use this bottle. Um, it was, uh, we sourced it from Germany through um, a Canadian glass company. Um, and it's basically like a 500 mil champagne bottle. So just, you know, a third smaller than your typical American 750. Okay. And, you know, again, we just wanted something that was a little different yeah. to be on the market. And it actually ended up costing us... Uh, like some pretty valuable time waiting while like our bottling line's ready to package. <laughs> I'm sitting here waiting on the first fucking tanker to come across the ocean. Right. So, you know, it, but it worked out and uh, it's a great bottle for yeah, us. Yeah, it's cool. They're actually, they've, they've started slanging it, the Wicked Weed bottle. Nice. There's no wow. other, no other brewery cool. so yeah. Do you guys use the same bottle for your sour and non-sour beers? So we don't bottle any non-sour. We don't share any equipment. I call... Walt's Sour Brewery, the Black Hole. Sure. <laughs> right. Bring it, it goes to me. To the black but, but you don't, never yeah. you don't have back. a nice, That's clean rule, bottling line. No, we, mm-hmm. we just have a six-head Mahin uh, bottle small. filler. And, yeah, we will be, you know, uh, next fall we're going to be bottling clean beer, but it's totally separate. So okay. as soon as anything touches sour beer, it never touches clean beer. And that is, uh, yeah. So you've That's never gone the to the Funkatorium. That's the rule. 
I I walk in there in a hazmat suit. Okay. Okay. I just want everybody to I've seen photos (laughs) on our blog. Yeah. Yeah. I hear about it on a daily basis. I know that it's four blocks that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a, you know, like an eight-year-old girl touching a worm when I go in there. It's just, <laughs> it's gross. Yeah. 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 I just got lactobacillus on me. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I mean, actually, you know, as much as Luke says all this bullshit, like, he really has an amazing palate, and um, I lean on him really heavily when blending, because he's a really great kind of op- opposition voice as far as um, his uh, tolerance of acidity and things like that. Um and just trying to create, you know, softer, more approachable sour beer, which is kind of our goal in this program was like, I think we'll take things a little further. But right now they've really been more about um, creating beers that are pleasing to the palate. And, and I think it's really important for us being kind of a beacon of sour beer in the southeast and that like there's not a lot of people doing it. So it's really important that we're producing beers that are approachable, yeah. that don't have off flavors, that are kind of delicate but complex and like can draw people in and get them in, engaged in, in a style that I think really does have a lot of potential to like. Do yeah, something special in craft beer. Yeah, don't be part of the problem, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to spread this sour beer thing. I think you're doing it right. To, walk me through a little bit how, how a blend happens. Because I can't really picture how you end up with the, you know, the right amounts in the end. Is it literally just several pitchers of, of the beer out of the barrel in front of you and you blend in a glass? I, I really have no idea how it happens. Well, first of all, we drink a Stein of double IPA. Okay. Get the palate right. <laughs> and get the palate right. Because right. yeah. yeah. right. that's yep. a good beer. Ca- calibration right. is key. Okay. Got to calibrate your instruments. <laughs> yeah. Or inter- whatever. Yep, those. Um, no, so what we do, uh, as far as you're saying volumes, I mean, the beer really dictates the volume in a lot of ways. I mean, Luke and I will go to blend a beer and we'll say, okay, well, we have a 30-barrel a bright tank this is going to go in. So obviously the maximum amount I can blend is 30 barrels, but really only beer or barrels that meet the criteria of the blend will make it in. So if there just aren't enough that meet that, I mean, obviously we're not going to blend a 10 barrel batch into a 30 barrel tank. That's just a waste of time. You just sit and wait a little longer. Um, But that's kind of really where it comes down to. We're, We're looking to basically just do a blend of the barrels that meet the criteria of whatever that blend is. And usually that's okay. within the 25 to 30 barrel blend. But then when you sit at a tank, you still have to blend oh, a like tiny right. batch to taste right. before you decide, all right, we want uh-huh. 30% of this, 20% of it, right? How do you yeah. test? So what we do a lot, and we, and we do this on the clean side too, um, if we're doing like a spice beer or something, we'll, we'll tincture out okay. the, the spice. So we'll do yep. a test before we go and throw it into, you know, what's a potentially a, a, a shit ton of beer. Okay. Um, so on the sour side, we'll 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 take uh, basically probably about two hundred uh, milliliters of each barrel, and then we will dose into a larger um, graduated cylinder that. We can basically see exactly the amount of each barrel. Got it. And, you know, you, you go and you do a couple different runs of that, and you find yourself uh, the one that you like. And then you're literally so, just tasting it and it's just figuring tasting. out what you it, want more of from each uh, component. Yeah, well, that's all on your palate. Yeah. Okay. That all happens, like, after, like, a kind of a initial assessment. I mean, it's pretty intuitive stuff. Like, we take all the barrels. We taste the barrels. We then, upon tasting each barrel, we've taken notes on the characteristics we're getting out of each barrel. Um, and at that point... We decide. So maybe there's 30 beers, 30 barrels that we've sampled for the blend because we've got an idea of what the blend looks like, right? It's it's largely this and then a little bit of that and a little bit of this, and those all come together. And then as we taste through, we kind of pick and choose. And then we do maybe usually somewhere we're pretty – we've gotten pretty close where it's like two, maybe three different 
blends that okay. we've tried, and then we taste those side by side, and then that kind of defines what the what the final blend of the beer will be. Does it have to be unanimous uh, amongst the brothers what the final beer is? Um, you know, actually, no, it definitely doesn't. Okay. Um, you know, but we we tend to agree for the most part. Okay. Um, there's been a few times where there's been some discussion, but. That's where um, the Stein of, uh, yeah. of double IPA. That's where that comes in. <laughs> where, has there ever been a fist fight? There's not been a fist fight. That's just like month um, two, I think. Okay, good. Once again, rock climber golfer. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna throw that Let's out go there. fine. Your yeah. blend works, yeah. asshole. He uses fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you bring a club. Right. He brings his fist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's uh, you know the good thing is that um, with sour beer, patience is key. It's key to making yeah. great sour beer. So if we don't agree on something let's let it sit for a minute and let's come back to it and that may be over a pint it may be over more tasters so sure um but i think that's a really great thing um for any home brewer um any any brewer in general you know find somebody that you trust and take your beer to them and and say is this is this right yeah and we trust each other very much and i you know um we spent a lot of time arguing in our in our life and because of that we can be very honest with each other and i think that honesty develops really great beer now yeah because we can go to each other and be like dude you're full of shit this this is no good (laughs) or awesome great job and we know when that when that awesome or or terrible comes out of one of our mouths it's it's real you mean it Yeah. yeah so i think it's allowing us to make very unique beer because of that relationship yeah yeah well it's clearly working with the sour beer, do you guys have an idea from brew day of what that batch is going to be? Or do you kind of maintain a certain amount of like light, pale or blonde, mm-hmm. sour beer, amber and dark, and then you kind of have an idea, okay, I want to make this. And so I'll, I'll take so mm-hmm. much dark, so much amber and so much blonde. Yeah. And how I, do you do that? And I think like that's, again, where we're talking about like it's not a straight line, you know? Sure. Like yeah. everybody yeah. has different processes. Um a lot of what we do are their preconceived ideas. Like the beer is what it is in our head going into the barrel, and then we're trying to achieve that coming out of the barrel. But at the same time, like uh, Frembos Mort, the one you tasted earlier, yeah. and that was mm-hmm. obviously a blonde sour that we decided to do something else with. So we're doing a little bit of both. Um, so the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. So I great. can't imagine knowing from, from point A, to, planning right. out from point A to point point B. I right. can imagine going, we want it to be this style, we want it to have these characteristics, we want it to be dry and this sour, but anything in between, I just can't imagine. But no. there is, like, right now we just poured um, Oblivion. Oblivion Sour, which is our red sour. And uh, this is a beer that we brew and we take entire batches. So I think to your point, like, we're not we're not brewing, like, uh, a dark sour, an amber sour, and a blonde sour, and then blending those together to create a red sour. This beer is a specific beer that's brewed in our brew house, and, and that differentiates us from some other sour programs because I think what you're sure. saying is is common among sour brewers. They're, they're going out and they're, they're maybe brewing, like, just some basic beers and then maybe blending in different ways or spices and and there's nothing wrong you make fantastic beer like that but we've chose to kind of also uh go after creating a a specifically brewed beer and oblivion sour is that we do it with uh um this one's with uh blackberries and dates uh and then it's aged in red wine barrels it's basically our um 
I don't know, it's our ode to uh, La Folie mm. and these other uh, fantastic Cons- red consecration. sours. Consecration. Consecration. Really mm-hmm. uh, oh, wow. Well, it's an ode to good beer. I love this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cool, so, just because I can, I don't own a brewery. Uh, it's better than La Folie. It's different than Consecration. Um, but it's on, it's, it's on that same vein. It's on the same vein. It's less... Um, is it less acidic, is it, or is it yeah, less? I would say yeah. It's not as strong. It's not lower as big acidity. As, uh, it's also less. I agree. It's also less tart. I think than consecration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a. You know what it is. I shouldn't even say better than lawfully. It's a more. Uh, it's smoother and a little more palatable than both of those beers. If you're not a huge sour fan, yeah, because it has sour components. It's definitely tart and sour, but it's not. Both of those beers can really. They're a little over the top. They're for yeah. people like me who are big yeah, sour. Yeah, this, has a bit of, this one's a good kind of, you know uh, what? Try a, this before you try yeah, Consecration. You know, it's got a bit of a it's sweetness the way there, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, it's from the, is one that, you can try as a stepping stone to getting. Yeah. Is that sweetness from the from the fruit, do you think? From the blackberries? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think this, the sweetness, again, this beer is zero, you know, going into package. So there's not residual sugar in there. Uh, I think it's really more attributed to, like, the the... Esters produced from consuming the fructose, and um, you know there's there's uh, the gl- glycerol remaining in it, so you have like yeah. a little bit of mouthfeel, which I think plays into that. And anytime you have fruit character, you always sort of, your mind always looks yeah. sweet, yeah. right? Perce- right. Perception yeah, of sweet. sweetness. Yeah. And that was the goal for us in this: is that like that's those are the things we loved about good Flanders red or or, yeah. or American style reds is like that blackberry date kind of you know burgundy component to it and so we just kind of wanted to layer a little bit out of the background to try and amplify those things and then again you know say, you're right it's not the ph is not as low yeah. as those beers and and that was a conscious choice we've made i think over time it may start to move up as people's palates kind of progress but i think i'd be careful about that because i really uh, like it it's kind of a refreshing thanks. difference it has all the complexity that i like about those beers both lawfully and consecration, mm-hmm. but it's a little. It's just. It's not more as rough. Drink, more drinkable. I, yeah, it's more drinkable. So, so be careful. To, to I've enjoyed the range like that you guys have had. Thank you. There have been some very assertively sour beers, and there have been some very mildly sour beers. Yeah. So I mean, especially you guys are describing the demographics being North Carolina mm-hmm. and not having the exposure that everywhere else has. Yeah. And so having the variety, I think, is a, a great thing, and you guys are doing all of them well. Well, you know, I think that. Um, we, I don't even know how, you're making Luke so happy right now. I, so you know, really I just want you to know that. Really, that's why I was like, I, I started like butterflies in my stomach. He's right always now. fighting well, to push the like, blend, Michael. Oh. Um, so, so here's here's the cool thing is that we were talking earlier because we we spent the day at, at Rare Barrel. We were tasting, uh, you know, La Folie out of the fooders earlier this week over at GABF. Um, sour beer, um, it's growing. It's growing, yeah. and, and I have had zero interest in sour beer, and, and until that we got our program up and going. I thought um, until now, and we were saying it's right good. now. Just <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so you say it was here. You're welcome. If you no, guys but, say so. But, but here's the thing: is that I, I think that sour beer in its growth is going to grow much like pale ale grew into IPA, right? So right now, I feel like we're at IPA for sour beer. Yeah. And pale ale hasn't really happened um, in the bitterness side of things. So, okay. like, you, if you can if you can equate, and this yeah, is that my, scares me, right? Like, think like about the like, cart before the horse. Oh, that's kind of what happened to me. I, you know, a lot of sour beer that's out there right now is very acidic, very like in your face. Like this is sour. Yeah, and we are a little under that. 
Um, and I think there's a range. You know, there's there's your your amber ale, there's your pale ale, there's your IPA, there's your double IPA. And why can't that be the same thing in the in the sourness of your sour beer? I hope you're right that it's it stays like that instead of all just be? going right. to double IPA. Right? right. You go it, in yeah. and you're like, you know, I feel like having like a super sour. Sometimes, beer, right? absolutely. But Sometimes. then occasionally you go in and you say, I just want a little bit of tart. I and then I right. yeah, I want a yeah. Berliner Weitz right. or or the first uh, beer that you gave us, it won last year. Yeah, uh, a little soft. Brett, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah. So this is a good comparison that you make. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. they don't all go to in your face, everyone's a double yeah. IPA. Well, yeah. I kind of feel yeah. like we're, we're kind of where double IPA was in the early 90s in some ways with American Sour Beer, where it was just like, how many IBUs can I put in this beer? And like, yeah. they were pretty intense. And, um, you know, not, I, I, the curve's amazing. Like, watching the progression of American Sour Beer and just like my short experience in, in the industry. Yeah. Uh, the beers being made now compared to like three years ago, or it, I think we will make some of, I mean, it will be hard to ever make the best sour beer in the world because there's some pretty good blenders out there in, yeah. in Belgium. But I think in a few years, like, we will be making You'll really, be really world, we'll be in the game, yeah. you know? And uh, it's just a process for us all. And, and that means you kind of, it's, it's the American way, right? You, yeah. You like, you just charge in there, like, no holds bar, like, push it to the max and then go, oh, well, maybe max is, uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe yeah. I shouldn't have gone, maybe I shouldn't have turned it to 11, you yeah. know? When something's well, new, people want flavor intensity. Mm-hmm. And then once that's understood, it becomes this idea of a balance and interesting. Mm. And then beer. drinkability, yeah. right? I mean, that's what we all, I mean, that's I one think, of the things I love about going and drinking, even even uh, like drinking Jean's beer at Cantillon. I mean, they're softer and there's like a lot less acetic acid in those beers yeah. than I taste in a lot of American beers. That's why and you get I them by drink, the pint over there. That's yeah, what I'm because saying. Because you drink yeah. it like a pint of beer. We drink pints, right? Yes. That's what we do. Yeah. And and that's how drinkable that beer is. That's how sour beer was meant to be drank. Mm. I always say this to people uh, when we talk about sour beer is that, you know, there's there's only a couple reasons why we drink it in tiny glasses here. The main one is that it's so expensive. Yeah. Uh, it's expensive for you to make. It's expensive for us to purchase as consumers. Uh, the other reason is we consider it such a, a novelty. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just a fancy beer, right? Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if you were drinking sour beer back when sour beer came out, you were drinking it by the pint. Yep. And you, I can still go by Cantillon by the pint in Brussels at a couple different bars. Yep. Some of them are creepy. Um, <laughs> but they give it to you in – it's not quite – I'm exaggerating a little bit. It's not quite pint size, but it is well bigger than you're going to get at yeah, any bar in, in America. Yeah. Or when you get out a bottle to share with your friends here in the U.S. and everyone gets – you know, a thimble. Yeah, right? yeah. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, I'm sharing this with you guys. Isn't that nice of me? And we all get a little sip. Right, yeah. it is a. It's such a drink. It, it should be anyway. Such a drinkable beer that if you can't have a pint of it, something's wrong. Those Amen, creepy bro. bars have been doing that for a hundred years. Yeah, and they've yeah they have their Tune. fans. You know, Tune in Brussels. Roger Davis turned me out of that weird little place. It's a uh, pup. It's a puppet bar. Uh, it's right off of the. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, Marionette. Uh, it, it's it's right off of Grand Plots. It's not far from there. He's very fancy. And, he just got back from Paris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's not a fancy bar. They do little puppet shows there. and um, But you go in, and when you order a Cantillon, they pour you a glass. They don't, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, it's eight euros. It's, not, it's, I it's think like it was the, a pint. It was basically the only beer they had, uh, which was <laughs> well, the, pretty much the awesome part. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you just go in and order a beer. I'll take a beer, and you get, like, Irish. Well, that's not exactly. <laughs> when I, when I went, there was, there was quite a few different beers. Maybe, that, maybe it was before that. After you order a beer, you get a little dancing puppet on the bar? Or how does that? <laughs> there's a puppet <laughs> show. No, and there's a stage in the back where they do marionette shows. You sit around a theater. There's a bar side. And then there's a theater side. And by oh. sides, I mean it's like from the studio to out into the hop grenade. It's right, it's right next to you. 
And anyway, that was my first experience drinking Cantillon in Belgium, and, I, and they gave it to me by the pint. And, yeah. and other places That's I went, great. they did also. And I want to, by the way, I keep delivering this message. I've said it several times because I hope that one day when sour beer becomes popular and maybe more affordable to make uh, because you've, you, you've been building up your program, mm-hmm. you're not just sitting on beer, uh, that we can all afford pints of sour beer. Mm-hmm. That is my dream for America. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm running for president. Yeah, 2016. It's happening. It's going to happen. I'll vote for yeah. you. <laughs> it's my platform. Mm, Pints yeah. of that's, sour for everyone. That's sour. Justin's I have a dream speech. <laughs> that was, yeah. That's as good as it gets right there. That's my I have a dream speech. Thank you, Reverend. Yes. <laughs> All right. We're running out of time because we have just a, a few other things that we got to do, and it's getting late. And eventually, oh, but we brought you a pumpkin beer. Yeah, should we, we did. Should we oh. even do news? I mean, um, let's just keep drinking uh, the wicked weed beer. We can, can do skip. We can skip feedback. Don't we have to do the news? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess. I think we have to do the news. So why don't we do this? We'll take a break. We'll come back and um, we'll taste that other beer. God damn it! And we'll do the news at the same time. Yeah. We, you know, they uh, it's a little uh, uh, torturous because it's pumpkin beer. Well, we, we just we had, why are you going to fuck up a good show? <laughs> <laughs> why are you going to get all this way through the show and then go, hey guys, here's a pumpkin beer? That's why we brought it. We just That's had, why we brought we it. We just had one of the main proponents it's of pumpkin be the beer. Best on. Pumpkin beers I've ever had a couple so weeks ago. So don't we owe it? We do. All right. Can I? Can I do this? Am I allowed to tell you if it's bullshit? Like absolutely. Absolutely. I can be one of the brothers for a minute and just tell you it's bullshit. All right. Then let's try the pumpkin. Brutal. Brutal. Honesty. All right. We're gonna take a break right now. When we come back, more from Wicked Weed Brewing Company. And by more, I mean pumpkin beer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hang in there. It's the session. Triple eight four zero one beer. If you want to ask guys the questions uh, or. Hit the chat button on the homepage. We'll be back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Introducing Clarity Firm from White Labs, an amazing tool for pro brewers and home brewers. Clarity Firm is an endoprotease that will reduce chill haze and increase the stability of your beer and produces gluten-reduced beer. Clarity Firm is easy to use. Just add it when you pitch your yeast, and Clarity Firm will do its work during fermentation. When fermentation is complete, chill haze will already have been addressed. In addition, reduce the gluten content in beers made with barley and wheat with Clarity Firm. Most beers made with Clarity Firm will test below 20 parts per million, the current international standard for gluten-free. Better looking and more stable beer with the added benefit of reduced gluten so you can pour your beer for more friends and customers. Why wouldn't you use Clarity Firm? Clarity Firm from White Labs. The reasons are crystal clear. Learn more at whitelabs.com. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! 
What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops, hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today segmented demented Fermented, fermented. It's the session. All right, welcome back to the program. We got a little bit left to do. Yeah, and I think a lot of beer left to drink. Yeah, so <laughs> I like haven't, I haven't even had any of this beer. Doc, Doc, how are you? Uh, how is it that you sound drunk though? <laughs> because I've, <laughs> uh, I've two things. <laughs> two things. That's just, number one, that's just how I sound. Um, I have a driver. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I've been out there in the bar. Oh, I see. You just are out there drinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think I'm just going to sit out there and oogle you guys? No. <laughs> Do nothing. Well, you're just in time for uh, Luke's lifelong dream, uh, dream of a meltdown. So. Is. Yeah. This is oh. it, baby. Uh, can I help? Yeah. I think you already have. <laughs> All right. I was told before the break that we had... Uh, Pumpkin beer, indeed. We have and that. We do. Yes, and we do. Here, let me let me rinse my glass out Here, with water start. so that I make sure I get every nuance uh, of the. Uh, you know, I'm really bummed about that JP's I'm, I'm, not here because I really just want to like watch him drink this and then say, "Suck it, JP." <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you didn't say pumpkin beer, but uh, my brother pumpkin. keeps sending me yeah. every pumpkin beer he's tried, and he's trying every one. Which and one? He, he, well, he's, he's which brother? Dave. Dave. Yeah, he, he's the manager of the Bevmo. 
So oh, that's gets, right. Yeah, so he gets kind of everything. And I, I showed him a picture of one. He goes, he was really good. He said, oh, it tastes like, like pumpkin rind. Yeah, it did. That's good? Well, the thing is, he knew what he was talking about, which is, I, amazed me about my brother. That brother. Yeah, I, I say the same thing about the guy next to me right Your now. Your brother? brother? Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, Whenever no, he knows like, what he's Jesus, start- I cannot believe that you just said that. Exactly. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. You're welcome. Uh, so, Tell so, us about the beer. All right. So this is not your typical pumpkin beer. Uh, we like using different ingredients and kind of taking a spin on style. So uh, this was our attempt to kind of, I don't know, do something interesting with pumpkin beer. We, we have a local uh, chocolate factory right down the street. They do, they're one of, uh, I believe, two, two or three uh, chocolate factories in the country that roast cocoa nibs in-house. So we used, uh, for a 30-barrel batch of beer, we used uh, two, 200 pounds of locally roasted cocoa nibs. And then we used ancho chili peppers, serrano peppers, habanero peppers, and pumpkin uh, to create this pumpkin beer. Uh, and vanilla. fuck you guys. First of all, <laughs> I'm so pissed off right now because it's fucking good. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Wow. I'm so upset with you right now that I have to now like a pumpkin. That beer. was the whole goal. Well, to be you guys fair, shit on pumpkin beer so hard. <laughs> to be fair, it tastes like a chocolate chili beer. Which yeah, There's not that's, a whole lot that of pumpkin. Is the question. But you, it has you know. the but that's it has the components beer. of a pumpkin beer, we like do, yeah. a nutmeg flavor yep. and some of the spices that you totally expect in a pumpkin beer. And in fact, had you not mentioned that you put cocoa nibs in it, I wouldn't have called them out. Mm. Um, I might have asked you where the little pe- peppery spice comes from, but I wouldn't have said it comes from habanero. But would you yeah. have gotten pumpkin? Would you have thought yeah. it was a pumpkin? Beer? Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's why yeah. I'm upset right now. I wouldn't have guessed pumpkin. I would have guessed chocolate chili. Uh, you would have. That's cool. Yeah. Well, fuck you too, Beardy. Yeah, Beardy. Yeah, yeah fuck me. Yeah. I got I got pumpkin out of it. First off, I really like it. Cool. I've got pumpkin and ashtray. Oh, it made me feel like it made me feel like dirty. And Burning good. Man? Yeah. Dirty no, and no, good. No, no, like Dirty Burning Man. good. That was it. There's uh, nothing wrong with that. More like, like high desert down. dirty. High, uh, high desert dirty. Smoking bongs in the high desert. <laughs> yeah. Doc. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doc, that really meant a lot coming from you. Um, no, you know, the whole idea behind it was really, uh, I mean, we took those, we, we did hit it with nutmeg, allspice, cinnamon, vanilla. So it's got all the spicings in there, but this beer is, is just all about it, and and the name of the beer is called Jacko Hammered. Nice. So you yeah. know why not? <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it is. It's eight and a half percent alcohol too. Okay. So it's it's it, a beefy, just what we needed right yeah, now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Meltdown, baby. Come on. Well, Here we go. The good thing. The good thing is. Why did you bring uh, this one in the largest bottle? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the good thing is, there's no way in hell someone's going to say, "Oh, another pumpkin beer." That's it's that's not the just another pumpkin beer. We, we actually yeah. played around with just calling it another pumpkin beer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, or not not just another yeah. pumpkin beer. Well, because yeah. Luke, he, we he really we started distributing a little bit, you know. So we're trying to do seasonal beers um, to market outside, so people aren't just drinking double IPA. Okay, and so Luke really wanted to do a pumpkin beer, and that he likes pumpkin beer for yeah. some weird reason. Uh, so well, you were like, really, bro? <laughs> really a fucking pumpkin beer? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> so so dogfish head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. That was yeah. rude. So, we're gonna, we're gonna, 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 nothing like, wrong with So I, so I just said, like, we're going to do it, like, 
let's let's do you know I started, we just started throwing ideas out there. It's like what about chocolate? Well, what about chilies? You know, oh, some vanilla would be killer, and then we'll do it on top of this. And so we just kind of conceptualize this beer, and I think it goes to market in a couple weeks or something. So yeah, this will be out in a couple weeks. Uh, Raleigh, Charlotte, all that. Stuff. It's your first time you're doing it. Uh, so we did a batch. The batch you're tasting, we did for our restaurant. We did a awesome. Um, we have a local uh, a local barbecue joint called Twelve Bones, which is just kick ass barbecue. And uh, we paired up with them for our pumpkin beer release slash pig picking. Okay. So we do bluegrass. Uh, we we smoke a whole pig at their restaurant. They stay up all night smoking this thing and basting it and bacon wow. and duck fat. It's unbelievable. Nice. And then uh, we released four pumpkin beers. Okay. Uh, so it's uh, the antithesis of everything that you stand for. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what was the pumpkin sour? So you might have liked that We had a pumpkin one. sour called oh. Pompion. I'd have gone for the pig and the pumpkin did, sour. We had, yeah. we had one. Did you, did you uh, call it our Pompion? Pompion. It means uh, it's, it's pumpkin and duck. Okay, because oh, we're right. fancy. We, we did we did one in honor. We did a smoked pumpkin porter uh, called Birmingham, and we smoked the nice. beer for you, buddy. Birmingham, oh, yeah, that's oh. rad. Coolest thing about the beer, it was smoked in meat smokers. Wow, the the with, malt. With, no with the pork though. With it was like on, it was like so. on the smoker with the pork. So okay. it has like okay. a bacon. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Fantastic. Awesome. And then we have a normal pumpkin beer, and then we have the Jacko Hammer. Did you have other so. beers there, too, or that's oh, yeah, all you all could get? Oh, yeah, it's all of our get. beers. I okay. mean, we then have, I'd have gone. Yeah, yeah. It's 30 <laughs> beers on tap, so there's sour beer and all this other stuff. But you can get four pumpkin beers, and we sold in in uh, in that night, there was a, over a 1,000 pints wow. of, of pumpkin beer wow. that were consumed. That might be, you that's might contact Guinness about that. That might be the we most need to. pumpkin beer ever consumed it's in a, a night. Lot. Without I, vomiting. Yeah. So I woke up the next morning <laughs> without like, vomiting. Yes. So you're actually using pumpkin in the beer. It's not just spices. No, we use pumpkin. pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. It's actual pumpkin. Is in, we do, every batch gets uh, 50 pounds of pumpkin. In what form? Uh, we do pureed pumpkin. Okay. So uh, it's, it's canned pureed. Um, we don't, we, we did a batch last year with, uh, with whole pumpkin that we tried to process and you just don't get anything out of it. It's so difficult. No, it's not good. Yeah. So we, a lot of work and you just don't get it out of there. You don't get anything out of it. You don't get the same pumpkin flavor you're expecting in a pumpkin. It's gotta be roasted right. And you, and you just knock it. It's so much work and, and. You're just disappointed at the end. That was always Jamil's thing, that uh, if you're not going to oven roast each piece of pumpkin, don't bother putting yeah. it in. You, well, you got you to cut it. it. You got to cube it. You got to roast it and hope it comes out okay. So yeah. wh- which brother got to open the cans? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have the idea. You got to open the cans. Right? Going with That's the chocolate's a good a chocolate and, like and pepper cool. is a good idea. Cool. Oh, yeah. well, I, I get the chocolate. Well, what's the base beer before you added all this Brown crap, uh, good crap to it? <laughs> so it's a, a brown ale. It's a brown ale. So what's the, ale. what's the darkening malt? So we are using a combination. <laughs> we're using a combination of shit. Yeah. We use we use a touch of roasted turd. Good because the spices yeah, yeah. are sure going to cover that up. Yeah, the roasted turd, turd yeah. really comes through after the pumpkin, yeah. and that's what really brings a good pumpkin yeah. beer together. Yeah, you know the kind that's been out on the lawn for a week. That one. It's yeah. got some white it's stuff on it. It's going to be aged yeah. just right. Turns white a little. Yeah. <laughs> so not a convert, Tasty. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not yet. All right. No, this All is right. definitely one of the better ones. No, so but I know it's it's a pale 
pale chocolate from Crisp and uh, chocolate malt from Simpsons. Two chocolates. Okay. So we really we were sitting there looking at our board, like, all right, what beer should we bring to the BN? It's like, well, they're gonna want sour beer, yeah, and they're gonna want hoppy beer, yeah. They were like, you know, they fucking hate pumpkin beer, so <laughs> we gotta bring. A pumpkin. Let's just bring a pumpkin beer. It'll be a good conversation. I'm glad it you is did. good conversation. We don't all hate pumpkin beer. Yeah, thank that's you, Doc. True. Thank you. Our producer, our, sorry, our production director, Push Eject. Loves pumpkin beer. Spent one whole session at GABF this week just having pumpkin beers. I also did that. I told him he was a moron, but he had a great time doing it. And Bevo, you enjoyed it I as well? I also did. I found a 18% pumpkin beer. Have you got oh. this one? Did you? Oh, oh really? It just tasted like booze. Yeah. I just got real drunk. Did you get this one, Beav? I haven't. I um, I will no, pass, I actually. Okay. Is the second kid on the way now? I don't, I don't, think, I don't, no. think, I don't think you're allowed to pass. Okay, I guess I won't pass. Yeah, you get yeah. It's okay. I got some Tums. It's cool. There you go. That's all right. You got to have Tums. Yeah, just dissolve it right in the beer. All right, we did it. We did I it, guys. We yeah. got through all the beer. <laughs> oh, we did? We got through we every it. beer? Wow. Way to go, guys. We don't usually do that. Maybe we do have to change the format. Yeah. Why, why am I clapping? Because we got through all their beer. Oh. Yeah. I'm not clapping. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, thank you for sharing all this beer with us, talking with us about great beer today, and, and giving us some good advice. Um, yeah. I smell show of the year so far. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a, late, a late contender. Late yeah. contender. I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping we do Drunk of the Week, because I, I got a brewer who swears to God he's going to call in yeah. for Drunk of the Week. All right. Uh, 888-401-BEER. Uh, we will do Drunk of the Week tonight, uh, if anyone wants to call in and participate. 888-401-BEER. Um, I won't be We'll do, we'll do Drunk of the Week. And so, so guy's looking at me right now like he could win. Brandon? Yeah. Brandon? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, he just wants to hear it. He just wants I to hear it happen. Oh, that's me in the yeah, window. The oh, shit. <laughs> I could win. It's not Justin. It's his equipment. <laughs> that's right. Uh, all right. 888-401-BEER. We'll revive it for this episode. I don't care. Yeah, um, and you're going to cringe every moment, aren't you? Well, we'll see. We'll see how their friends do. Watch his face. <laughs> Calling oh, in. Andrew, don't let me down now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's late there. Now, if he was really going for Drunk of the Week, he might be it's passed probably, out. He's probably under the table so. by now. All right. Well, while we uh, line up our uh, Drunk of the Week calls, we'll do a little beer news. How about that? You ready, Moscow? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. It's the Brewing Network's Beer News, brought to you by homebrewstuff.com. There's a couple of uh, big stories in the news this week. One of them is uh, real good. Uh, we'll start with the uh, the neutral one. You might think it's good. Uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon is uh, defecting to Russia. You guys might have heard this. This made uh, big international news. We talked about it last week. No, we didn't. We did? Yeah. Did, I, you didn't put it in your news, but we had a whole segment on it in the beginning of the show. Of the session? Yep. A whole segment? All right, fine. I'll move right on then. We already talked about it. So did we decide that's good or bad? I I remember mentioning it in passing. We didn't decide. What we talked about is they don't really own a brewery anyway. They contract brew, and now so somebody else owns the offices of Pabst. Oh, okay. All right, well, then let's move on. This one was better anyways. This is the the food. I don't know if you guys remember back in uh, March. There were some Food and Drug Administration uh, pr- proposed uh, regulations um, to regulate uh, breweries giving their spent grain as animal feed, and there was going to be new packaging restrictions. Yep. You guys remember that? Yeah. All right. Well, the FDA has now announced that it is revising its proposal regarding the handling of that spent grain. Uh, they had proposed regulations to solve it. Basically, we decided it was a non-existent problem. The proposal was going to be a drastic change, um, and the animal feed was just going to get way more expensive. Yep. Well, these changes, it was good, Orwellian name, the Food Safety Modernization Act, they called it. But now it's, it, this should ease the concerns of you uh, brewers and farmers out there. In, in its original form, the regulations would have added packaging requirements. The FDA has announced that it is making change. Uh, what? 
Jesus Christ. I'm drunk, too. <laughs> Meltdown. <laughs> wow. Meltdown. Welcome to the Meltdown, wow. everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, they, they, have they changed anything? Dreams. They said they get a lot. They said they got a ton of uh, of feedback from from farmers, consumers. They, they said they got thousands of uh, comments on their website, and they're going to update the four proposed rules to ensure a more flexible and targeted means to ensure food safety. That's a quote from Michael Taylor, the deputy commissioner. For the I FDA. thought they were dropping the thing altogether in terms of of how brewers are concerned. You're saying that they're still just going to figure it out? Yeah, I'm just going to read it instead of trying to ad-lib because I'm drunk. So, uh, Regarding the handling of spent grain, the initial proposal raised concerns that the new rules would require breweries and distilleries to comply with the full human food and animal food, food rules uh, if they made their wet spent grains available for animal feed. The updated version clarifies that human food uh, processors like breweries that create byproducts like spent grain, uh, and they are already complying with FDA food human safety requirements, would not need to comply with the full animal food requirements. So, okay. in other words, breweries originally used the grain to create a product, beer, that's already in compliance. The spent grain would not need to be subject to further regulation. Got it. So that's what I thought, that they're dropping the whole component of They're that dropping role. it. Yes. And from yeah. what I understand, yeah. um, as long as you're not selling... A certain dollar amount yeah, per like year. Two point five million uh, dollars. It's a huge amount of dollar. Okay, uh, and it doesn't affect craft brewers. Good. Basically, is what it comes down to. Fantastic. So, that's, that's what they're I'm saying. Talking. They're saying if it's yeah. safe for humans to consume, it's safe for cows to consume, and it, it shouldn't affect you, craft brewers. Okay. Well, and actually, yeah. like our local, um, our, our state congressman, Congressman McHenry, um, who's a who's a federal, con- I mean, he's in the, the House of Representatives, yep. and uh, he's a huge beer proponent in moving you know beer legislation forward in the state of North Carolina. He came to our brewery. And we talked, and like camera crew was there and interviewed or whatever. And um, he actually went over to our spent grain and like picked a big, big handful. And he was like, I eat this. It's okay. Everything's going to be all right. If I can eat it, cows can eat it. Everything's cool. It was, it was, I love and this he's guy. Just, he's just he's little, awesome. He's uh, little yeah. tall. Yeah. And he fist pumps you every he's time like, he wow. comes in the room. He's great. Hey, look, guys. Fist bump. How you doing, buddy? I eat it. You can eat it. <laughs> I love him so much. Does he have, does does he have to jump yeah. up to chest? <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> chest bump. You guys would be good, good buddies. Yeah, you guys are right there. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> You guys will see eye to eye. Uh, all right, anything else? Uh, yeah, that's good. That was our beer news. <laughs> <laughs> totally this one's good. This one's right. good. Uh, a plumber in Northern Ireland tunneled a hole from under his bed yes. to the local pub 800 feet from his house over the course of 15 years, a court heard last week. I saw so, that. You see how this, so this is a guy, Patsy the guy. Patsy Kerr had been summoned to Omagh County Court after it emerged that he had been the cause of a collapsed sewage pipe at a neighboring house. Kerr told the court about his secret tunnel and the reasons behind it. Now, this is a quote. The wife has a bad snore on her, and after watching the Shawshank Redemption one night in 1994, I decided to do something about it. So, I waited till she was in a deep sleep, and then I set about digging a hole under the bed in the direction of the pub. I used all manner of tools, from spoons to a heavy-duty tunnel boring machine. I managed to sneak down there while she was at the shops. It wasn't till 2009 that I hit the jackpot and came up through the women's toilet mop and bucket room, which I guess means like the janitorial closet in the restroom, right? I guess. So, Kerr went on to explain how he spent the last five years heading to the pub via his tunnel at 11 p.m. and then returning at 1 a.m. undetected by his deep-sleeping wife. More quote from him. To be honest, I was sort of glad I was caught. She was always smelling drink off me in the morning, and I was explaining it away as a natural odor. But recently... <laughs> Which is a weird thing. But recently... You do the same thing, don't you? Yeah. Is this a segment where you're reading news, this bullshit, and we're trying no, to, like, guess... No, this is not real so or fake. fake. Yeah. Here's yeah, the thing. Fake. Yeah, this isn't guess the fake. No. no. And however... 
However, I've seen this too. this story around quite a bit. I can't it's imagine it's real. It's it can't be real. So it's also, not believable. I also read this story off of the internet. It's called yeah. Shawshank Man or Shawshank's yes. husband yeah, or something. I, I saw it too. And what I don't understand about it is. Why didn't he just walk to the pub if it was so that he close? So he did. He did. I read that. Is, do you have the quote about this? Or I, I don't know the quote, but I, he did that at first. But he felt that uh, he was going to wake his wife or get caught. So after watching Shawshank so Redemption, he's like, thrill. "How about this? I'll just you know slip under the bed instead and and go to the pub." Yeah. There's another very good question I think that needs to be asked: How does the pub owner never see this man coming through the front door? This his no, quote. He's kidding. His quote goes on to address that. He said, uh, "But recently, I was finding myself singing rebel songs and stuff. Coming back up the tunnel, it was only a matter of time before I was caught." The landlord was also wondering how I was just appearing out of nowhere at the same time every night and disappearing. Appearing from the women's toilets. I'm <laughs> so calling bullshit on this story. It's, it's, it's it like, can't like, be true. Oh, it's it's so like going, going into the coat closet and going to Narnia. <laughs> yes, yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's like a drunk man's Narnia. Yeah, this, this yeah. guy's like Santa Claus. He's I just really want to believe it. But it is me too. It's I, Ireland. I want it to be true. I want this man to be my hero. There's no fucking. Does way. his wife dig the hole underneath the bed? years it took him to dig the hole. Did you hear that part? How is digging the hole underneath your sleeping wife? Less disruptive than getting up and walking out the door. I think that was covered in the story as well. They covered all their bases. Well, he started shopping. out doing it while she was shopping, but he did say that later on, when the hole got far enough away from the house, he could do it in the middle and of the what, night. What was he Tunnel doing with porn. the dirt? Was he walking out in his pajamas and shaking it out his pant yeah. legs? That's what they did in Shawshank. Right, so, exactly. yes. Right. Yeah. And, huh. Or putting it in his pillowcase and then in the morning getting it. Yeah, exactly. Why not? So. <laughs> Doc's had an idea. The, the front door Doc's really also noisy. been building his tunnel for 15 years. It so happens he lives 15 miles from anything. But got another. You century. think he has a pint in one hand and a spoon in the other? <laughs> Absolutely. Does get into his drinking time? It, right. I've been hauling dirt for Doc for a while. You weren't supposed to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Pretty soon, Doc's going to pop out in our bathroom from Moraga. I really <laughs> hope true. this is real. I do, too. I also hope so, but it can't be. Well, they say the tunnel was finally discovered after the Department of Energy performed a survey on the sewage problem, which turned out to be caused by a pipe that Kerr had uh, hit accidentally, causing sewage to leak into his tunnel over five years. Yet another reason it can't be true. Sewage leaking that would not be in, that tunnel. in your tunnel over five years? You're all good, hey, baby. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. Andy Dufresne only went down that tunnel one time <laughs> in the most awful, mucky crap ever. Yeah, that's true. Uh, one, time. one time. That's good. My friend, you, Andy Dufresne. Doc, that is the most coherent statement you have ever made. You're <laughs> absolutely clock, right. <laughs> All right. Let's just do one final thing to, uh, to wrap it up here. Uh, uh, there were, uh, they laid off about 10% of the workforce at the Molson Coors facility in Vancouver, British Columbia. No I don't know if you guys heard this. Yeah, but now it's being blamed on the increasing popularity of craft beer. Now, the, a union rep uh, called it a fad that he doesn't see lasting, and this is what made the news. This uh, union rep is named Jerry Burgunder. He's a rep for Brewery, Winery, and Distillery Workers Union Local 300. He said that he expects the bottle line workers who have been laid off, well, they'll be back to work soon, he says. He explained 
explains there's been a decline in sales of Molson products due to the dramatic increase in craft beer sales in British Columbia. And he added, quote, uh, we look at these as fads. It happened with Mike's Hard Lemonade and Smirnoff Ice. They become popular, and then they fade out. Okay. Although Dude. I do my part to keep Smirnoff Ice going. You do? <laughs> I'm a big it's fan not, of that game. It's not right. fading in your world. If you drink half of a Smirnoff Ice... Yes, Bevo. And then fill it up, Zima. fill up the Zima's other half gone. with vodka. Yeah, it'll keep you going all night. I'm sure it will. Ghetto Bevo. So I, I hate to screw up the meltdown Don't that's hate. already happening because I wished it so hard. But yeah. you know what? Like if if Coors wants to say that that craft beer is causing jobs lost, I uh, just want to call bullshit on that because uh, it, it just our we are one of 3,100 breweries. We have 145 employees currently. Wow. Uh, we will be opening a facility this week that's going to add 20 to that, and we're building a facility that's going to add another 50. Okay. We're one of 3,100. Uh, jobs are super prevalent. I know people that don't drink craft beer don't listen to this, but craft beer is where it's at. Yeah. We bring jobs to to America. That's right a now. bullshit PR move. I think right? you're absolutely yeah, so right. Yeah, Canada. so yeah. it is, man. <laughs> I'll just yeah. put a, fine, a finer point on it. They just haven't figured out. Now. I can't let that go by. That's no, like, thank you. you. No, not at all. Geez, craft beer brings so many jobs to this country I, right now. I'm positive the craft beer industry is creating more jobs than Molson has absolutely. cut. Absolutely. Uh, net gain for jobs plus less unions plus better beer. That's a win-win-win. Yeah. Well, just think about That's, jobs look for at you guys. How many? How many? There you go. You got, what, probably 20, 30 employees just right here. Well, we don't really pay any of them. Though, so I don't know. <laughs> they if just that like counts. beers. I think we we know we were thinking about that. Between the hot grenade itself has about eighteen. Uh, the BN come on, cut that down. Has another couple. We're we're in the twenty five ish range. Yeah, but employees. Like, yeah. There you go. That's you're, define it. And and the, and the business that was here before us, I think, probably had ten. Yeah. So we've doubled just by moving into this building. I would guess we've and doubled. They're not a brewery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Brewery, and I'm not even a brewery. I'm just in the beer industry. You're just in the beer industry. Yeah. Because, like craft yeah. beer. Yeah. So the ex- so extension of it. I don't know. I agree. Well, listen. Small business alone is yeah. the employer of the U.S. And yep. so now you add a very successful industry like craft beer. I agree 100. Yep. percent Yes, Doc. Before you explode. <laughs> <laughs> I see three employees in the in my my site. in the general vicinity. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's including you. Yeah, that's right. It's 306, yeah. baby. I am the, I'm Another definitely seven. the unpaid hop grenade <sighs> employee, uh, among others. Uh, but yes, uh, cra- I agree with you, 100%. Yeah. Crap beer creates jobs. No in, question. In uh, 2024, Molson will make uh, IPA ice, and then we'll <laughs> figure out what they want to yeah. participate in something that yeah. they think is a variation on what's happening. But it well, will I, take for a one, while. can't wait for that. It maybe. will take some time. Right. Can we do an IPA no, light? It's 2024. No, <laughs> no it is not. That's All right, that, that's IPA. it. I'm going to wrap it. That, that's the worst news segment what there ever was. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it was brought to you, though, by homebrewstuff.com. Yeah. Homebrewstuff.com. They, they don't mess around, unlike uh, me in the stupid news segment. Go to homebrew stuff.com slash promotions where you can still get some killer uh, you know barley wine kits winter warmers because the time to brew that stuff is right now and uh, we love them over there at homebrewstuff.com there you go all right and feedback had we done it would have been brought to you today by beer law center our good friend john over at beer law center you can go to beer I law I missed it you can go to oh you did we did at the beginning uh you can go to beerlawcenter.com uh he'll take care of your trademark like he takes care of mine and you need it because people are douchebags and, and sometimes people are also just naive and either way you just need someone to help don't talk it. about JP when he's not here. Go to beerlawcenter.com. Um, and now I've got Drunk of the Week phone calls. Sweet. Here we go. This should be good. I'm so excited. Can you All think right. it'll be worse than my new segment? Oh, ow. 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 Well, we've got Token from Atlanta. We haven't talked to Token in oh. a while. Okay. Token, what's happening? Yeah. 
What's happening, fellas? How are you, buddy? Token. Token. What's Good, up, man? What have you been drinking What's on? Up? What's happening? Fodies? Uh, I just had a, about a half bottle of bourbon and some homebrew, man, so I'm done. Shit, yeah. Like, <laughs> wait, a half bottle of bourbon and then some homebrew? Hmm. What size bottle? Well, you, well, you know, you know, same, same. Uh, uh, 750 of um, Basil Hayden, man, the good shit. Oh, at least he's drinking the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. can, can you sling? That's good. Uh, you won't mean much token, homebrew. Token, him. Sling some ghetto at us. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> No, I can't do it. I'm sorry, man. Token, oh, like, yeah, Token's like Terrence with a little bit of an accent. He can, he's got no ghetto in him. <laughs> no, he, he, token, token lives in, token in Atlanta. Is, yeah, to, but to, that's as black as he gets. No, Token is scary uh, Terrence. Token. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, what do you mean, like the arcade? Yeah. Like I put it in a game? No. Like, yeah. Now we get it. Like the only brother in Asheville. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of joke. <laughs> uh, well, you sound drunk to me, Token. Hey, I'm, I'm there, man. I am there. What, what kind of homebrew, Token? Uh, I had a Blondale, and then I had a uh, Bohemian Pills. So I was just hitting it all. Okay, so it's pretty <laughs> much all bourbon at this point. <laughs> he's, he's, he's gotta get, <laughs> that's what you're saying. Yeah. Got to get the fizz into the bourbon. Yeah, you know. I Beer mean, before you know, liquor, never been sicker. Uh, no, go, yeah, I took them both at the same time, man. Don't go outside. No. All right. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere, man. Don't I'm proud of you, Token. Don't hang up, Token. I'm just going to put you on hold, and we're going to go talk to uh, Thud Monkey. So <laughs> all right. Hang in there. Uh, all right, let's go to Thud Monkey from Illinois. What's happening? It's the Illinois. Yo. Yo, what's up, man? What's up? <laughs> Yo. <He's> a, <laughs> what's up, boys? That's it. He's no, the, you tell me. He's in the bathroom. Scream back at him. No, I'm not in the bathroom, man. Oh, yeah, you are. Oh, he's hiding from his wife, though. He's sort of, you hear him like sort yeah, of whispering. Uh, you know, no, no man, I don't have a wife, man. I'm 22. I'm a fucking young kid, dude. I'm not, I'm not in the bathroom. <laughs> All right. I hear the echoes. You want my resume? What do you want? Yeah. What? Yeah. What have you been drinking? So I've had uh, two New Glarus Apple Ales today. Wow. Uh, I've had uh, Kentucky Peach Barrel Ale. Fucking good shit, right there. (laughs) All right. Yep. Lenny's Rye Double IPA. You can clock that up at ten. Oh, I got, I got to say Happy New Year to my boy, uh, Scott. Oh, thanks, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah Happy New Year. How was your own Kippur? It was, yeah. it was excellent. I was in L.A., and uh, it was, it, that was the only day I didn't drink beer. It's Jewish New Year? What did yeah. you eat? What did you eat, okay. though? Apples and honey, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Honey, man. You know it. Well, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell if he's happy you with you or angry with you. I know. He's That's how I know he's drunk. No, no. no I'm happy. I'm happy. Do you, man? All right. All right. Uh, got some Victory Dirt Wolves. Oh, that's... Double IPA. Yep. That's big. Uh, some uh, Big Muddy Pumpkin Smasher. Nice. Straight from Illinois. Got some uh, Founder Imperial Stout. Mm. Uh, Galaxy IPA, another one from Big Muddy, had, uh, just a minute ago, Silver Medal winner, Narwhal, the Imperial nar- Stout. There you go. The Narwhal, yeah. Imperial Stout, man. And, uh, right now, what did I just open? I opened another, uh, Lenny's. So, uh, another YIPA. 
Man, you working through all, all this on your own, huh? This man's drinking. He is drinking some. That is a high, great resume. All right. I get drinking. You know what the best part of living in Northern Illinois is? What? Uh, no. Like New Glarus. I drive 20 minutes, hit the border, go to Kenosha, uh, get <laughs> Kenosha. stop at the Woodman. What stop at the Woodman. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting for I the take good. a Juana Tutsa, <laughs> and uh, before you know it, I'm back in the Who's Not. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still waiting for the good part. I get down to the basement. I got a lean lawn, and uh, hey, I wake up in the morning like nothing happened. Uh, like, Stop at the border. Haka want another happened. I get to work. My boss says, "Hey, Haka want nothing happened." Nothing happened. <laughs> what are you saying? Nothing happened. <laughs> I didn't know that Joe Pesci was a listener. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Joe Pesci. Oh, that was uh, hey, so forget good. about it. Forget. That you was perfect. Funny. All right. Uh, <laughs> hang on a second, Thud Monkey. I'm just going to put you on hold. Hang on. Um, I don't think is that a Jewish name, Thud uh, Monkey. Hey, hey, Token. I, I got to let you go because uh, Thud Monkey's had. <laughs> Yeah, that motherfucker said Kenosha. <laughs> yeah, so hang up on his ass. Saying Kenosha. All right, thanks, Token. Good night, Token. All right, uh, there goes Token. But let's go to uh, well, uh, our good friend Blobber on. Uh, oh, uh, yes. This better, this better be good, Blobber. Uh, hey, you Blobber. Have, you have no idea how excited the guest just got, Blobber. Shwee, <laughs> <laughs> Blobber. He's always a good one. Hi, guys. Hey, it's Palmer. What's up, buddy? <laughs> uh, is, everyone, is, everybody, is everybody ready? Uh, we're ready. What do you got? I don't know. Uh, what's going on? Well, uh, if you're calling for Drunk of the Week, you know, you could you could do a song. Uh, as you know, we, we could, well, I never do that. Blobber, I would like to hear a song in French. Oh, no, it's not going to be... Okay, bad, no, bad not French. French. All right, no bad, French. Bad no. French. Are you drunk? Yes. On what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I need a beer. Yeah, get a beer. We got some pumpkin beer. Ah. <laughs> oh, we got Nathan beer. Right, go ahead, Blob. What have you? What are you drunk so, on? So, Burb, is it I, bourbon I, night or I beer was night? I'm on the phone. Hello. Thank you. Go yeah, ahead. we're here, baby. Yeah. Go. Yeah, so I was on the phone, and uh, I, I, I couldn't hear very clearly, but apparently Token called in. So, hi, Token. I missed your call. I'm so sorry, but I, I yeah, I love you. <laughs> All right. There you go. And uh, and uh, so JP's not here. Correct. He's sick, and I was very sad in my heart. And everyone in the chat room is kind of sad because we all love, you know, he's, He's part of the he's part of the gang and he's part of the show. Yeah, he's sick. He's, he's not dying. He's just he's got a cold. That, that well, he cold had cancer. cancer. Can, it's he's, not cancer. He didn't call in cancer. He's, he's hung over from GABF. He's never had that Blobber. much beer in four days. Blobber, he said he, yeah. he, he had a cold, not cold and cancer. I can't cancer. come in. I got cancer. <laughs> yeah, here's how I, the phone call I went. Like, uh, hey, Justin, I, it's I, uh, it's I, JP. I my liver. I've got I another tumor. No, he didn't. He did not. He didn't call in tumor. There's right. a new episode of Doctor Who I need to watch tonight. So 
Now, I found, I found a bar going. in Denver that didn't is have that, an IKEA tap, and I had a lot of them. Yeah. And I had Disney thing? on the television, so it took a long time. Do you think he called in hungover? You think that's what happened, guys? No, I talked to him earlier today, and he sounds awful. Yeah, that's no. how I sound when I'm hungover. No, he was drinking whiskey on Sunday. That's all. I mean, is that's that like a, it, it's a constant, like, Wait till your children doctor's are... Note where they yeah. like, like, dude, I had cancer. Like, I had cancer <laughs> yeah. this year. We you can gotta, never like, question. Never. <laughs> we always have to go, oh, yeah. all right. God, he, is he it your cancer. other thyroid? Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. Hey, my thyroid's back. So I'm gonna I'm be sorry you almost week. died. <laughs> um, so the thyroid, well, it's back. You remember the cancer thing? Yeah. You half died. I gotta give you the other half. <laughs> you guys are awful. We are. So uh, JP. Do I need to give you a resume? Yeah, go quick. Oh, uh, no, song yeah. first. Song, song first. Yeah. Song first. Of course. Yeah. Sing your so resume. I drank, Sing uh, your resume. Uh, I drank a. Wait, um, blubber, blubber. Will you please yes. sing your resume to the tune of any Celine Dion song of your choice? Mm. Oh, sure, I can do that. Perfect. Oh, of course you can. Uh, what song? My heart uh, will go on. Come on. Oh, there oh, we go. Oh, okay. Luke Perfect. Request. Uh, <laughs> they know. No, they know. I drank a pint of saison from some brewery from... Norway, and then I drank a bottle of goose from some brewery in Belgium, but then I drank whiskey, yeah. and then the whiskey was really good. You're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Walter. Thank you, sir. Well done. I'm, I'm not done. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, sorry, you're not done. Carry on. Oh. Carry on. <laughs> no, really. Carry on. There's just one moon and one golden sun, and the smile means friendship to everyone through the mountains, device, and the oceans are wide. All right, okay. now you're done. Thank you, Blobber. Thank you, Blobber. All, right, all, right. all right, I'm going to put you on hold, Blobber, because you are definitely in the running for Drug that was of the amazing. Week. Amazing. And that was that was one of his most impressive. Oh my god! Now it's kind of an old school day because we've got Icky from Reno oh, on the line. And I just want to clarify that this fool sounds. Gross. Hang on a sec. Super icky. No, the icky. best part of this is that you can cancel Drunk of the Week for like a year and a half. Yeah. Like dudes right. are queued up. Yeah. And you do it. Yes. waiting for this you, yes. you have a great guest who asked to bring it back once, and everyone is icky. Th- does this mean that every week we've had all these drunk people waiting to actually give me good phone calls Apparently. and we haven't taken them? <laughs> yeah, that's just listening. Just, yeah. Hi, Icky. Hey, man. <laughs> Devo, you fielded this phone call? How are you, buddy? <sighs> oh, yeah. Um, she literally I'm just zipped good. up her hoodie. Like, are you? <laughs> wait, so I asked, wait, can I just say, I asked him where he was from, and he's like, Reno. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Uh, 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 even my brother, he, my brother met him, and he, and he introduced him as his real name. Yeah. And my, my brother says, no, you're icky. You're icky. <laughs> Oh, Doc, I miss you, man. 
I miss you too. Andy. Oh, I know. I've drank with Iggy before. He's drunk. He's fun. Oh my god. He's freaking rolling. He's hammered. Uh, what you been drinking, Iggy? Oh, I'm. Uh, uh, I'm uh, bottling up some beer for the Nevada State Championships. We got to send our beer to uh, Las Vegas this year. Good luck on that. This is exactly how I sound. Yeah. I'm bottling beer, also. Just yeah, everybody just, knows. yeah, just uh, the same thing. Well, hey, Luke, so, I'll be back so in I, forty minutes. Not at the beginning, but can at the end. Can I read them off? Uh, can, I re- can I read them off in the categories? Yeah, yeah. Okay, five B, six B, ten A, fifteen A. Perfect. I love this. Six B, seventeen A. 17 B and C. Oh, wow. that's A, B, and C. Yeah. And F. Yeah. 17. I'm hitting 17 hard. Did you get that? A, <laughs> yeah. B, C, and F. Yeah. Best and resume then, uh, ever. Eight, 18 A. Oh, wow. 20 A. That's. Uh, These are all your beers? Favorite. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Entering or Did you sample category Both. 17? It sounds like it's what he's <laughs> entering and what he's drank. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not done. <laughs> 23B and 25A, of course. Of course. Uh, right? Naturally. naturally. Well, yeah. I love that category. Um, That's a given. They're all yeah. like strong beers and strong stouts. <laughs> well, uh, one was. So, uh, tell us about your 10A, your American Pale Ale. Ah. Uh, 10A is. Um, it's in place. It's, uh, it's, it's in honor of you, man. It's uh, Plani Light. Oh, okay, cool. Ah, there you go. I believe it's Plenty. Yeah. Plenty. Jazz Brown? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, okay. Uh, do you have to work in the morning, Icky? I only build one-story buildings, though. That's what. That's, <laughs> so it's going to be fine. It doesn't really matter. If I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall so counting on my frame. He's so fallen off the roof so many times. Yeah. That he knows he can do. You can think about structural integrity. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do have that four-story one, but it's It's only got another year in the But but half of it is still up. (laughs) Yeah. No, a a quarter of it. (laughs) All right, Icky, I'm going to put you on hold. Hang in there. Hang in there, Icky. Keep drinking. What? 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 He sounds like the guy from that movie with Dave Chappelle who kills the horse. I don't remember the movie. It's about pot. The whole movie is about oh, pot. That's Harlan Williams. Dazed and confused. Yes. Harlan um, Williams. If you yeah. were single, yeah, he you, does. You do him. That's a good call. Icky. Yeah, because he, he's a good-looking dude. <laughs> he is. Yeah. And and, uh, and if you were single, Doc, I'm not that kind of girl. I guess no. no. I would say you wouldn't uh, do him on the first night, but you. Well, do thank him. you for having so much faith in my character. He'd wear you. He'd wear you down. He'd yeah. wear you down. Definitely wear you down. Oh, definitely. Hey, beef. Hey, beef. Hey, beef. Uh, hey, like, beef. It's the best conversation I've heard Damn all it. week. Damn it! Okay. Okay. Want to come to Reno? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you put it that way. Wow, there's a lot of desperation there. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Here's what we have. 
we had Token call in, but unfortunately, uh, Token just didn't quite have the edge we were looking for. Yeah, he was, his... He's very put together for a man who had half a, a thing of, of uh, bourbon. He, he sounded like a big guy, though. He's a big guy, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, he's not like a big fatty Token. I'm not Token. Don't, you know, don't come after no, me. I see more of like a Debo. No, he's like, like a military, isn't he? He's yeah, he's just like yeah. a military guy. He's, you know, <laughs> stocky. But anyway. I want him behind me at the 7-Eleven, though. <laughs> God, that doesn't sound good. No, I don't know what that means. I mean, if I get here's what I'm saying: if I get stuck at a Seven Eleven, I think that was an offer. I want him behind me. Gonna take this moment to applaud Doc Driver, and then I want to be on top, and then I want to be behind him. Uh, And if he goes and he picks up a pack of Magnums, only if. Then I want him behind me. He, he's a good power bottom. That's all I'm saying. He's Only better reach around. It's a cherry oh, slurpee Lord. with a fifth in it. <laughs> all right, so so Token didn't make the cut. Uh, sorry, Doc, but he just didn't make you the cut. You know what? Uh, it's fine. Then we've got we still got Thunder Monkey on the line. I vote, I vote for him. Um, why don't we give each one a chance to just make their case once more? Oh, that song was so good. Uh, um, yeah. Come on. Thunder Monkey, you've got uh, 30 seconds to make... It's fucking Thunder Monkey, dude. Thud. Thud. Whatever. Thud. Thud Monkey. Thud Monkey. <laughs> Whatever. Come on, man. He doesn't even know his own name. That, like, that's got to put him in a good spot. <laughs> Whatever, Thunder Monkey. Hey, Justin, Just make your Justin, case. Yeah. You, you shouldn't put a dick in JP's mouth all... Every episode, because I, I haven't heard him speak... All week, and it is amazing. <laughs> 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 All right, so a, a certain an interesting. Uh, his finer right, point man. is a nice certain pitch. hatred for JP. Just the okay. dick, no balls. Or what? It's not a bad platform to run on. Did Blobber hang up? Here's some support. Uh, we lost Blobber. Doesn't mean he's not still in the running. Uh, maybe he feels he doesn't need to make hey, a I'm final pick. Hey, I'm still cake. here. I got vodka, <laughs> whiskey, or something. Hi, ha. <laughs> What was, the, what was the last noise? That's just a weird Canadian noise. <laughs> no, <laughs> isn't he the one that's like the coal miner or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a gold miner. We're not sure what oh, he's, he's a mining. gold miner. He's a gold miner. Wow. I like coal miner wow. better. Me too. Yeah. Especially because he seems more like altered and fucked up like a sure coal miner. Are you sure he's not miner. just like the yeah. canary? Is that <laughs> All right, and then he's we're making good point. Let's see if if, he, if Blobber wants to call back and make his case. Uh, in the meantime, we'll go to Icky. Uh, Icky, 30 seconds. Make your case. Why are you drunk of the week? Uh, I've been buying a lot of beer and I was really drunk and I've got it going on and yeah. Good enough that for me. Solid. That was good. Yeah. Hey, hey, all right, so here we go. Time to vote, everybody. We've got uh, Thunder Monkey. Oh, this is so much pressure. Who can't even remember his name. Is that Blobber on One Beef? Oh, yeah. Um, we've got Blobber, who, of course, sang his resume. Yep. To the tune of not only Celine Dion, but eventually It's a Small World. Mm. Oh, yeah. He did oh. have the transition. That was pretty yeah. good. It was a medley, if Flabber's you will. Back a on one. Yeah. <laughs> I believe uh, it's called a mix-up these days, guys. It's, it's, that I think, there. actually, it's a mashup. A mashup. So you're whiter than uh, I am at this yeah, moment right now, Walt. No, a mashup is when you take two songs and put them together. Like Blobber did! Boom. That was one he, song. Now one you're the whitest. Per- no, he did Celine Dion, and then he transitioned to It's a Small World. Small world. That's a mashup, biatch. Dark Side of the Moon, Stairway to Heaven, mash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Blobber, uh, quickly. What, uh, Blob, you get the chance the to rainbow, make your, your final case. Dark in, Side of the Moon. In 30 seconds, go. Uh, thank Please. God to redial because I can't dial. 
and I had to call back. What? Yeah, go ahead. Don't let them interrupt your 30 seconds. Hi, Blubber. Okay. Um, uh, uh, 15 seconds now. Oh, no. Let's hear it, man. 12 seconds. I'm running outside right now so I can yell. Uh, oh, the stairs are wet. 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Are you shotguns you can fire while you're out there or something cool <laughs> like that? No, no. I don't have, I'm a Canadian. I don't have guns. Seven, I can, I can oh. shoot at the moon. I'll shoot at the moon. Listen dodge, to me. Listen dodge, to me shoot. Dodge to the moon. Dodge to the moon. I'm shooting my gun. Pachoo! <laughs> I'm outside so I can yell so I don't wake up everyone. That's <laughs> <laughs> your puberty right there. That, was that the case? That was the case. All right, so that was that was, was, was Blavagat's. Um, well presented, yes. Okay. And then uh, finally we had Icky, who's clearly drunk. Yep. Um, oh man, this is really hard. They're all pretty drunk. <laughs> They're all really, really good. Go now like you know what we went through all these years. I, it's yeah, hard. You go off of like the, the who is it's, honestly the most drunk or terrible. who is the most yeah. entertaining. I mean, Icky is yes. obviously yeah. the it's most shit. It's a delicate balance. It's a delicate yes. balance. As a judge, you do have it's to think of both items. Well, okay. Yeah. Fra- Fra- frankly, you guys have brought back the whole drunk of the week and meltdown. And meltdown. Yeah. yeah. We're putting it on you. <laughs> How, wow, that's a lot of pressure. How many people have well, passed yeah. out without getting to call in so, because we can't? Well, so right, they have fall, fallen out. I would of the say running. that. P.S. Andrew, you're fired for Andrew, not calling you, in uh, drunk. Yeah, you're done. Good call. Uh, I would say that um, Blobber was the most entertaining. Yeah, I would say that uh, Thunder Balls and Monkey pitch. or yeah. Yeah. Thunder Balls, whatever he is, yeah. Thunderballs um, Monkey, Thunderballs Monkey. <laughs> it, he was he was moderately drunk and didn't quite know his name that. Goes to his favor. No, but I think his resume was but pretty Icky, exceptional. I, I could hardly understand Icky. It, well, point <sighs> point taken. I'm going to give you some veteran advice you. Uh, Doc, as a judge point. from a drunk. I think that Icky um, was uh, exaggerating his drunken state a, a little bit. I think yeah. he wanted it pretty bad, and I think he's. I did love his resume because he gave it in very short form. All right, so we're gonna mm. give him best actor. Is that what we're throwing? <laughs> yeah. If it's okay. this is just my advice. I like that? No, that's fair. Uh, I mean, people take that. You know, best picture, best actor. It's still a good thing. Blobber Glock, clearly the most uh, entertaining and always drunk. There you can always no count doubt. him for me drunk. There's no doubt. In my professional opinion, you thought Thunder Thunder balls, monkey, monkey Balls is definitely drunk. Yeah, I'm just saying there was no nothing fake about his phone call. Mm. That was a drunk man calling in for a drunk of the week. And no, he, a lot of strong. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He inspired you to go on some awesome uh, gibberish team, <laughs> which would, I love that. I mean, yeah. that was gold. That was impressive. It is, that was impressive. And I do I do love that accent. Oh, drunk. Jesus. <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't know. It's up to you two. Right. Tootsie. Oh, Wicked Weed's making the call? Yeah, we're just... We're, uh, I think, can, we have a, can we have a huddle? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're huddling. And they're remember, huddling. this will be played back at future... They're literally things. whispering to each other. Yeah. I mean, as they should. This is an important oh, it decision. Is. It's big. It's our first uh, Drunk of the Week since we've eliminated Drunk of the Week. So, That's true. Uh, yes. You know, first, first real one. Yeah. You got to bounce yeah. it to someone else, did, did we, especially if they ask for it. Did we so do a drunk perfect. of the week at the first hop grenade episode? Ah, yeah, but it was we informal. Did, it, it wasn't yeah. like can I phone oh, a friend? It wasn't, a formal. It wasn't old school style. <laughs> uh, okay. Do we have a decision? Justin, Getting to can, watch can I, uh, your huddle from my perfective was amazing. saw <laughs> 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 Can I can I call? A fr- can I phone a friend? <laughs> you may. No. I, so here's the thing. We'll just we're gonna lay it down. Yes, please yeah. phone a friend. 
I mean, it, I, I, I think we're going to give it to uh, Brass Monkey or what's his name? Thunderballs Monkey. Thunderballs only, Monkey only because Blobbergop yeah. was two on pitch. He was he was so oh, good. Yeah. He was he too was good, so good yeah. to be that drunk. To be yeah. that drunk. I mean, and, it was amazing. I mean, he nailed it. Like I said, Celine uh, Dion, my heart will go on. Boom. It started right there. My thing was, right. I didn't even know And then it was like was. she was here in he the studio. I felt her. I felt her presence. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I did. French Canadian. He's French Canadian. It all makes sense. It makes sense now. He was channeling you, it. You I think that's the prime minister. He's Canadian. You cannot fault the man for his talent. Right. <laughs> that's true. He's a natural. That's true. He's a natural Celine You're holding it against him. Someone has to win. Somebody has to win. So it's Thunderball's Monkey Man? Thunderball's Monkey Man. is drunk of the week. Thunderball's Monkey Man from Illinois. So tomorrow, when you remember how to use your computer, you should send me an email at Bevo, B-E-E-V-O, at the Brewing Network, and I will send you something special. Yeah, this is huge. But Blobber, that was amazing, and I will remember that forever. Well done, Thunderballs, monkey man. Back He's literally crying. <laughs> He's literally you are. Crying. No, you're, you're on air. Oh, no, no, wait. Well, we have to come oh, back oh, on air oh, first. Shit. Yeah, you're on air. <laughs> you're with us. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> now you just sound like a dick. Is, he Is there anyone you'd like to thank I'm for your drunk, award? <laughs> See, he's um, definitely uh, the drunk one. All right, first <laughs> off, it's Thud, Thud Monkey. T-H-U-D-M-O-N-K-E-Y-A-D-R-I-N-K-E-L-L-S-M-A-N. Yeah, yeah. M A N M A N. That's actually my last name. That's how you spell it. it. I feel so good about my decision at this point. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> your last name is Thunder Monkey Manballs? No, it's not. <laughs> my last name is Feld- Feldman. Feldman. Oh, you want to know? Yeah, yeah, I got work tomorrow. Okay. That's unfortunate. Uh, I work. I work oh, at uh, Good Old Bass Pro Shops. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, a fucking redneck. <laughs> <laughs> You're a red a redneck Jew. That might be redneck the, Jew might be the only one. It's like the Sasquatch. I, I think yeah. I am. Maybe that should be my name. I redneck Jew. Well, I think we just proved that the occasional drunk of the week is a very successful thing. No I kidding. also think you proved that you're excellent judges. He yes. is definitely He's our drunk of the week. Drunk. He's very drunk. All right, Thud Monkey, thank you for calling, and you are our first official drunk of the week. Shinatova, baby. Did we do feedback? <laughs> ha! We, we did. Awesome. <laughs> it was your favorite one. Did I like it? You loved it. Awesome. Gee, it's 1040. Oh, my God. Jesus. All right. We got to go. Uh, really? <laughs> Wicked Weed Brewing Company, thanks for being in the studio. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, guys. Uh, Luke and Walt, you guys yeah. are awesome, Spect- man. Spectacular beer, too. That was Just fun. amazing beer. You guys got your wish. Yeah, we had it, right? The well, thing is, I don't even down. want to invite you back, because I kind of just want to go to Asheville and hang Come out on. over there. Hey, man, so. we, got a, we got an excellent spot for a... Uh, uh, I know you hate doing but live feed, right? But it might be fun to on. do one out there. Do it. Uh, can you get Ice Cube to come to the brewery? We'll work on it. We'll okay. work on it. We got some connections. All right. Yeah. yeah. C- can he say helicopter yeah. coming down? <laughs> is that an Ice if, Cube if line? He, if he, I don't, I don't think it is. But we'll make him say. But can you? He just wants to know if you can say it. Uh, no, it, it's it's a. Uh, a I thought call, it was like Ghetto Bird, not helicopter. You no, know, it's a Call of Duty thing. 
It'll happen. Oh, call It'll cubing. Happen. What does that have to do with Don't anything I, that's happening? No, Everybody knows Ice Cube does that. Cube. <laughs> Is a bad Call of Duty fan. Can he say <laughs> supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? <laughs> no, he's a mad Call of Duty fan. Oh, he is. Oh yeah. Okay. And, and he does the. Oh yeah. All right. He, he, I'm not a bigger fan God. as I thought. Or Call of Duty fan. <laughs> All right, go check out uh, Wicked Weed. What's the website? Wickedweedbrewing.com. There you go. Go see him in Asheville, North Carolina, and the new... uh, Punkatorium. uh, There you go. Punkatorium. Opening this weekend. Friday. Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. Thank you for all the beer, gentlemen. Thanks for being here. Uh, Thanks to our sponsors. Uh, We are back next week. JP is hosting the program. Yes, and we have the lovely Alexandra Noel from Three Weavers in studio. For the rest of you, come see us in Australia. because uh, We'll be there hanging out. Nate's on a flight in less than 24 hours, I think. Not be a flight uh, that night. I'm not there. I won't be here next Monday. Doc will not be here. Not there. I might be here. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. We did. Yeah. And I'm troubled. Last week, fucked around and got a triple-double Freaking niggas every way like MJ I can't believe today was a 